Uh, thank all of you for the support. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep, well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What? What is the rest? This is your first time here. You found this podcast, but this is a podcast to help you fall asleep. What I'm going to do is I'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain, whatever's got you up worrying or thinking or scratching or itching or listing or planning or budgeting, projecting, any of the levels of projecting, you know, even... Even if you're into, like, astral projection, which I'm not exactly sure what astral projection is. It's probably not the best. You probably shouldn't start astral projecting. Yeah, you know, at bedtime. You know, let's just say you're the kind of person that commute, like, you astral project into, uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, uh, what's a group of dolphins called? I don't know, but I always see, usually I see astral projection and super, you know, not that dolphins aren't highly intelligent, but, uh, you know, super intelligent dolphins, probably at bedtime, you know, don't commune astrally, projection-wise, with, you know, a herd of, I said, geez, well, is it a pod of dolphins? I'm pretty sure it's a pod of, uh, what are those shamus called, uh, sea... Whales, and not sea whales. What are those called? Oracle whales, but they got a proper name. You know, phylum. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. Of course, I don't even know. I don't even know their common name other than Orca whale. That's their um, ignoramus name. Shamu, no. Shamu would be the American namus name. I don't know if it's a pod of dolphins. Probably... But, you know, here's a pro-am tip. Don't, you know, bedtime, no astral projection. Because it really the only place you should be astrally projecting yourself is deeper into your, your pillowy softness or your comforting firmness of your bed, your pillows, your comforter. But I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell a, a story talk, go on meanders, discuss in in the most uh, lulling, soothing voice I can possibly manage. And the main thing I'm going to do is try to distract you. Instead of thinking about whatever's running through your brain, you know, the 50 grand you dropped on the, uh, you know, professional astral projection you know, become a professional astral projection instructor. You know, build your build your dreams of uh, independence. You know, that course did not work out for me. I said, well, geez, maybe I should get astral projecting down. Before I take a course on how to sell a course on astral projection, probably should get the astral projection part down. Uh, but these are the senseless things that come into your brain at bedtime. You say, "Well, I, you know, well, here's here's what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna. There's not a course. Uh, there's no method, and there's no instruction. You just listen to me. I'm gonna talk, 
And I'm going to go out, you know, I'm going to say, what you, I'm going to discuss things like I just said, well, she's a dolphins, highly intelligent dolphins. If this were the actual episode, well, what do you know? What do you think? Who's smarter, bottlenose dolphin or one of those Amazonian river dolphins? Who do you think would win? You know, chess. You know, she, who, 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 who's going to win? A porpoise? Is a porpoise a form of dolphin? And if I put it up against a, uh, you know, snub-nosed dolphin, and someone would say, I'm here from the Oceanographic Institute. There's no such thing as those things. Please stop talking about dolphins. They'd say, we, we, we have a report here from future highly intelligent, you know, dolphins of unbelievable intelligence. They said, stop this man and his podcast. Because the intelligence of dolphins plummets 40 points. Uh, every time you broadcast your podcast, and they, they, the plummet to normal dolphin level when you uh, talk about dolphins. And so, and I said, well, Jesus, sorry, to your inter- excuse me, oceanogra- oceanographer. I said, oh, no, no, I work for, I'm a lobbyist for the Oceanographic Institute. I'm not actually an oceanographer. But thanks for asking. I'm just here lobbying. We're actually just a lobbying group. For the tuna industry, but anyway, I wasn't supposed to say that. Oh, I just got texted. I lost my job. Okay, we're done with that guy. He got fired. Uh, so now we can get back to what I was thinking about while I was talking. What's the move? What's the first move of a bottlenose dolphin against a river dolphin? Are they going to go with the Russian uh, rooks? You know, the rooks dream or the Sarkovsky bishop turn? Or, you know, the dots, you know, the Barishnikov, which is my favorite move, which is, you know, to confuse you, so you do a little ballet before, right before you say, okay, I'm going to make my first move. Oh, let me do a little ballet first. And then you make your move. And then every time, right before the person moves, you say, you just start saying Gregory Hines. And then you, anytime they touch their night, you say, White Knights. That was a move. Those are obscure pop references from the 80s. But believe me, you yell Gregory Hines in any uh, board game scenario, it's going to confuse your opponent. I guarantee it. But since Dolphins neither or neither know Bershnikov or Hines, they would say, they would probably be more like, well, we're going to do the Duncan Hines, you know, because you polluted uh, our rivers and waterways with Duncan Hines boxes. And then I would say, wait a second, you, 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 you sea-based mammals are terrible at, uh, at chess. And why did I set up a, a match between these things with, why did I bring a card? Why didn't I bring a waterproof chessboard? What was I thinking with this cardboard? It's deteriorated. The porpoise who's in the next match is chewing on the, oh boy, this is a disaster. So that's what we do here is I go, you know, usually I can get through the intro without, uh, you know, getting that distracted. But geez, the idea of dolphins I find terribly distracting and dolphins playing board games. I mean, I could, I could fill an hour just thinking about that. But probably not the best time right now to do that is say, Jesus, save your dolphin, you know, save that for your uh, Amazonian River stand-up tour. 
And I say, because you, you must do dolphin-based uh, comedy because, you you know, when they say, yeah, I do, it's, it's at their... Uh, it's at a higher intelligence. I'm sorry, you critical human in my brain. Yes, my Nana doesn't laugh at my jokes, but one day, this, and they'd say, hey, everybody, hey, what's a great, what is this, uh, what is this, Piranha Free Club? Good to know. they say, what is it, what do you say, are you a nose dolphin? And they'd say, the manager would call me over, he'd say, you know, I guess you don't, I thought you said you did dolphin-based comedy. And I said, yes, yeah, I'm in the middle of, a, you know, some of my new, my new material. And the, I guess that was the story of how my career, failed career as a dolphin entertainer. And then I said, well, gee, and then someone said, well, I thought you were a dolphin entertainer. That was when I tried to sell myself to the circus. And then the person said, also, no one sells themselves to the circus. They're sold to the circus by some, you know, and usually you have to have some value. And they said, well, will you take two bits for a dolphin entertainer? You know, I'll pay you. And then they said, well, we'll pay you to go away. And I said, done and done. So, yeah, you're, you're talking. I, I got a sleep podcast. It's here to distract it to help you fall asleep. Yes, I have not been successful in business. A lot of jobs, you know, running a business, working a business, a lot of, you know, a lot of other human stuff in dolphin entertainment, dolphin entertainers. Comedy, dolphin comedy, mammalian comedy, porpoise comedy, instru- you know, astral projection student, astral projection instructor, astral projection salesperson, identifier of what a group of dolphins is called. What else did I say? Well, uh, astral projector, you know, I said, geez, that would be sweet. You know, they say, what, would I be a medium then if I'm an astral projector? And then somebody said, geez, have you ever thought about astral projection comedy? And they said, too, it's, it's too too small a, a niche, you know. So anyway, w- w- what I can do, I can distract and talk in this soothing, lulling tone. My interests, you know, if you've been with me this long, you know, last six minutes, you say, well, this guy... Yeah, I notice all the critical parts of my brain have got quiet. They must be into astral projection and dolphin humor. Uh, sorry, I got carried off there. Uh, so I failed to bring my point in because I was interrupted. But I think my point was, geez, I'm good at distracting and being distracted. So actually, I'm good at, I got two things down. So I'm going to distract this part of your brain. As they say, I guess they're into dolphin, porpoise comedy. We're a comedian. And they say, geez, that guy is a dolphin entertainer. But meanwhile, while that's all going on, you can just shut. You could say, I'm going to sneak out of here the back door of my brain and go to sleep, people. Because, uh, you know, I, well, I find the idea of a man who dreams of being a... a the Gary Kasparov of, uh, of, uh, underwater chess with between, you know, species of whatever the hell they're called, dolphins and porpoises and stuff. 
I find that Jeep mildly amusing, but you know, it's no, he's no, you know, that's not exactly, it's like kind of like Wes Anderson on a diet, a diet of sanity. And I say, well, yeah, as long as it gets you to sleep, I say, well, you just go to sleep whenever. As soon as I say, uh, I'm moving my white knight to your Barishnikov, you, you just, maybe that'll activate a portion of your medulla. Uh, Gregory Hines Longata, and you'll drift off into dreamland. That's my goal, is just to shut down all the chatter in your brain, distract you from the chatter in your brain, or counteract the chatter in your brain. Or if all else fails, you know, if for the thin, those of you that in another life were dolphins, with, you know, into, you say, geez, not only am I a dolphin, I'm into obscure humor. And now you find yourself in a human body. I've astrally projected, you know, myself that way. So the podcast will work for you. You say, well, it's still mildly entertaining, so I don't feel alone, you know, in the deep, dark part of the night. I, I know the scooter will be here. With his jokes, and he's saying, well, geez, he's not afraid to uh, embarrass himself. And say, well, no, you know, dolphins, you know, they, they can't point. So they say, well, they point with their nose. They say, well, they do everything with their nose, all their gestures, or most of them, some tail-based gestures, uh, some fin-based gestures. But you say, well, yeah, it's, it's tough to shame a person when you're, uh, you know, a sea mammal. I mean, no, no, not all sea mammals, you know, some of those... Uh, otter-like things that are shamers. But you know what, in 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 summary, I'm glad you're here. If you're first time you give a couple episodes a try, this works for people that it works for. It doesn't work for everybody. But give it a couple of tries because I'm glad you're here and I hope I help you fall asleep. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, I was just going to set my bike up. Yeah, this is, a, this is a seat. It's a child seat on the back of my bike. Yeah. It's good to see you. You look great. I haven't seen you in a little while there. But, yeah, I mean, too long. Too long, you're sure. For sure, I missed you so much. But I'm glad you're here. So, yeah, this is a child seat, but today it's not a child seat. Today it's not a child seat. Today it is a, a transportation. It's called a co-pilot. It's called the co-pilot. I prefer if it w- w- we didn't. But yeah, been a minute. Can you hold my bike up real quick? And I'm glad you brought your bike. I love those streamers. It's, that's a banana seat, huh? A striped banana seat. And I love it. Where do you get a banana? Wow, that is. How do, do you. Uh, is that leather or pleather? Do you mind me asking? Because that is one sweet seat. And yes, I just did, did a double S. Sweet seat, my friend. Oh, no, I mean, you, you do have a nice butt, but, 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 but I, I was talking about the banana. Anyway, so can you hold that bike? I'm going to put something in the back of the child. See, i got to flip up this thing. Now, my daughter's too big for this, so this is transportation for this particular item. Now, this one you attach to a... Uh, what do you call that thing? A rack. The bike. Anyway, not important. Okay, I'll be right back. Like, literally right back because I just had to lean down there. Uh, so, yeah, I'm putting this in. This is a propane tank. 
and we're going to ride, we're just going to ride right down the street to the gas station and change this out. Uh, do you want to join me? Yeah, okay, so let's go here. We're going to go down this little driveway poo, as I like to call it. Now, this is a treacherous driveway, they say, people, because, you know, you see there's a couple of cars with other residents here. And usually, you know, a lot of times you have to back out. And this is narrow, but it's, I think it's uh, the psychological narrow narrowness of it. But if not a bike, we got plenty of room. So anyway, because you can see the faucet's been hit a few times there, that uh, hose faucet. And if you can smell those flowers, there's some sort of weed flower, but they smell good when you're in the driveway. I, I would say, okay, so we're going to take a left here. Oh, I forgot you live down there. I think, do you fly in like a, uh, like, what was the movie, what was it, who, anyway, oh, that was the, what was that, the Wicked Witch of the West or the East that rode a bicycle, I'm not saying you're a witch, no, without a doubt, oh, you, you don't put your, you shouldn't put your hands on your hips when you're riding a bike like that and ask about Lady Witch, okay, so now we're going to take another left here. And, uh, yeah, that's a school over there. We're going to take it right here. And we're going to go down this street all the way. Now, this is the street. Well, yeah, now I prefer the street we were on. But sometimes if I'm running late to catch the shuttle that goes through the tube, uh, I'll, you know, this is where I'll race on my bike. I'll go so super. I say, come on, buddy, race it, race it good. I mean, I'll say it tougher than that, obviously, but I'm using, you know, my non-tough voice because I'm so happy to see you. But anyway, yeah, that's, here comes that 7-Eleven, and we're going to go right in. Ooh, green light, perfect. And, yeah, and you just stay here. I'm going to take the propane. And I, I, call, I called ahead, and I said, I, I, changed, I, said, I tried to sound, I said, hello, I need a big, big thing of propane. My buddy's coming to get it, so make, make, make it ready. So he's got it right there. Hi, hey, buddy. Hi. Yeah, propane. Okay, so I'm going to change this. I think now I got a question for you. You can think about it while I go over there. What is their propane monopoly now? Because all they see is this one brand everywhere. And I say, as they come to this, you know, because now look at that price, $34 for a refill. That just seems, I mean, are we going to grill 34 times? I don't know, but let's go. Let's, uh, I'll be right back. Oh, so heavy, so heavy. I'm just kidding. No, it's really heavy, but, I, you know, not to me. But I'm going to lift it up and into it just like it was a child. And I think it, it's exactly the rating of a child. It's semi-heavy, but, you know, you could carry it for a while. That's uh, That's what the seat is rated for. I uh, carried around for a while, rating. Uh, you got a curious look in your face. You're saying, w w what are we doing today? Well, a couple surprises I got for uh, for you in the store. One, uh, propane run. Okay, good light screen. Let's keep going. And a mini bike ride, mini bike ride. Or, oh boy, should we go for a double bike ride? No, we, 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 we'll, 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 we'll go. Maybe we'll do a magical bike ride. But yeah, let's uh, take a left here. So we're gonna uh, propane run. Uh, a little. Uh, we're gonna go uh, Trader Joe's run next. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And then we're going to put a grill together and do some, you know, light basic cooking. How does that sound to you? 
Well, I love that smile. Yes, I do. I say that is the smile of a friend. So, okay, let's put this here. I'm going to like this propane. Now, see this little box right here? This is our grill. Purchased it on Amazon Prime Day, I did. And I said, Jesus, it's not the deal of the century. It's not the grill of the century, but it's the right grill right now. I've been saying one day I would get a new gas grill. And there's a whole set of anger that we're not going to address with these propane tank and the grill. But I said, one day I will have a grill. And then I said, you know, it's weird how we get about money. I said, well, geez, that's too much to spend. But then on Prime Day, I said, well, it's, uh, it's, it's on sale. It's very affordable. This is a basic grill. We're not going to be doing anything fancy on here, but grilling with gas. And I got to tell you, now they say there's some bad things about grilling with the, the, the carcinogens. And I'd li- but I'd like to see a balanced say says, well, if you make if you grill 40 chicken breasts, I mean, I don't think this one can fit 40 chicken breasts. But you say over a time span... And then you're eating a chicken breast salad, you know, for dinner twice a week, which that's what we're, maybe not today. No chicken breast today, not on the first grilled day. Oh yeah, okay, let's put the, let's put the, uh, let's put that down here. And, uh, what do you say, I'm going to get out, uh, this, this, uh, this is a non-aerosol spray, it's just a pump spray. I'm going to pump your bike tires, spray them with this, it's a magical, the magical dust of almost getting to Trader Joe's, getting it a little bit faster by the magic of fictional, it's just water. It has, it used to have a hair detangler in it. Do you want to smell it? It's, it's, uh, it's named after that Barry character on the front, B-E-R-R-Y. They think it's, they said that they probably don't have the rights to Schnozberry. Uh, I'm surprised Wonka never got into hair products. You know, they have the candies. And now I've seen, I saw the other day, I forgot to tell you this. I saw a truck with a Wonka ice cream advertisement on there. Now it was moving too fast for me to identify it. And I'll be honest, I said, well, it's probably a disappointment because I said, you know, it's, it's like a, whatever you call that, we're a licensing agreement. But, but I said, well, Wonka, but I don't really shop anywhere but Trader Joe's in the farmer's market, you know. Unless I, I say, well, I need uh, something, but nowadays, and I got Trader Joe's here. So, so okay, your bike. Let's see. Yeah, I make a shush shush sound. This one's stealthily quiet. And let me get my, and I'm gonna get my little armpits. Yeah, my armpits now smell like uh, gooseberry. That'd be a good name for a famous athlete. I think a marathoner. Marion Gooseberry. She she was she the one that Zola Bud bumped into. I think that was a Mary though. That Zola was Zola Bud a runner. I don't know. I hope I didn't say anything of someone that you know. They say that was the person that. Oh, why'd you say that? Oh, yeah, uh, President Marion Goose. What did I say? Gooseberry. That'd be a good name for a president. Marion Gooseberry. President Gooseberry, we have the podcast man here. Anyway, I'm just talking up a storm. Let me go get my uh, shopping bags. I forgot to ask you, by you, have they gotten rid of shopping bags now? Because, I mean, let me go on a mini tirade here. I mean, what were they thinking with those plastic shopping bags that just got 
They didn't, you know, they said, well, just this is good for us. We're the store. And I was surprised when they say people are very adaptable. You know, there was all when, I don't know if the whole state passed or was municipality by municipality said, hey, no more plastic bags. One. Two, if you want to use a paper bag, we'll charge you 10 cents or 30 cents, one or the other. And three, why don't you just bring your own bags? And people adjusted very quickly. And you don't see people saying, I mean, I think 10 cents, maybe even 30 cents, because then you have three bags, that's still under a dollar. I think people are understanding. So I said, geez, I told you about the, 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 the toilet. I said, geez, why can't our toilets get flushed by the shower water? And I said, well, that'd be a little bit bigger of a problem to solve. But look at how quick we adjusted to this bag situation. And, and it's like, everything's fine. Okay, so let's get going here. And as we go down the driveway, you're going to notice the world is taking on the color of gooseberry. And there she is, the spirit of Marion Gooseberry. Our bikes are riding onto her flowing robes as she takes off, barely above the ground. And we fly, and the rippling of the universe, and we come out, and we're in a park. I just want to show you this duck pond here. Yeah, see that duck pond? It does have an unpredictable smell. It either smells it doesn't, or it smells terrible today. No smell. And then Marion Gooseberry's taking off again. Ooh, we're flying. Thank you, Marion. Oh, I'm sorry, President Gooseberry, future President Gooseberry. I don't know how she's going to be president if she's not an earthly being right now. I'm sorry, Madam President. I didn't mean to. Uh, oh, maybe you're right. Maybe not president. President of Earth. Oh. Would that mean the Marshall? Would that mean that the I guess it wouldn't be multinational corporations anymore if it was Earth. But speaking of multinationals, Marion is letting us down here at my shopping center. Which, by the way, and I, speaking of multinationals, you know there's a ice cream shop here. I'm pretty sure it's a family ice cream shop, and now there is a popsicle. Like some sort of, I haven't been there yet, but I said, oh goodness, is that a, it has some fancy name, so I don't know if it's the Chipotle of Popsicle, I don't know what they call those things, Pops, yeah, they say, but uh, Gelato Pops, I think they call them Fruit Pops, Fruit Bars, maybe. But I said, are they going to, you know, mess with this family business, is this some well-backed, some well-backed corporation, but anyway, as I said, speaking of multinationals, I'm always, there's our Trader Joe's. We usually meet here. It's so funny to, you know, fly on the back of President Gooseberry here. Uh, that was nice. Nice to meet the President of Earth. It, goodbye, Madam President. No, Madam President, you want to, you could come by later, though. Uh, well, let's say about uh, 45 minutes or so. Well, yeah, you know, virtual 45 minutes or so, Madam President. Uh, that's my talking to Madam President voice, Madam President. You don't like it? Okay, just use my ring. Yes, ma'am. Oh, you like that? Okay. Okay, goodbye, ma ma Madam President Gooseberry. How about that? You like that? Okay. Could I be your Charlie? No. Okay, well, that's fine, too. I, I don't think I have what it takes anyway. 
Uh, so here we go. Uh, we're going to go into Trader Joe's. Oh, I had a question. So Multina, I think Trader Joe's at some point was a Pasadena company. And I want to say they were acquired by Tesco or Aldi or one of the companies that owns one of those two or both. And But I don't know. But I said, geez, let's go inside. I got our list here. Okay, and yeah, I know you have questions for me, of course, but we're going to hang our right right into the produce zone. Pathway to the produce zone. I'm going to buy some pro. Oh, no, we're not buying. We don't actually don't have any produce on the list because here's my thing. Here, let me tell you. Since we're going to be putting together a new grill, you know, I don't think we should cook anything too intense, but we should grill something. But we don't want to put the grill, we just because we want to get an idea, oh, gee, what, what are the hot, what, what's the capabilities? So we're going to have something you know, traditional grilling that's not so healthy, and then something easy. But also we could say, geez, oh, boy, that's healthy. And if you prefer not to have a grilled food, you could say, geez, I could just have this as a meal myself. Which I have. So actually, I was mistaken when I said we don't need any produce because we need some. Why don't you get two lemons and two limes for me right over there on the other side of this uh, rectangle of fruits and uh, citrus things. I don't know if those citrus. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, I'm looking for someone that's a friend of a friend. Why am I always talking when I'm here like I'm on a TV show? Well... In my mind, I'm not on a TV show, so there shouldn't be any trouble then. Thank you, sir. Okay, so we, we got that. Now, let me scout out my listy poo here. Okay, so we're going to need, we're going to head over here straight to the meats. You know, a lot of times we do a lot of uh, produce shopping. And I say, any other normal circumstance, but we got work to do. So we actually got to, you know, kick it up a notch. But we're going to go right over to the meat zone. And then see on this top shelf here now, we, we, we will be at a, uh, this is a bit of a crossroads. And I got some good news. Now you see we're going to have hot dogs, okay? And they have a selection of sausages, chicken sausages. And they have actually a, a variety of hot dogs for a Trader Joe's, which usually just say, they say they, say they have the Hebrew Nationals. They have the great, I don't know what those great organic hot dogs, that's what I call them. And those are pretty darn great. And then we have like three Trader Joe's variety. Now, I've got to tell you and warn you, we'll do a double, how about, what about a double dog day? What do you say about that? A dog, double dog day, day, you know, this isn't a date, but you know, double dog date, we'll say, because that sounds cooler. Well, we're going to grab the Great American Organic, uh, those ones, because if, you, if you're if you a label reader, it'll blow your mind uh, how little, you know, saturated fat and fat and stuff is in there. And I said, geez, I don't, that's all. I said, well, okay. But then these jumbo, these Trader Jog, dog, Trader Jog, that's, I wonder, they, they should, they should have the Trader Dog. E Trader Dog. The, the trader of dogs. I'll have, I wish I had the, the, well, I did have the number for the corporate, but then they changed it. And they have caller ID. So, but this, so these jumbo dogs, now these are not as healthy as these uh, organic guys. And are you, are you as shocked that I am at the price? I said, I thought hot dogs were affordable, but neither one of these. I would consider cheap, you know, but I think you can get cheap hot dogs. They're just going to, you know, 
We said, these great American ones, they're great. And as far as an American hot dog goes, compared to a cheap, they taste good. Now, these Trader Joe's Jumbo Dogs, they're less healthy because they have some more stuff in them, you know, uh, fat. But they, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a popping skin guy, you know, you, you know, you know, you laugh. Oh boy, you're really laughing at that one. But I like my skin to pop, you know, and I am, you know, I am a, I'm a lover of flesh. I mean, we, we, we're just friends, but I, you know, and that does bring up the, the crush question and that does have an affirmative answer here now, or kind of, it has a, one of those complicated ones. Well, let's not talk about that right just yet. But yeah, I, so these Trader Joe's Jumbos, I don't know what, what kind of, uh, you know, they uh, their, their skin is. But when you cook them, the skin pops, you know, that like I like. When you bite into it, you know, now you're really laughing because you're saying, well, what am I biting into? Am I and I said, well, not a dog. But, you know, I said, geez, I want to, I know, okay, well. That's fine, and that you can laugh with me. And I, well, I'm not laughing, but I do find I can see why you find this all amusing. It's funny to me. But we're having a serious conversation about hot dogs here as well, in in a mouthfeel of hot dogs. And I'm I know you. I'm try. I'm not trying to keep you laughing because I'm dead serious. It's an important thing. Mouthfeel of hot dogs is important when you bite your front teeth into a dog. Okay, so maybe you'll just take my word for it. So these two are good. The, the organic ones, they're good, but they don't, you know, they're just one consistency. And, you know, if you, if we're going to joke about dogs, you know, you might as you might as well have your choice. You say, well, these guys, are these, you know, for, 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 for metaphoric dog eating, you know, it's not my thing. But, you know, if we're going to use it as a metaphor, I think it's more funny to have a variety of dogs, you know. But I have encountered possible dates that say, this is the only dog I do. And I say, well, that's not mine. So, unfortunately, we will go our separate ways, but save some heartache. That's great. But I said, really? You know, you haven't. But anyway, that's not important. Let's not go down that road because it's a, you know, a long road. Well, boy, yeah, that was, that's what I meant too, right? Okay, so, okay, so we have our dogs, and we're going to shoot right over here where I parked the car to the bun section. Now, I hope Trader Giotto does not hear me, but as far as the buns go here, they have two choices, but I would not write home about either one, but we don't really have a choice. So why don't you close your eyes and just pick one, and we'll just pretend, say, well, the dogs are good, the buns are not, you know, not as, 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 uh, they don't succeed on any level of them being tolerable buns, either one, unfortunately. Oh, no, now I forgot, now I gotta grab, excuse me, excuse me, you don't, you don't know the per, I, I forgot the name of the guy I'm looking for. That's friends with Emily, are you him? No, okay. Well, anyway, I'm looking for the kraut, yeah, okay, well, I'll be right back, I'm gonna grab, thank you so much, and I, I say, geez, I would love a job where I could wear a sweatshirt and shorts. Actually, I guess I can, but I'm not a sweatshirt. I'm too... Okay, thank you. And it's pick... These are... Uh, again, it's a little bit pricey. Hi, I'm back with a kraut. A little bit pricey for this kraut. It's got some pickles in here. They say it's all fresh, and it's good. But again, kraut usually comes in a jar, and it's cheap. But anyway, it's going to... I can't have a hot dog without kraut, so... 
Okay, our next uh, hard left here is the Frozen Isle. Now we're going to come right up here, quick on the left, quick, quick on the left. You're going to see ice cream selection. And why don't you just take a gander in there? There's, It is a limitless, we're going to buy a tub or two of ice cream. You know, because that's going to be part of our dessert we're going to construct. And yes, we're going to be constructing a dessert, but not in any major way. More like, a, more, well, I guess you can still say it's going to, okay, so you're going to put, I like that. I would have not pegged you for that type of ice cream, my dear. But I'm going to go with this one. It has peanut butter cups in it and stuff. And I think these two complement each other. And right above here is this thing. Now, they have these two two different ones. They say, geez, we're going to need some car. This is going to be a caramel level situation. Uh, caramel level. Hold on. Yes. What was the president's name? Uh, President Gooseberry. It's me. Yes, I, I realize it's a caramel level alert. I have two. Okay, just make my best choice and don't screw it up. Yes, President. Yes, Madam President. So President Gooseberry said we need to, so I, see, this one's like a slur de fleur, and that one is like uh, the other dolce de leche, but the, I like the dolce de leche one because it's like a spread. We are going to be spreading some stuff here. You're just so, you are sexually charged today, aren't you? I'm not trying to make these, these are not attempts, you're just, oh, you're pointing at me. Like, well, maybe, maybe so, maybe so, my dear. Okay, so this is the, that's the spread we're going to be in now. Of course, if we're going to be spreading, we we need some place to spread it on. See, that's not, and we're going to see these ones. These are Belgian. These are like waffle cones, but they're cookies, which makes me think of this Trader Joe's is a devil, a devil. Okay, so just grab those and trust me, we can discuss it more later. And then right at the end of this aisle, oh, no, no, wait, okay, towards the end of the aisle on the left is the frozen vegetables. Now reach in there and see that one, that we, we've bought it before, right, right, when we did the fried rice. We're going to buy the same frozen, or a lot of people will say, well, geez, I still have a half bag in my freezer. Brilliant. Yeah, a little vegetable medley. That's what we like to call it around here. A medley of four poly. You know, but that, and they're all frozen together, kind of like, well, you, you know it, baby. Okay, so let me check my list. We got our dogs, our buns, our uh, kraut. We don't have a mustard, so we want to double-check that. We have the veggies, lemon, lime, cookies, caramel, ice cream. Okay, so we're going to take a right here at the end of the aisle and go back down this next aisle. And we're going to stop right away. Here's the spice section. And they have the spice 21 sauce on saute or something. I don't know. Seasoning is in there. And see, it's all the seasonings mixed together. I think Mrs. Dash used to have a monopoly on this, and I never was. I think at some point my father was banned from salts, and then they, my parents bought a case of Mrs. Dash. It almost sounds like a P.L. Travers, you know, book, you know, the one that before her famous one, you know. A case of Mrs. Dash. Uh, Miss Marple in a case of Mrs. Dash. That would be Agatha Christie, but, uh, or I guess if, if our president, President Gooseberry, is a, you know, President Gooseberry and Miss, President Gooseberry, Mrs. Dash, aka Mrs. Dash. There you go. But so we're going to use that. We're going to buy that. Then we're going to come up here right on our grain section is next. And we're going to be busy here. 
Grab a can of red kidney beans, and again, you could. We're going to use red kidney beans again for the mouthfeel. My 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 opinion, my opinion only. I'm a bean, you know. I've been trying to up my bean intake, but these red kidney beans again, they they're a sturdy, sturdy bean. So we're going to buy that, and then right over here is a quinoa. Let's say it with me, quinoa. Now, quinoa is not cheap anymore either. It went up in price. But this is a special meal. So I like the, uh, the tricolor quinoa, but you could choose. Okay, well, let's, let's go with the tricolor then. Thanks. Okay, and then coming up here, we'll buy olive oil, even though we don't need it, and salt and mustards here too. All within it. So, and I always buy coffee. I say, geez, just in case. You know, I like to have three or four pounds of coffee at home, you know, just in case. I forget to buy one week or two two weeks in a row or something. So now I have about 40 pounds, but that's fine. And it's five ninety nine a pound. I love this coffee. I could drink it all day, and sometimes I don't because of the day. So they pass that regulation locally that permits me only to have coffee till noon. I said, well, thank you. Uh, well, that was President Gooseberry. Oh, no. Yeah, that was Supervisor Jameson. But anyway, not important, not important. Okay, so we have quinoa, lemon, lime, olive oil, salt, seasonings, beans, veggie, cookie caramel. Let's grab some sunscreen right there, right now, right to the left of the coffee. Say, geez, you know, we're, but we're, you know, we're going to need some sunscreen. And I think that's it. We're done. Okay, oh, while we check out, well, okay, so Ixnay on the Ushing Cray. Well, actually, I can say it because... Uh, I, I said, so I think I had an instant crush on someone that works here, but it ends up they never work when I was here except for the one time we made eye contact. Did I tell you this already? But I made eye contact. It was someone whose age I could not determine. I said either that person is, I said either she's 22 or 45. It could, I, honestly, and that's probably a good sign. You say, well, geez, you, you look ageless. And I said, well, so I said, oh, boy, like, uh, I said, well, you know, either one of those probably not the best idea, right? So, and then I, so I shut down the, I said, possible crush quasher, crush quasher, who, so I quashed the possible crush. But I said, well, she's very, anyway. And then, but then not that long ago, I was in here and she was behind, you know, where the management, I don't think they call management here. I think the cashier is listening in to me. But that's fine. But she was buying the man, and we made a little, and I said, whoa, hey, what guy, what? And I, I honestly, I said, with eye contact, said, I said, well, I, I, age determined to be okay, age okay. And I was, I said, we're probably clocking it. I, I don't know what's that, but I said, my heart was going, what, what, what? So then I said to myself, I said, buddy, you should follow through on this one. And they said, okay, well, next time I guarantee you I will follow through. And then there hasn't been a, why, is the cashier, are you giggling at me? You are. And do you know the guy that has the World of Warcraft tattoo? You do. Well, tell him Emily and Scooter say hello, you know, separately, and then, don't don't repeat any of the other stuff I said about the person, but you wouldn't know who it is anyway. Yes, that's the right color hair. Yes, that, that smile. Oh, yeah, the smile does do that to me. Oh, okay, well, just keep giggling then.
Uh, Giggle on. Thank you for for having. Uh, okay, okay. So we're all done here. And uh, look at that, Madam 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 President Gooseberry's waiting for us. She's flowing her robes. She must be in stealth mode because no one else is noticing her. But let's just we we don't even need our bikes, for we just climb into her robes, and we're back at my place, huh? How about that? Okay, hey, we're back at home now. Now we're gonna um we're gonna get a pot of uh, water boiling right away, so we're gonna start that on the back burner there, and then what we're gonna do is is we're gonna believe it or not for this grill. Uh, supposedly, it doesn't require any tools at all, but we I know we need a uh, box cutter, so be careful with this. I'm going to have you hold it. You take the box cutter for me. Is that comfortable? Are you comfortable with that? Okay, thank you. And we're going to go outside while we wait for the water to boil. And we're going to uh, we're going to open the box up. We're going to cut it. Cut it. Yeah, go ahead, cut it right open. And yeah, this is 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 is, is wow, really well packed. This thing is. So we're going to open it up, and we're, let's just start taking out. Now, the nice thing is we have all this driveway space. I almost forgot we should. We need to put sunscreen on. So you put sunscreen on, and I'll unpack, and then I'll unpack, and you put sunscreen on. Sunscreen first. Friendship. Friends. Don't let friends. Uh, friend, Luckily, we have our shirts on, so, you know, we don't have to worry about navigating anything uncomfortable. Uh, but anyway, let's not talk about it. Okay. Okay, so, okay, so we're going to, yeah, I like to separate. Let's just get all the parts out, and we're going to put them out where we could see every single part. And, yeah, it does look, some of these parts do look a little flimsy. But remember, we're just using this to heat our, you know, cook our food. It, it should be fine. And in the instructions, luckily it's a low breeze day. Now see, this bag here is perfect for uh, the garbage of the other bag. So let's do that. Okay, now you take over. I'm going to put sunscreen on. You know, I wish I had a sunscreen song, like slathering. Is it lathering or sl- are you, you're slathering on sunscreen, right? Slath, slathering, slath, slathering, slathering sunscreen. I will protect myself from the sun, so mean. Slash slathering, slash slathering, sunscreen, skadoo. When I'm slathering sunscreen, I'm glad to be with you. When I'm slathering sunscreen, sun's rays I bid you adieu. So that, that that I'm all, I'm sunscreened up. Oh boy, that was good. And and I did not read. I, I'm afraid to read the sunscreen ingredients because I know we. I read that article a while back, and, and nothing in America I don't think you can buy has the right ingredients. So, uh, but anyway, okay. Then now let's not go down politics road here. So we got all those things. Okay, now it's time to head back inside. Now that we have everything, because our water should be about to boil. Okay, so I need you to measure a cup of quinoa. That's my calendar. Yeah, and I and I want you to rinse the, the quinoa. And we have two cups of water in here. And you might be saying to yourself, what in the name of chicken broth are you doing with water in there? 
And I would say, well, my friend, I want this to be a, you know, a meat-free. I say every once in a while, I say to you, I say, well, geez, if you decide to be a vegetarian or something, I want to have something I could cook for you. Okay? Okay, so is that rinsed? I don't know why. I think quinoa tastes dirty if you don't rinse it. I'm not positive, though. Uh, but we're really going to move here. We're going to ta- hand me the quinoa. I'm going to dump it in the boiling water and tap it like that. I like to give it a forceful decolonderization, I call it. And now I'm going to, can you open that can of beans? Thanks, the kidney beans, right? And then just throw those in the colander and just do a quick rinse. You don't have to overdo it. And then the vegetables are there. Can you actually pound, like pretend you're at court or you're making a speech to court and, and pound on the frozen vegetables a little bit like, Your Honor, I've had enough of this nonsense. Yeah, like that. That's great. And then, you know, just leave the vegetables alone for now. Okay. And then uh, now the quinoa is at a boil. So we're going to lower it to a simmer and we're going to put a lid on and, and we're going to keep an eye on the clock. we got about 15 minutes. What we're going to do here is is, is dessert time. And you, now, unfortunately, the dessert will have animal products. But see, okay, so we have our butter cookies. And why don't you open those up if you want to snack on when you can. But they, they're waffle butter. They look like a waffle cone, but they're a flat cookie, which they are so designed. Does this not scream to you, make me into an ice cream sandwich? Yes, it does. Okay. And then see our fleur de sel or whatever the heck, uh, dulce de leche spread. So take a, go ahead and grab a butter knife and you're just going to spread it around on that. Right. Well, perfect. You are one good spreader, if you don't mind me risking sounding risque. Uh, oh, that's offensive. I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to do that. But, okay, so now that we're done spread, okay, now that we're done putting, okay, now that we're done with that, let's scoop some ice cream. That can't be offensive. And you can choose your, yeah, let's, oh, do you want to double scoop it? Okie dokie. And then just, now you have to be careful here uh, because you don't want to break the, uh, usually I break about half the, the cookies here. Right, so then, and then we'll put a top on. And I know what we're going to do is we're going to put them inside some foil and put them in the freezer. Yeah. And, oh, wow. You're like an ice cream. Have you worked in an ice cream sandwich factory before? Yeah, I can imagine that would be an exciting place to work nowadays. Like back in the day of the the uni uh, ice cream sandwich, when the, you know, during the, the Cold War, when you just had the, 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 the chocolate wafers and the vanilla ice cream. Back in, that was like when Eisenhower was king or whatever. Okay, so so what do we got? We got about uh, 11 minutes on our quinoa. Our, you are a sandwich pro. Let's go. You're going to finish up the sandwich. I'm going to, let's go outside because we only really need three or four ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, let's not overdo it because I have a tiny freezer. Okay, so we're going to work on the grill here. Now, we have all our parts sent, sent around. I, I normally... Now, normally, I would just start making the grill without looking at the directions at all. But I, I, uh, I'm i going to, you know, because this is, you're here, I don't want to set a bad example. So, we'll, I, mean, I have the instructions here, and we'll, we'll, we'll look through here. And so, they, they have a diagram down, and see, so, we, we, like, uh, see those little things there, the, the circles? 
with the pointy things. We're going to grab those. Those are your screws because they have, they're just twist on. Yeah, I know they look like garbage, but again, we won't be moving this grill around. Do not worry. And you see it's got the bar things. Those are what hold the grills up. So we're going to put those. Yeah, see, there's just two of those. They look like, right, they would be on a cheap table. What are you, my Nana? Why are you, why are you picking on my grill so much? Okay, see, and see the diagram? I could, like, uh, okay. Yeah, so see this metal plate? It, it's called plate 19. Wasn't that, uh, who was that? Steely Dan, now we can't make a grill. Now we will put the things in something about, I think it was just about cocaine and drinking, which you usually do cocaine after you do a grill, probably, or cocaine's and grills is probably not the best. Bad idea, because then you'd forget, and you'd say, my, my grill's blown up. Okay, so let's put this here, and, and we see all those screws there. It's so easy. This is basic. So we got, and then the back plate there. Yeah, and that's that's one. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And what I like to do, so there's four on each side of the screws. So just do a cross hatching, like do an X, right? Have X with me. Let's see, just just do uh, just do it there. Oh yeah, no, no, don't overscrew it. Don't overscrew it. Yeah, don't overscrew the X. Yeah, just and then. Now let's do the other side, and then we'll tighten. Because see, then you lift it up, and see those little that cheap piece of metal down there. That's made. Don't worry, I know what the time is on the quinoa. I, this is not my first rodeo, so yeah, just do that. And that's step two. That was that not the easiest step? Just a, a, a piece cheap piece of metal framing there. Now let's go to step three. Well, it's not supposed to look like a grill yet. It's it's a, part of a grill and assembly, GIA. Oh, look at that. It's time to put the wheels on. Now, this is pretty easy because, see, you just take the 27 bolt, which are those two bolts there. You can see what the wheels look like. And then you're going to, you know, stick it in there. And then those are cotter pins. Would you believe, strange thing, I had, I, I, I did almost... There was someone named Cotter that we had a crush on each other, but it didn't work out. Not welcome back, Cotter. That was before my time, you goose. No, it was a C, a Cotter with a C. I believe she's a successful lawyer now, so I probably shouldn't have said her last name. But anyway, it's not important. Uh, so there you go. The wheels are in. Yeah, that's it. You just stick a pin. You stick that in, and then you stick the pin in, and we're done. And, okay, so now the next one, oh, dear, what, what time are we at here? We, we got about four minutes, so we got to go back inside. So this one has, now this is the, the, this is the grill body. We're going to get our hands on the old grill body. But, you see, we need those things. I think those are called fly bolts or something because they have wings, wing nut. But, yeah, wing nut, that's what those are, wing nuts. I wonder, I wish, you know, as much as I love you, but you don't talk much, I say, I wish you were one of those people that said, well, let me tell you about the history of wing nuts. Because then we would, we, 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 you know, then we could do a little uh, tag team. Well, it was named after Edward Wingnut, uh, first king of uh, 
Chaucerberry. Okay, so anyway, but the wing nuts, we need two wing nuts, and then those are, uh, uh, what are those called? Washers. Again, I would like to know the history of that name, too. Because, uh, but, but so, and th- so then we're going to put those in the bottom. And that's actually, I don't, I think that's the grill controller there. Oh no, that's got the, yeah, so we're going to push that in. Yeah, d- don't worry, this is the easy one. And then just, let's flip it over to five here. Okay, see, I'll hold it like I'm a grill, and then you attach the wing nuts, okay? Yeah, I'm 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 a little I'm a little wing nut with a grill holding it up. I'll stay chill. If I get all grilled up, that would be bad. Everyone in my family would be so sad. Okay, so that's done. That's the grill controller. And then we're going to and then we're going to set this down and we're going to go inside. You know, yeah, this is multitasking, but it's not because we're doing these things separately. But we're going to go inside. It's been 15 minutes, the quinoa. Now, again, we were talking about mouthfeel earlier. Uh, we were talking about mouthfeel earlier. Now, quinoa mouthfeel is important as well. So we're going to look at the quinoa, see it. Now, we kept it, I kept it at a nice low, low simmer. But we're going to take the beans and we're going to dump them in there. And then we're going to, oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That was premature. Uh, Premature beaning. No, we're going to take the vegetables, rip those open, and just throw them on top of the quinoa. Yeah, just throw them on there. Uh, Put the lid back on. And say, geez, was that quinoa... I'm gonna I'm gonna taste a little in my mouth here. It's uh, okay. It's still barely underdone, which is perfect. So uh, we're gonna okay. So the, the vegetables are cooking in there now. Okay. So while the vegetables are they're, so they're frozen, vegetables are already cooked. So they're just defrosting. While they defrost, we're gonna cut a lemon and a lime up, and then can you uh, use that thing the, the lemon. Uh, what's that called? A juicer. Can you juice me some uh, citrus? And what we're going to do is uh, we're going to make a little dressing for our food. And what we're going to do is you're going to you know, you're going to dump it in there. And now we're going to use our thumb as a measuring thing. So we have about a thumb, a vertical thumb of uh, a vertical thumb of uh, what do you call it? Of citrus. Now we're going to add an equal amount of olive oil. You could also add some canola oil, but olive oil has a nicer, nicer, uh, you know, uh, what do you call that, smell to it. And so then we're going to add another vertical thumb on top of the citrus, very gently. Vertical thumb there of, of citrus, and now vertical thumb of olive oil. And this is a jar. This is a recycled jar. And then we're going to take that 21 seasonings thingamajig, whatever they call it, and we're going to put it, you know, I just start shaking it. Now, some people may measure, but I'll just say shake the hell out of it in there. A little, this is going to be a night, and they call, I believe in the business, they call this a vinaigrette. Uh, and then, so we have our, let me double check, we have our oil, we have our uh, our citrus, and we have some seasoning. Now, some people tell you to salt. I say salt at another time. Don't mix, mix your dressing and your salt, and I don't know why that is. But, yeah, go ahead and put a uh, lid on that and just shake that thing like it was a Polaroid picture. Yeah, shake the dressing, shake the dressing, 
Shake the dressing time. Shake, shake, shake the dressing. Shake it like it was, don't shake it like it was fine wine. Okay, that's good. And then we're going to remove our pot from heat here. And we're going to fluff. We're going to do a little fluffing. Uh, We're going to do a little fluffing here. We're going to fluff our quinoa and our vegetables. And now we're going to add our beans. And just start fluffing it. Just start stirring. They call it fluffing, but it's just stirring. Yeah, and uh, now again, this is again, this is my preference, my preference only. You know, I need a, I need a crunch. That's why we're using the red kidney beans and the quinoa. So we'll go ahead and take a bite and say, "Geez, is the is the vegetables defrosted, but they still are crunchy?" Yes. Are the beans firm? Yes. Is the quinoa quinoani right? And notice here, we so we have a cup of quinoa cooked, the whole bag of vegetables, and then the bean, a whole can of beans. And then we're going to dump the vinaigrette in there. Now, again, you say put half in. Uh, go ahead and put half in, and then we'll mix it. Now we're going to add some salt. Now, you, you, you could say there's two roads you could go down here. You could go soy sauce or salt. We're going to do salt, but you could as easily do soy sauce. And just yeah, go ahead. You wow, you can really throw the old salt. Oh, you could throw salt on a wound too. That's great to know. Okay, and now we're gonna mix it. Now, personally, I'm a, I would just put the, all the vinaigrette in there. I don't like calling it vinaigrette for some reason because this is in a salad. Let's call it the uh, what do they call it? Mirepoix. I don't think that has anything to do with it, but it sounds good. Let's put the mirepoix in there and mix it around. And now taste it, right? Is that the best thing you've ever... And and we didn't do any work. That's the best part. So we're going to leave it there. And again, you could say you can eat this cold or you could eat it it warm, but it's just... uh, It's unbelievably healthy. You got your beans, so that's a protein. You have your quinoa. That is like a grain protein thing. And then you've got vegetables. So you could eat this as a meal. Well, you're going to eat it as a meal. Okay. Well, why don't you eat it while I work on the grill? Let's step back outside. And where we left off before was right, right. So we're going to put the, the the grill body onto the legs. It's like we're assembling a little uh, grill droid here. And you just go ahead and eat. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to screw, screw the hell out of this grill. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm right on top of it. I'm, I'm on top of it right now. And I'm just going to screw these four screws right in here. Yeah, I got them good. I've got them real good. Yeah, that thing that's hanging down there, I do not know what it does. It's some sort of chain thing, and I don't see it in this part. But let's go to the next thing. So the the base is attached to the legs. So what was that show with the little girl that was an android? I don't know what that was called. Uh, So this one looks more complicated than it is, but it's really the burners going in there. And a lot of people will say, oh, this is so dangerous, fire and gas. And I'd say, well, we could always sue the grill company if we get blown up. So, uh, so we're gonna take the see the burner. It's got those two pointy things, and we're gonna just uh, insert those into the receptacles in the burner things. And yeah, they plug right in there. And then see if we now I'm gonna have to climb underneath here. Do not, please, don't touch me when I'm lying on my back because I'm vulnerable. Oh, you're gonna please don't drop quinoa on me. Oh, thank you. 
Thank you for dropping quinoa. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, thanks. That's quinoa on my forehead. Thank you. Okay, so those hooks, I'm just going to ignore your quinoa dropping. So we're going to hook those hooks, and that secures the, the burner. And then, uh, yeah, you're right. It's strange that there's no screws. But again, this fire fire will, will, will solve it all. And then this little and then this little wire attaches to the igniter. But the igniters they only work for about two weeks on grills. I've found, but we might as well enjoy it while it lasts. So yeah, I think we're done here. I mean, if it, you could stand far away when I get ready to light it. And then the next part is just these platforms, you know, that you put your bowl on, and they look like yeah, you're right. They look like they're pieces of crap, but see, they just uh, put together. So we're going to put these arms in here. There's two arms, four arms. Our android daughter has four arms. And she has trays to serve us. Well, maybe she's not a daughter. What kind of people would have an android servant? Or a servant in general? She's Anyway, I know. I know sometimes I get so cra- Oh, well, you're saying the people at Trader Joe's serve me. So that makes me a bad person that I shop at Trader Joe's. Uh, they did say, pleasure to serve you, sir. Okay, so look at we just take one, two, again, it's a four-screw situation. And then two screws on the side. And yeah, we're going to do that. And then now our arms are done. And believe it or not, would you believe we're building a grill? We're almost done. We just got to put the back on. You don't trust that this grill is safe. Well, that's probably a smart assumption to make. But so the back is just two more screws. Well, actually, they're not even screws. They're cotter pins. And, yeah, so you just cotter pin it in there and then stick that through there, that thing. And that's eight. Let me double check here. Oh, well, let's move it over. Can we move it over here where I like it? Yeah. It, oh, uh, yeah, see, the wheels work. And then, see, we just put the cooking surface in there. I don't know what this metal th- Oh, the metal thing goes over the bib. The metal thing goes over the burners. Okay. That's some sort of metal. Like, they used to have volcanic rock in these things, but now they just have metal. I think, you know, it increases our iron intake or lead paint, you know, lead paint maybe. But so we'll put that on there. And then this little cup is supposed to catch the grease, so we'll just it just hangs there on the bottom. My dog will lick up the grease anyway and get sick, so that's not good. And then we're going to attach the gas. Now, don't be afraid. See, I'm attaching. You know, yeah, I'm not afraid of grills. I, I've been, I've been around all grills my whole all my days. I, I'm a griller. I'm a griller. I'm a chiller. I'm a meat some siller. Uh, grilling some meat up in the sun. I'm uh, opening the gas line. Kiss my ass wine. Uh, grilling meat's my pastime. Yeah, open the lid before you blow it up. Okay, so then we're going to turn these there. Can you hear the gas? No. Okay, so let's double-check our line. Okay, let's detach it, unscrew it again. Okay, screw it in. Uh, screw it a little bit tighter, but but don't, uh, you know, over-tighten it because, you know, if it's too tight then trouble can also happen. Okay, so now, yeah, see, now the gas is flowing. I'm going to press the red button. Oh, you're going to run down the driveway. Okay, I'll see you in a minute. 
Okay, boom, it's on. And now I'm going to go, I'm closing the grill. I would assume all the industrial chemicals will burn off in like one or two minutes and we'll, it'll be safe to cook on. So I'm going to, I have the hot dogs here. They were sitting in the sun, uh, both brands, you know, warmed by the rays of the sun inside some plastic wrap. What could be finer? But so we're going to put those right on the grill. Don't worry, whatever, I'm sure the, uh, the fine people at this, uh, obscure grill company, you know, have our health. You know, our health is the most important thing to them as a customer. That'll only buy a grill once every 10 years. And maybe if it falls apart, we'll never buy that from them again. But yeah, let's throw our hot dogs on there. Throw the old dog on the Barbie, as they say. Uh, not, not really. And then now, bad news, I don't have any grill tools, so I'll have to use my hand to, uh, oh, I think I have a tongs, but I don't have anything else. So let me run and grab my tongs. I'll be, oh, oh, they appeared in my hand by the magic of magic. Okay, so we're going to turn these dogs now. A little hot dog tip. Uh, you don't need to close the grill top for the dogs unless you want to really get a crispy skin going. But uh, do, do you hear something? Do you hear that? I think it is the president of the earth coming. Uh, what was her name again? We met her earlier. Uh, Gooseberry, President Marion Gooseberry. Holy cow. And she's with the president from that TV show, uh, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, how you doing? Uh, great to see you. What was your name? You were President uh, Eisenberg. Eisen, president, are oh, you laughing? Mr. Sheen, how do you take your hot dog? Do you take it in a bun? Have you, have, do you take your hot dog in a bun? Um, now, Mr. Uh, Mr. Sheen... Do you do you uh, do you mind a little? Uh, actually, I don't even have any plates. I, I did not think uh, President Gooseberry and President former uh, actor playing President Sheen was so. Uh, you know, I, I I I'll be honest with you, Mister Sheen. I did not watch your show uh, except at the beginning, and then all of a sudden, Jimmy Smith's was Jimmy Smith's president. Was am I right or was that a dream? I mean, I would love, I, I, I'm for it, but I just said, is Jimmy Smith's president now? What? What? K? I'm sorry, Mr. President, that's an inside joke. Uh, yeah, it's from Cielo. Cielo says K? Cielo from Metastasis, the, the, the Colombian Breaking Bad. Oh, I, I would think you. Now, Mr. Sheen, you might not remember me, but we were in a, a, a protest together a long time ago. In Los Angeles. Yeah, you remember that? We walked through and you were reading things, decrying the symbols. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was nice to do that with you. Was that you weren't president yet, though, were you? So, okay, so let me get some plates here. And, uh, Mr. President, now, uh, President Gooseberry may become president of Earth or the president of the United States. She's in from another universe right now. Oh, you're her guest, so you, it's your business. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, and, and, oh, you know, I forgot to buy mustard. Oh, dear. Uh, President Gooseberry, President Sheen, uh, we have a, we have a mustard-related situation. Yes, the vice president's on the phone. The vice president is not on the phone. We've lost the vice president, sir. Oh, you know what? I have I have it in the fridge, though. 
are you a kraut man? You shouldn't say that if you're a president of the United States. You can't say you're a kraut man, okay? Or a kraut woman, President Gooseberry. Please don't tell me you're going to be president of Earth with sauerkraut related uh, policies, because then I'll have to I'll have to uh, hit the red button on the grill while it's lit, if you know what I'm saying, and blow us all up. Okay, good, because yeah, sauerkraut is good. But you know, uh, you know, you know, you know how you know you know what I mean. You've read a history book. There, there was those people, and they were doing bad things to, to innocent people. Yeah, I don't know, but I know they 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 were. I don't know. I should stay out of the history, huh? Okay, so now we have plates. My friend, she got a plates for us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so everybody's got their dogs. Now this, uh, my presidents. My presidents, is that how you say presidents? Usually there's only one president, so, and they say, or no, I guess they say, well, I, I, I wanted to think of something witty, but this is a quinoa salad here. It is a, uh, it has a little bit of everything for you. And we're going to put it on here. There you go. Yeah, it's very healthy. Yeah, I, I believe that the presidents of countries that don't treat people badly should eat healthy. And if you're going to have, you know, any bad policies, you should have four or five hot dogs. Now, what do you guys think about that lunatic that's running for president? Yeah, can you, I can't believe that. And they said, is that, what is that on his head? We've been asking that for 30 years, you know, but, 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 uh, it, is it alive? It might have been alive in, you know, 40 years ago. But I said, geez, that guy's nuts. So anyway, President Gooseberry, President Sheen. Oh, you want me to call you Marty? Whoa, Marty. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you uh, cooked with me. Now, would you believe before Air Force whatever arrived... Okay, neither one of you is president, I know, but I'm pretending. Uh, we just assembled this grill and this meal for all of you. So, I, yeah, so it, was, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. And uh, they say, geez, we did a good job here. I think we did a good job cooking for them. And, yeah, but I think Mar President Sheen's already asleep. All right, well, it's good to see you. And, uh, you know, as always, I love cooking with you. I love assembling with you. I love screwing things together. It's like a dream come true. It's better screwing during the daylight, this stuff, than at night. Sometimes, you know what I mean? And, oh, oh, oh my goodness, we forgot the ice cream sandwich as well. well. We have a little treat to look forward to then. Let's go inside and get those. Okay, and I hope everyone else is asleep. Okay, good night. Hey, you bunny tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Tonight it's, uh, uh, tonight it's, uh, Tales of Lady Witchbeard, our ongoing serial story about our good friend Lady Witchbeard, a pirate witch. But all you have to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. We're going to do the rest. Maybe I said that already. I don't know. Sometimes I get, you know, turned inward. Uh, but what, what are we going to do? What's the plan? Uh, what, what, 
what the hell is this guy talking about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to attempt to do. I'm going to attempt to create a safe place. I'm going to use lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, long asides, plenty of exposition. If you love exposition, even you probably can't stay awake through this exposition coming up later tonight. Uh, action that is neither blunt nor sharp. It is uh, uh, concave action. They say, geez, I never heard of that. Yeah, well, it's like a post-new wave uh, because there's, it was like a slow, we do a slow wave. You know, you've heard of the new wave, or you might have. Uh, true font, 400 blows. This is the slow wave with 400 snow, you know, lulls. And, you know, so I, I have to start randomly talking about stuff that has no, you know, usually has a vague connection to what we're talking about. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to attempt to use those tools that my, my, uh, in my, you know, limited, uh, the tools that I have at my command, I guess I'd say, or at my, maybe I don't have quite command of them. But whatever, tools I'm learning to use, the tools that I've honed, or the skills I've honed using the tools, the boredom, I'm honing the hell out of some boredom. But like I said, I'm going to create a safe place. I'm going to extend my voice and my hand, you know, virtually across the deep, dark night. Uh, holding in my hand will be a torch that is neither light nor dark, a torch of gray areas. Yeah, I'll say, Jesus, well, that's not harsh nor frightening. It, it removes... I guess it doesn't remove shadows. I can't quite say, yes, this is the the, uh, the, the, the special torch of gray that I carry. You say, well, I'm seeing other colors. I said, well, geez, it's in color. It's just, it's a, it's a saying in gray, gray area. That's the only thing, you know, if I thought anything more snazzy, it might keep you up. The torch of the dream, you know, the gig. But I'm going to, what I'm going to try to do is distract you from whatever's running through your brain, whatever's got you up tossing, turning, mind racing, body burning. Maybe your heart or your feelings, you know, are hurt or stirred up. I'm going to take a silly, be a little bit silly, a little bit friendly, you know, like I said, long, soothing tones. And I'm going to do my best to distract you while we walk across the threshold of the night here. And uh, you, you go into dreamland, and and we try to keep all those, I call them brain bots, but there's a whole lot of other things. And for those of you that fall asleep during the uh, long, drawn-out metaphor, it's long, drawn-out metaphor time. Uh, buckle your sleep belt, as they say in the uh, sleep-related joke business. I'm attempting, you know, sleep-related joke school, $4,000. Learn to, well, I'm still working on that, but it's not important. But a lot of times at bedtime, your mind just starts getting all, you see, Jesus, just got quiet. I'm ready to go to bed. I drank my chamomile tea. I've got some, uh, you know, incense or smells good stuff, nag champ or whatever that stuff's called, or maybe you got something else going and you say, geez, I'm, 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 I'm using some imagery. I'm feeling like I'm in the ocean, peaceful ocean, sun setting. I got all that going. I had some quiet time. I reflected on the day, gratitude stuff. 
But even with all that, I lie down, my brain starts racing. Well, that's what I'm here for. And why, who, why would I be the one honing the distracting skills? Well, a lot of times bedtime is like getting ready to go on a trip. And you say, well, geez, what's, uh, what do you got to do to get ready for a trip? A bunch of crap. But it's all pretty, you know, you say, geez, pack the pack. You know, buy your tickets. Make some plans. Those are all things that I think in the business world they call actionable items. Uh, but then... Just like that, you say, okay, that's well, pretty simple. I'm going to get home from work, and I'm going to pack. I should, maybe I should have packed a couple of days ago, but I was pretty busy. You know, I say, well, I get home from work, I'll pack. And then you get home from work, you say, okay, well, you know, I got about six hours here to pack, and maybe I should do that. Well, well Jesus, this stove really looks gross. When was the last time you cleaned the stove? Now, meanwhile, this part of your, this voice in your, my brain, possibly you can relate to it, say, well, hey, wait, wait. Weren't you just yelling at me because I never cleaned the stove? Uh, didn't you tell me I'm powerless to clean the stove? That's one of the stain. The stain on the stove is a reflection of the stain of my, my existence, you said to me. And I said, that voice said, well, hey, here's your chance to clean that stain up, buddy. We got a bunch of time here. Why don't you clean the frick? Okay, well, maybe I'll start cleaning the stove. Great idea. And then you, you say, Jesus, this was my one clean pair of shorts, and all of a sudden I'm elbow deep in uh, degreasing and stove stuff, stove buildup, dried quinoa, dry, you know, other things. You say, geez, that's black, and is that tar? I don't remember eating or cooking tar. And then you get that on your sweaty, you're, you're a little bit, you say, okay, well, maybe, okay, well, a couple more hours, maybe she, well, geez, what about all this, uh, what about behind the stove? And then I said, no, I'm not emotionally equipped to clean behind the stove. I'm sorry. You can shame me, but I'm just, okay, well, what about the, uh, you know, what about all that stuff over there on that side of the kitchen? Okay, well, maybe you're right. Maybe I should bang this whole kitchen out. And then you say, okay, well, let's see them cleaning here, sweeping. That. Okay, get that done. Okay, now, am I, oh, no, she, what about the, she's, can't you, this kitchen's, you got your fridge. You forgot about all the stuff in the fridge. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. And you start doing, well, geez, you're going to leave the trash can like that? you got to clean the trash can. What are you, what are you what, Neanderthal? Okay, yeah, you're right about that. And they say, but the one thing you needed to do, they say, geez, it would, that would have actually relieved the most anxiety was just to pack your stuff and then do all that other stuff. But for some reason, it may be self-drama, self-sabotage, maybe a love of... Uh, I don't know, like, right, you know, we say, geez, I like going to the dentist because it hurts, something like that. I don't know what they call it. I think they call it a, uh, whatever, mas masoch, whatever it is, sadist or masochist, or I don't know. But you say, she said, okay, well, now I'm going to pack. I say, but she said, aren't you going to clean the bathroom up? Well, it's kind of clean. I'm not going to be, oh, boy, you, what kind of person are you? Uh, so I don't know if anything like that, that's when it's time to pack to go on a trip what it's like in my brain. And and I gave you the sanitized, uh, friendly uh, PG version in one voice and not the usual 40 to 50. But usually it's pretty, you know, usually it's only a couple driving that train. But then it's like, boy, well, you got to eat dinner, man. What, what about dinner? Didn't I just clean the kitchen? Well, you gotta, you're not going to order food. That's not how, okay, oh boy.
So I don't know if any of you go through that at, at, at time before going on a trip or at bedtime. It's just the same stuff. Like you get in bed, it gets quiet. Well, why didn't you, uh, wait, did you set four alarms? No, because my alarms worked the last 364 days. Okay, if that's how you want to do it, good luck tomorrow. Uh, I don't even have anything, which, okay, your business, go ahead. Go. And then you start saying, well, so instead of going down those roads, I've been down them, and believe me, you don't want to go there. Oh, you don't want to go there. So I want to save you the trip. I want to distract you. And for some reason, even though I can't practice it always in my own life, if I start talking like this, a lot of those uh, clean the kitchen brain, clean the free, you know, do the other stuff brain, internal harassers, I think we could call them, and they say, well, geez, maybe say, well, let's not be so accusatory of those guys. They're doing, okay, but no, internal harassers, uh, I can distract. For some reason, they like listening to me. And they say, well, geez, maybe this this guy reminds me of me. I like his, that's what they say, because I, unfortunately, I'm just like them. Uh, so that's the plan. That's what I propose. That's a mouthful. That's an earful. Maybe you're asleep. That's, that was, a, you know, that's, a, this is stage one of the rocket. That will take forever to even get off the ground. But the main thing is I'm here. I've got a good intention. I try, try, I'm good at these kind of, I like telling stories. I like uh, uh, trying to make a metaphor is to make sense of stuff that doesn't say, Jesus, it should make sense. Come on and pack. It should be simple. It's not, though. Uh, not for me. I've tried to breathe, and sometimes that works. What do they call it? Mindfulness, that works. But not, you know. Sometimes you fall in quicksand, or what can I say? And it's in the middle of your kitchen. And you say, well, I'm cleaning this quicksand pit in the middle of the kitchen that formed. Uh, cancel the flight, cancel the vacation. I'm just going to clean this quicksand pit here for a week or a week or so. So I don't know. Uh, that's why I'm here, to help you fall asleep, to distract you. Hopefully I didn't stir anything up. Because I'm perfect, you know, now that I got that out of me. I say, geez, this is, you know, trying to live in acceptance here that I'm, you know, a bit of a loan. But I'm glad you're here. Give this up. Give the show a couple of tries. You know, research it if you say this is kookier than a, nuttier than a pecan log. That's one of my favorite lines. I can't say that I definitely made that up, but I've been saying it for a long time. I'm nuttier than a pecan log. But I'm glad you're here, and I really hope I desire, and I yearn to help you fall asleep. All right, so thanks for stopping by. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another tale of Lady Witchbeard. Well, uh, oh, wait, Antonio Banderas, uh, he's the late. I'm just trying to buy some time, actually. I thought I'd, uh, if I did it, he might, uh, hear me, but he's, uh, okay, just, okay, so, oh, I gotta do the last, where we last left off anyway. Okay, sorry about that. I just had to change the mic for Antonio. Make sure he, you know, he likes it. He's important how he sounds. But so last week when we left, last left off, I had uh, uh, won the uh, uh, help of, uh, you know, some indigenous peoples. I had lost the respect of uh, Lady Witchbeard. I was unable to regain it. And actually she went through a variety of emotions. I did not check them against the stages of grief. Now that I think about it, but I don't think I don't. I don't. I, I attacked it. no denial. I don't remember denial. I remember anger. No acceptance. 
and I think there was maybe a little bit of sadness. I don't know if that's one of them, but uh, uh, Lady Witchbeard was not happy with me because uh, I had stolen her wit- broom dust from her cottage. I mean, I used it to save a village, but also I think what she was more mad about was something uh, more vague, like, like she was in a hurry, some sort of hidden agenda, or maybe, or I don't know, but like whatever was in that cauldron. I don't know. She was disappointed and mad at me. Uh, let's just say that. I see it. You know, I got, but I got things moving. It was, things were looking pretty decent. And I got the, I said, geez, we still got to beat Cortez's palace in the sun. But then they said that this angry god, you know, the angry gods they believed in were looking for human, uh, a sacrificial type situation. You know, I said, no, I don't, I don't see that happening on my watch. Or maybe I didn't say that, but they said, Jeremy, you're going to battle. One of the gods is going to be coming. And then, uh, Right at the end of the episode, cliffhanger time, a dude showed up. He, I think he said his, I don't know if he said his name. He looked like uh, the ghost of either Christmas, uh, you know, there's the three, there, not, not, not Marley, not Bob Marley or Marley of Marley and Scrooge. Uh, Jacob Marley, who I think is played, is that Donald Duck who plays him? And not not sure if it was a ghost ghost of Christmas past, present, or future, because there's like uh, in all of the movies I love them all or most of the ones I've seen. I don't know if I've seen the one with George C. Scott. Maybe I have, and I forget because that one's supposed to be great. I mean, I've seen the Mickey Mouse one, Scrooge. You know, I think I I love that one. Oh boy, I think I've seen that the most. Uh, but anyway, I'm off track. So, but the ghost said it doesn't wear a shirt. He just wears a robe, hairy chest, uh, long curly hair, carries around an Olympic torch. This guy looked a bit like him, but his coat was more techno, dream, dreamy coat of many colors. Uh, almost technicolor dream coat, but not probably because it's trademarks and stuff. Uh, but he showed up and he was ready to do battle. And hey, oh, hold on, we'll say, hey, Antonio, yeah, well, it's okay to be late. You're you're way more important to me. And I'm not saying that passively aggressively. I'm honored you be here. Okay, so uh, that's where we left off on the last episode of the Tales of the Lady Witchbeard. Wow. Uh, actually, we said you would cackle, but not cackle like, oh yes, my friend. The tales of Lady Witchbeard. <laughs> Holy crap, that's genius, because you just did a pirate cackle. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I don't know how that sound will turn out on that, but thanks, Antonio. Good to see you. Did you drive all the way? Yes, I did, my friend. Okay, well, maybe I'll get you a glass of tap water. Oh, thank you. Okay, I gotta go. Uh, well, actually, I gotta. Okay. Uh, Tales of Lady Witchbeard. Alright, so as tonight's story opens, it's morning at our campsite or her camp area. And I'm uh, I'm just waking up. I'm, I'm getting out of my uh, bunk. It's not technically out of bunk, but I'll call it that because I don't want to be over descriptive. It is a cut, the ground, okay? It's the ground, but it's not bad. It's not bad at all. 
Uh, but I get up and, and I, I sit up and I wipe the, the evening, the night from my eyes. And I say, she said, I got a, a sense of unease, which is, you know, not, not, not outside the norm for me. I, I do a little stretching. I, I start to, uh, camp's coming awake. Uh, people are, are getting up and stirring, starting to make breakfast. Or cook, fires are burning. And they say, oh, yeah, was that a dream last night? When they, and then all of a sudden, nope, I see out of the corner of my eye trudging right at me. Old, uh, uh, whatever, rainbow coat, we'll call him. So I don't violate anybody's rights, but he's, he's trudging. And I said, man, he's a lot. So I said, he really is a D- Dickensian. He's a Dickensian type, uh, I mean, he wasn't a white guy, and okay. I mean, he wasn't a redhead, like a, a European-looking redhead, but still, he, he was uh, Dickensian despite that fact. And he comes stretching towards me, and his, uh, he, he looked uh, irritable. Would be, I said, geez, this guy looks irritable. I said, this guy looks irritable. And he says, good morning, germ. And I said, she said, I said, I said, are you, you, I said, I said, you wandered into camp. He says, don't play, don't play silly with me, germ. And I said, well, I know I just want, I, I thought it might, it might be a dream. He said, more like a, you know, bad dream. And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, man, you got up on the wrong side of the ground this morning. And then I giggled and I gave him a little elbow. And I know say elbowed his dream coat, or well, whatever you want to call it. That's not a dream coat. His is techni- technically colored coat. My elbow like went into it like it was a vortex. But I said, "Well, let me see." And I said, "Man, I wonder." I said, "Go, go, go, Joseph, Joseph." I said, "That was like the first... Uh, Broadway musical. Did I mention that last week that I ever saw Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat? And I don't know if that's Andrew Lloyd Webber. I said, geez, there was like a, a biblical age there in the 60s or the 70s with the musicals. I think, I don't know, I like musicals, but I, I don't know any musical history. But that was the first Broadway production, I think, as an adult or a teen. I think I was 18 probably that I saw and it was amazing. It was amazing. And, and, and now it's because I think I've seen it one or two other. So, and I was singing, he said, he, he now I won't do his tone, but he said it was stop it. Well, you know, and I said, man, you are. And then he just keeps laying into me. He says, are you ready to deal with me? And I said, man, you, I said, and he said, I don't, and he he started physically making fun of me. And he's talking about my nose, my hair, my fur. And he's, we got into it. He said, geez, and I said, no, this is, my hair's always been like, I said, maybe I'm losing some hair, but I don't think so. I've always had silk-like hair and i said but yeah you could and, and, and so i tried agreeing with him but i said he's a hey easy we say huge nose you got there very nice and well it's bigger yeah it's a prominent they call it actually and then he said he was would you be making fun of my teeth and i said okay well yeah you're right uh they said, I made some bad choices back when in orthodontia days, removing my, you know, that's a couple of podcast episodes, but, uh, 
you know, removing my old braces and stuff like that. But, you know, was, was, probably they talk about me at a don- at orthodontic school. And then he said, hey, man, he was, and then he, like, at some point, his coat, I said, you look just like my orthodontist. Then my orthodontist is yelling at me. And it's just going on and on. I'm like, man. And then the next thing I know, like, everybody else at camp's catching wind of this. And then people are shame snickering. But mostly people just seem really, like, irritated by me. And people were, I can't believe, like, in perfect English, too. That was like, I was like, huh. They said, I can't believe you, germ. And then, like, other stuff started getting dug out, stuff. They said, Jesus, this guy's really busy. And I, and I said, okay, just keep breathing. And I said, buddy, if you're looking for trouble, like I said, are we dueling? Because you're, you're, you're about to uncover a heat. I said, I don't care if you're seven foot eight or eight foot seven. And they said, well, maybe. I and I said, I said, because, uh, you know, I don't really don't got time for my own nonsense here. I've been trying, you know, I mean, some nonsense, but I said, I'm going to blow my stack. And, he, and then people were sitting in, and I started feeling that shrinkage. Uh, not just, you know, not in just one department, but inter- internal shrink. Well, a shrinkage of the heart and the, the feeling shrinkage. Like, you know, emotional feeling or something. I said, okay, he's getting to me. It's turning from, ra- you know, maybe my rage is turning inward or something. I don't know what, what the... Uh, the team of Swedes would say that watches me when, when I, you know, during the test where they have all, they say, okay, uh, germs thinking, you know, he's going to suck his thumb next. But anyway, and then the guy, he said, this guy, who I said, geez, I still hadn't caught his name, I don't think. Maybe I had and I forgot it. I mean, I know it now. I'm just, this is dramaturge or whatever we call it, but. He says to me, he says, if you submit this, I'll all go back to normal germ. And I said, well, I said, well, I'm fixing for for some sort of, uh, you know, re- and, he's, and then he started getting real. And they said, oh, boy, you know, I started getting irritable again. But more where you start feeling around the morning irritability, I don't know if anybody else experiences that. But it's around your eyes, and it has a certain flavor, those of us that are plagued by it. And you might take it out on a loved one, or you might just do a lot of glaring, a bit of pacing, or growling, complaining about the news. And they said, coffee, holy crap, I need some coffee. Now, other than the stolen uh, broom dust, I had brought some coffee, because I talk about that Trader Joe's uh uh, Colombian coffee, five ninety nine a pound. I always keep that at the ready, and I brought a few pounds. I said, I, I, you know, I had been altered, but anyway, and and I, I had worked out a couple people, and I said, you know, you guys know anything about? It? But they had, and I said, hey man, they said I'm all. I said maybe I'll submit a little while. I said, would you submit to a cup of coffee? And he said, because I haven't caught your name, maybe I get your name, and then we'll have this. Uh, you know, disagreeable, bad. Well, let's have some coffee first because I really am not feeling it. And would you believe this guy's a god? He doesn't know what coffee is. What kind of world to be a god of? I mean, they, they have cocoa, cocaine or cocoa leaves everywhere. So I'm sure that maybe it was lost in the translation or it's like, oh, then we don't have rope. I mean, you could chew on cocoa leaves. But again, 
I'm not paying a hell of a lot of attention to the specifics in this universe. But I said, I, you know, I said, I just want some coffee. And I say, he said, we'll have a cup. And I say, he said, so then he said, what's this coffee? I said, trust me, this is going to be great stuff. And, and and he could smell. He said, oh, that smells pretty good. I said, oh, believe me, it tastes as good as it smells. And I said, you'll take it like I take it black. You know, dark, black, black is my heart. Dark is my heart. And he said, okay. And we we had my, 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 one of the camp cooks had a, had it going, and uh, and then I said they they had two two cups ready for us, and then he reached for it, I said whoa, 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 whoa what's your name again and he said oh I'm Bach he called said call me Bach, and I said like uh, Ludwig Amadeus Ludwig Amadeus, and he looked at me. And I said, and, and at first he, I said, maybe he thought I was kidding. But then I said, wait, I said, I get those two so mixed up. Wolfgang, Mozart, but Wolfgang, I'm a despot. And I'm not, and I said, okay, it just gets me more confused because I think they both have three names. So I said, and I said, well, I see, I said, hold on, you can't have any coffee till you make your bed, make your bed roll, roll it up. And he said, I'm a guy. And I said, well, you can help me with mine. Because he said, oh, my God, I was said, blah, blah, blah. So we went to, and, I, and I, this was a little trick I learned with, with one about a depression, one of those depression rules, or super productive people that, uh, you know, don't get depressed. And they say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take non-depression and, and get it, you know. But they say, make your bed, you know, that's the one thing under your control the whole day, you know, whatever. Uh, so we made my bedroll, but in some sense we unmade it because we rolled that up and, you know, got it ready for travel. And then we started drinking the coffee, and he was done with his rage at whatever he was doing. And we had, he said, this is pretty, and we talked about coffee for a while. I won't bore you with the details. And, you know, the full pause, I made like, I'm like, you should get bring this up to Zeus. And he looked at me like I had 50 heads. And I said, well, bring it to one of the hydras. And then again, he didn't. And I said, what do you got, a thing with Romans? And I don't know if he was, I said, okay, maybe I should, I don't want to anger. And I said, what are they, are there continental gods? I think I said, I think that was a book. Was that Dom DeLillo? Continental Gods by Dom DeLillo. And someone will say, it's not Dom DeLillo. Dom DeLillo, anyway. Is that a Philip? Those books are books I can't, you know, I don't think I can handle. Philip Roth, right? Continental Gods. Anyway, uh, that, that was my um, literary material, material, but it didn't work with him. But we, he, he, was, he said, you've passed the first test, Germ. And I said, well, okay then. And then I said, okay, well, I got to go try to get a Lady Witchbeard to, you know, uh, get less mad at me. And so I went over and tried to get in, and Lady Witchbeard just was was directing soldiers and planning, and she was just totally, total silent treatment. And even Marina, she was, like, giving me one of those shoulder moves, like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, so I did that, and then I said, well, and then I started hearing some singing, and I said, well, geez, this guy... And I was pretty sure it was his, but I said, there's a bunch of singing going on. I said, I wonder, and I said, oh boy, this guy's picking some bad tests. First test won by coffee and bed making. And I said, I bet you I would have lost, I wonder if I would have lost if I lashed out or gave up. Fight or flight. 
Uh, and I said, I didn't do either. I said, I coffeeed it. Well, I gave it the old barista bed making, you know, the old barista bed. But then I was pleased with myself and I heard all this singing. And as I got closer, I saw it was him, Bach, and, uh, and I said, when she said, I'd like to sing Amadeus, Amadeus, bop, bop, bop. And I said, who was that? That guy was Falco. The guy that's him, Amadeus, rock me, Amadeus. Come and rock me, Amadeus. But they weren't singing that. They were singing as clear as day. I could hear it, yo, ho, yo, ho, a pirate's life for me. And I don't know the rest, but it's swabber and slubber and blah, 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 blah. But it was just like that. There was blah, 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 like a pleasant mumbling. And it was uh, indigenous people and uh, Spanish people singing together. All male, so a little patriarchal, but they were arm in arm. They, it looks like they had flagons of ale, and they seemed to be standing in some sort of boat. And then Bach said, come on, Jerem, join us for the ride. As wibble a swabble a ribble a robble a rub ba ba yo do and I said, hey, I said, is this the, and he said, no, 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 this isn't a test. And I said, well, that's the kind of thing a test master would say. Like, that's the first, you know, thing is uh, if you put your name, you get it right no matter what. And he said, just join us. And everyone was like, join us, German. Everyone was so nice to me. And then I saw the ale and I said, okay, better. I said, I better just inspect this. I said, no ale for me, thank you. My ale days are good, but I, maybe I should be close to this ale to monitor it. And I said, is those flagons of rum? And I said, and then I stepped into the boat, and instantly I was inside the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in a boat with these pirates, indigenous people. Oh, no, there was no actual pirates, but anyway, everyone was a pirate to stay. But it was like this, we were, they were all drinking. He handed me a drink, which he said, don't worry, it's N.A. root beer. And I said, okay, well, and I said, that would be wrong to give me, and he said, no, 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 I would never do that as a god. And I said, aren't you guys the ones that invented booze? And he said, don't worry, and I smelled, it was root beer. So he was drinking root beer, and it was so cold and so delicious, this root beer. And so in a, I mean, it had sugar, so it wasn't perfect, but, uh, but we're in there and I felt a little bit at ease. I said, maybe it's like the being, I said, well, and I started to imagine when I was at Disneyland or Disney World or something above me, it was, a, and I said, you know, that my regular life was just a few steps of, well, fantasy life, but that, you know, just uh, so much closer than I was to my real, the real world. And, you know, some vacation, I said, maybe I'm a kid on my vacation or an adult with my kid on a vacation. And I, and I know, and my eyes, and this music was playing, the audio animatronics were, you know, audio animatronic gang, you know, Pirate with the Hairy Leg, and Johnny Depp was the, you know, Johnny Depp figure. Uh, then I noticed there was a buffet on the boat, and then he said, you know, he pointed out, he said, you know, if you ever decide to start drinking, blah, blah, and I said, like a full bar. And then he put a, he put a, uh, he put a little Jolly Roger medallion around my head, like a little Jolly Roger pendant. And he said, you can get on this ride whenever you want, Jerem, you can come here. And he said, come on, let's get off the ride. And we got off the ride. 
And it became like this cartoon world where we were interacting. And like, you know, time seemed to change. And he's like, we could, you know, we could play the pirates invading. We could play the townspeople. And it was all these images. And he said, you know, and then he, he, we kissed the hands of a couple of, you know, and then a couple of, of, uh, uh, lovely lasses, we'll say. And he said, this is, he said, he said, you can get in the boat, whatever. He said, what do you feel like eating now, German? I said, oh, and he said, coffee cake. And I said, well, not really. I said, that's not really piratey. And then we said, and they said, come on, sing with us. And I said, no, probably. I said, uh, and then I started singing Amadeus in my head to try to counter. And, uh, and they said, you're telling me that, and he said, hey, just hold on to this medallion and, and you'll come here. He said, no one will know you. He said, geez, you could just come here and hang out and then go back to, he said, go back to wherever you want. And then he said, it'll work anywhere, germ, any universe. And he said, full park access, by the way. He goes, you could go out and play at the rest of the park. But he said, this is the mo- this is the main interactive part. We're working on the rest. He said, go ahead and kiss the redheaded lips. And I said, no, no, I better. He said, he said but then, and I said, okay. And I started to picture that part of the ride where the guys are whistling for the dog. And they say, come on, come on. And they're locked up in the cell. And the dog has a key. And they're trying. And I said, okay, picture that, Jerm. Picture that. And I said, I just called myself. And I said, okay, picture that. And I said, holy cow, Bach, this is my favorite part of the ride coming up. I go, do you know the hidden uh, stuff inside the cell? Have you ever told? And I said, I said you guys, we got to. And I snatched the key out of the dog. I petted the dog, and it was interactive, real. The dog licked me, and the guys, I said, hey, guys, we're going to let you out of your cell here. And they said, real, what? And I said, you know all that secret stuff you got stashed in the back? And I gave him a couple winks. And I said, you know, you guys can leave as soon as, we, you know, these guys are going to come in. We're going to show them all the cool stuff you got hit. And they said, oh, the cool stuff. And I they, and I said, yeah, that cool stuff. They said, what, the cool stuff or the super cool, amazing stuff. And I said, these pirates are good liars. And they said, oh, wait, is this a lie? But then I saw some cool I, I said, I said, oh, yeah, there's probably some behind the scenes crap in there. Hidden Mickey or some shit. And I said, come on, guys, everybody in the in there. And then they'll back and all the And then they went, I slammed the cell door, locked it, threw the key into the river-like thing, whatever the hell, you know, it's a river. I ripped off the pendant, unfortunately. I said, oh, boy, nothing like to love more than full theme park, instant access with a buffet boat, buffet bar boat. But I threw that in there, and then I said, well, how the hell am I going to get out? Am I going to be trapped in here? And they said, well, I just got to get out of the ride a bit, and I'll be back at the, you know. And they remember they had a restaurant, so I waited a little bit, Wade, W-A-D-E-D. And they went out through the restaurant. It looks like it's outside, but it's inside, and then it goes out, and then, boom, I'm back at the, uh, uh, back in wherever we were, uh, germ camp, we'll call it. And I said, okay. And then I said, well, I wonder how long that'll keep him busy for. And I started walking around camp, and everybody's getting ready to go. And everybody's like, hey, Germ. And I'm like, hey. And so they, no, no, we're just kidding. We're just kidding, Scooter. And I said, oh. And then uh, somebody's like, hey, Germ, Germ. You know, one of the uh, 
Spanish soldier, like, hey, German, let me show you, let me show you this uh, water carrying thing I invented. And he, he, he had it, and it was like this cool, I don't know, it was like this thing you ran, it was like basically a super soaker. But the only way to charge is by running, and he's like, this will make the kids run, Germ. Is isn't this great? And he said, oh, sorry, Scooter. He said, you're the best leader ever. And I said, oh, thanks. And I said, something's terribly wrong here. And he said, nothing's terribly wrong with you in charge. And then I said, I said, I saw a boy. And then uh, I started walking around. Everybody said, hey, Scoot, Scooter, great job. More coffee. But worse than the words, I mean, in a positive way, if there's a positive version of worse, but that's not better because it's filled with foreboding, was people's eyes. They They looked at me with this look. That was some sort of healthy appreciation. And I said, well, oh, God. They said, I'm not capable of seeing that. Maybe it's capable of being shot at me. But I knew something was wrong. I said, well, geez, I said, I can't, you know, I can't see in the gray area of uh, healthy appreciation. And I said, mostly I just see repulsion or like, oh, well, well, I see you're a fundamentally flawed germ. So I said, okay, this is, and then I saw a box standing there it, 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 where I was headed, which was Lady Witchbeard's command post, the second in command post, or what do you call it, logistics area. And then I started to notice there was more, the coaster I got, there was this beautiful tent, and there was more uh, w- women there. And then they were looking at me with this healthy look, and I said, oh, Jesus, I said, uh, but he couldn't help but, you know, be affected by it. Mostly, you know, I guess I was affected by it, as I'll say. And uh, uh, Box waiting there for me near this tent. And he's just laughing. And he's like, people love you, germ, scooter. And I said, I said, uh, I said, maybe, maybe they do. But I don't think, I, I said, I said, what have you done? And he said, I've just made them aware of all, you, you know, and I said, and I said, yeah, but what have you done to me? Because I, I said, even if they're like, well, he's doing his best, this germ. I said, I shouldn't be able to detect that. And he said, isn't that nice, germ? And I said, I, I said, it's very disorienting. And he said, do you remember when you're first? And I said, oh, good. I said, I don't want to be talking to you about this. I said, if you're a demigod or something, you already know. But he kept going, and he was talking about this movie I saw as a young man. Not, not even X movie, an R-rated movie. With, uh, as they said it back then, SSC, strong sexual content, nudity, rated R. And then that's when I'd say, oh, boy, well, he said, thank goodness for the uh, one-week free Cinemax or weekend of Cinemax. But this was even before that, when I was at a, whatever they call it, a, a f- formula, formula. And he's saying this to me, though, f- formulative age or whatever, formative stage. And he even used the word budding sexuality. And I said, oh, God, I don't want to talk about this with another human being that I'm not paying money so that there's some sort of boundary, you know, even if it's sliding scale. I said, I'm just, and he said, but then he looked at me with these comfortable, healthy eyes like we were friends and that we wasn't a, uh, you know, a strain. And I said, what the heck? He's talking to me about my 
budding childhood sexuality, and I'm not. And when I look at him, I'm not freaked out. Uh, but he said he, t- he talked about this movie and, and how it uh, led to me, you know, forming this titillation around some some things. And he talked about this one scene with these two women. And they, it was kind of like a painting in some sense because they were ta- talking about this guy, that one of them, and then they were talking about sex and sexual attraction to him. And as she's in the movie, was just, just a bit full. It was called The Hard Bodies Two. Just full disclosure. I don't want you know, but you know, I'm just a human being. These are these are formula of experiences of all our lives in different ways. I'm not trying to purvey it or say that this is how all sexuality is, or you know, because I realize I don't know. I should I should, but I felt so comfortable with Bach at this moment. They said, Jesus, should, should women have been, did this affect how my relations with women, objectification? And he said, no, no, Jerm, it didn't affect it in that way. And I said, but then I got the sense, I'm like, wait a second, I'm not paying this guy. So I said, this is just a series guy, because I think, it, and, I, and then he said, why don't you step inside the tent? And I, and I stepped inside, and he said, he said, by the way, you know, I don't know something because as I stepped inside the tent, uh, Marina and Lady Witchbeard were, were kind of playing out the scene from the movie, but in more of a context that would have been easy me easy for me to fall into uh, the fantasy. And they were talking about germ, and they were uh, part, you know. Uh, in a state of undress, but not full undress. They were still covered, but all their body, you know, nude parts were covered. But it was titillating for, 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 for something about the crossover into the tent. And the fact that I was like, wait a second, this guy, like some of my unhealthiness, my mental unhealthiness, or my human, human humanity, or my corroded adulthood, whatever, crossed through when I said this is, this is not attractive or titillating to me, uh, taking, you know, uh, forcing Lady Witchbeard and Marina into these roles and hearing them talk about me is so blatantly false and so passive. I guess, I don't know, Not, not this is not in a, um, a feminist uh, manner, but more of like uh, how deep my distur- own disturbances go. That I was like, this is not attractive to me. Probably them being attracted to me it was probably a big part of it. But something shook it, and I, they just exited the tent again, and and he put his head down. And I was like, that was win number three, huh? And I, I said, what, what would have happened if I had taken them up on that offer? I said, was that really them? And he said, it doesn't matter, Jeremy. And I said, well, what would have happened if I... Uh, if I did, you you would have won. What would have happened to everyone? And he said the gods would have their sacrifice. He says something would happen to these people, you know, and they would go, as you say, live on a farm somewhere in the sky. And he said, you know, what, what would ha-? and I said, well, what would happen if it was just that one dude? And he said he would have came and served us, you know, and, and then all these, if you would have lost, all these people would come and serve serve us. And I said, and, and I said, you guys are locked in some kind of battle. And, and he said, I, I can't explain it, Jeremy, because we still got another test. And I said, well, what happens if I win? He said, you, you, he goes, that's doubtful. He, he said, that's doubtful. You'll beat me. And I said, well, what would happen? 
And then people started to gather around, and I think I was more agitated than I thought at first. And he, he, he said, he, I said, well, what happens if I win? I said, do I get you to keep you? And he said, you, he said, you could, he said, and he said, do you really think you can beat me, Jeremy? And I said, I said, I don't know. And he said, he said, he said, why don't you try? And I said, well, what if I refuse? And I said, what you? and then someone said, someone said, refuse what? And they said, he wants me to fight. And the, the people started saying, it's time for Germ to fight the God. And I said, yeah, this guy's some kind of God. Don't worry, folks. I got this. You know, we're going to talk it out, hopefully. And they said, get him, Germ. You know, people, and then the drums, drums started playing. I said, we have drums? I said, what in the heck? It was bah, 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 And he, I said, well, I don't, I don't want to be a part of your, your, your angry God test or whatever. And he said, you're the only one that can save these people, Germ. And he said, I have one last test, one last test for you. And, and, and I said, and he said, you, he goes, you know, it was bad. He goes, he goes, are you ready for it? And I said, I said, I said, I don't know. I said, I said, why do I, I said, ugh. But then everybody started cheering me on, and then part of me started getting really irritated. And I said, I guess I can see why these people gather together. I said, what the heck is wrong with you gods? Like, why are you pitted against these people? But then I looked around, and everybody, was, everybody looked so healthy. And you know, even though it was warriors, I got the sense there wasn't a war. And I said, just warriors, my term, I think that's the main, main you know, main difference. And probably hunters that we had co-opted. I don't know, but, it, you know, it semantics again. And he said, you're the one to save us, Jeremiah. And he was looking at it. He was kind of smiling. But he was dancing a little bit like he was a good boxer. And then part of me was like, I'm going to mess it. I, I said, I'm going to have to take care of some some God business. I said, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But then I heard a, a female voice say, you're our only hope. And at some point, there were some drums, but it, it echoed and, and hit, hit the exact wrong pitch. Where I said, wait a second, whoa, 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 whoa. And I said, this guy's been digging around in my subconscious. I said, he's good. I said, that was Princess Leia. And I said, what the heck he wants me? And then I said, and, I said, and the people were, come on, Jerm, save us. Well, you're the only one. And I said, oh. And then he froze because he saw me. Like, for, I froze, I guess, or I did a pause. And I and, and he, he said, are you going to save these? He said, are you going to take me, Jeremy? Are you going to save these people or not? Are you going to let them all uh, come serve us? Yeah, but the people knew what he meant. They, they muttered something in their own language. And then they let out. Her, and, and then I turned to the people. I said, he said, I need your help. They said, I can't take on this God alone. I said, we need that colored technically... We could coat of many colors. I said, take the, we need it. And I said, it's not, if you, I, I don't know. I made a speech that was so good. I forgot it, unfortunately. It was the heat of the moment. And I said, I, said I, I don't know. But I said, it was basically, I said, come on, let's get this guy. Who does this guy think he is? He's pushing all you around. And then I said, gosh, gosh, gosh. And then boom, everybody, we jumped on him. Somehow they got his coat off him without a ripping. 
And that was it. He was defeated, I guess, because the test was, I don't know what the test was, uh, some sort of unique test. And the people put the, the code around me. And I said, I get to keep this code. Is this no, no, no tricks, right? No tricks I won. He said, you, you, you're the victor, Jerem. You've defeated me. And I said, if I would have lost, uh, I said, I really, I would have been fine though, right? He said, yeah, you would have lived on Pirates of the Caribbean or in some sort of lustful universe forever, you know, with constant lust or constant debauchery as a pirate. And I said, I said, eternally? He said, no, 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 that would be, you know, that would be torture. He said, but a full life. He said, you know, pretty perfect. Uh, near God, like, but he said, yeah, we would have blown a volcano off and taken out these villagers, you know, so we could have them for ourselves. And he said, when, and I said, and I said, well, what now? He said, well, he goes, you can, you know, you get one, 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 one wish. And I said, and the coat, right? And he said, yeah, and the coat. I said, what's the coat do? And he said, you'll have to figure that out. And I said, but I can get you to do anything. He said, no, no, not anything. He goes, uh, he still, he goes, you wanted a combination lust by, and I said, well, it would have been cool, but no, I think I need you for something. First, I got to talk to Lady Witchbeard because I've been thinking about this. I said, you, I said, you're kind of at war. I said, something's going on. And he said, there is germ. And I said, all right, so I went and I found Lady Witchbeard, and she was still ignoring me, but because of the hubbub, she had been sitting by herself, kind of watching it from afar. And I said to her, I said, I said, uh, I said hey, Lady Witchbeard, uh, could, could, I, could I talk to you for a minute? And she said, she said, you, you, you beat the gad germ. And I said, I had to tell a white lie, kind of. I said, maybe more than one, but he was telling me, and he said, Lee, which we need to talk. And she said, all right, German. I said, I'm sorry, I stole, I shouldn't have stole the broom dust. And uh, I apologize, I was wrong. And she said, that's fine, Germ. And, and, and she looked like she was already ready. And I knew, she, I said, okay, that's it. She had that apology, like she was going to, like she was ready to do a piggyback apology where you apologize to someone. So then they apologize to you, like they piggyback on your apology because it's already awkward, but then they're kind of ripping you off. But then you say, well, if you're not going to be mad, but anyways, I, I, had, I had other stuff to say before she could sneak in her piggyback apology. And I said, Lee, which in Atlanta? I said, my mind's racing a bit, but in the, you know, one of those just the right amount of coffee ways. And I said, I started to formulate this plan as I realized I had taken down back and, you know, we had beaten him. But I realized, like, a plan needs a mission. They say, I was starting to think about the A-team, and I said, I wish I had a pl- I wish I remembered the plots of the A-team. But I remember, you know, they would come up with a plan, but that was because they had a mission. But the reason they had a mission is because they had a reason, Lady Witchbeard. You know, they were, they said, well, usually there's a reason, and it's like if somebody's meeting the kids, because they want to keep them away. I said, anyway, she said, I don't watch the A-Team. And I said, I know. And then she handed me the uh, Interstellar DVD. And she said, she said, read the plot on the back of the DVD cover. And I, But I looked on the front, it said, uh, 
interstellar but in, it was like a instead of director's cut or any i said well it was already a director's cut i think it said current circumstances cut i'm not kidding i swear as as you know a plastic you know it said uh interstellar you know it had all the normal but it said uh current you know what do you say current conditions now current circumstances cut i guess current conditions would be if it was raining all you know it'd be raining in the movie the whole time but i read the uh, back of the cover and i can tell you the plotted movie had changed in a way that it disheartened me greatly uh and that's all i'll say about it but for a moment i was at a loss for words because i knew they said well geez if the interstellar the movies changed and I, and I said i can't think about it and I said, I got to focus in. And I said, and I said, well, Lady Witchbeard's trying to do. And I said, Lady Witchbeard, they said, are, are you here on a mission or a quest? And she said, uh, uh, what do you mean, Germ? And I said, you you know exactly what I mean. And she said, no. And I said, I said, you're a pirate. You know what a quest is. And I said, Lady Witchbeard, you know what? A, you know the difference between a mission and a quest. Are you here on a mission or a quest? And he said, because I thought we were here on a quest for vengeance against Cortez or something, a quest. And there was silence. And I guess she was about to answer me, but I think it'd be best to stop here, you know, because they said, Jesus, it's light, but more. We, we talked for a while. So it was so a good spot to stop because, you know, she took so such a long pause. It was so long. It's going to take a, it was a week-long pause in our world. So we'll be back next week. I, I hope you're asleep. But if not, good night. And thanks so much for, for listening. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. Tonight we're proud to present Metastas News, which is kind of a comment. Which is kind of like one of those bed-in-a-bag things you might buy if you're moving into a dorm. Or you have a kid, or you say, geez, I, you know, that's what I buy, bed-in-a-bag. You know, because we got a little bit of everything in here. Uh, it's a sleep, it's, it's made to put you to sleep, uh, priority one. But I'll go through the Colombian TV show Metastasis, which is a remake of the American series Breaking Bad. Uh, but, but it's in Spanish, so I'm going to watch Metastasis twice. Uh, the same episode of Breaking Bad after. I don't speak Spanish, but I'm trying to learn by just watching these shows and, and writing stuff down. Uh, was it, did I have a point in there? So so welcome. You, you may, you, you may, but probably won't learn any Spanish. You might catch some a little bit about Walter Blanco. He's the Colombian Walter White. But that's what I do. But let me, I get off the main path. This is a podcast to put you to sleep. We do it with a discussion of metastasis and Breaking Bad and, you know, Mission Creep. But plenty of lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders. Uh, friendly inane banter by me. Uh, that's how we do it here. But but the main way we do it is is a, I see this is a safe place where you can where I'm gonna intentionally try to take your brain, distract your mind uh, for whatever's got it racing, whatever's got you tossing, turning, thinking, 
concerning. If you're overseused, I'll try not to rhyme. But I, I can't promise I'll do it all the time. Uh, or, you know, you, you something hurts or whatever. I'm going to try to distract you from that. The way I do it is to say, geez, yeah, this is a safe place. And I'm going to do my best to reach across the deep, dark night via podcast and be there for you. And the only way I know how is to follow my curiosity. Because you probably, if this is your first couple times here, you're like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you might even say it faster, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Or maybe you say it even, whoa, 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 sir. What is, what, what's happening here? You're going to watch a... Colombian TV show that's in Spanish. Uh, that's, are you putting us on here? No, no I'm, 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 I'm a serious, it has a sleep issue, and that's a serious issue. And what I'm going to try to do is you know, reach across the deep, dark night here with my voice. Uh, take your mind off of things. Maybe try to, you know, b- b- barely entertain you. Like, can it be an alternative noise running in the background? Say, hey, you, 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 I know it sucks, you're up tossing and turning. I, I know you, you could feel terribly lonely or stressful. Uh, but I'll tell you what, your boar friend, your boar buddy, your boar cuddy, boar cuddy, the old boar cuddy, the captain of the SS Boredom is here. Your boyfriend Scooter, Captain, a.k.a. Boar Cuddy. I'm going to take everything off your mind. I'm going to put it in Boar Cubbies. I'm going to put them in little Boar Cubbies. And I'm going to see, let's see, I thought I had a salient way to describe it. I usually don't, though. But I'm your boyfriend. I'm here to take your mind off of things. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going you know, to have a, try to do a long, drawn-out intro. I'm going to thank some listeners. I'm going to talk about Metastasis once, because the first time I watch it, no subtitles. But, yeah, I say, geez, well, I liked that shirt. Uh, would you know, you know, if you if you fall asleep, you might not know. And I think I'm obsessed with this. I keep bringing it up. But, uh, but either Cielo or Walter Blanco uh, collects... Uh, some sort of ceramic owls. So I'll point things out like that. Not not gripping or shattering stuff. But I'll point, you know, that's the kind of stuff. I'll say, geez, well, you know, who owl collector? What is the owl sim, you know? I'll go on little sides like that. I'll use my lulling, soothing tones. Then I'll watch Metastasis again with Spanish subtitles. I say, geez, what does that word mean? Momento. That sounds a little bit like moment. And then on the second episode, watch you know the second time watching it through, I noticed that this guy was drooling. He said, "Well, yeah, see, I wrote that down. I misspelled, uh, you know, cabroni." And then I'll, after that, I'll watch Breaking Bad. Sometimes I'll watch them in different order, you know, keep it mixed up. And then I'll say, what you And Breaking Bad's such a wonderful show. This uh, Metastasis is pretty damn good itself. And then you follow it up, like, uh, you know, with a Breaking Bad. It's kind of like, I remember when Chuck, not Chucky Fried, I wanted to say Chucky Fried Chicken. 
which I don't think that exists, but maybe it does, you know, somewhere. Yeah, come on down to Chucky. They would probably sue you if you were called Chucky Fried Chicken. I should start that. Chucky Fried Chicken. And while I'm Chucky, this is my chicken place. It's Chucky Fried Chicken. Well, are you frying Chuckies? Yeah, we call it, we chuck them in the fryer. So legally, yes, we're Chucky. They're Chuckies. Uh, but I remember when Chucky Fried Chicken or one of their competitors had a sandwich. And I think they called it the, the Doomsday, the, the, what it was called, the arterial blocker. Because it was two pieces of uh, fried chicken, you know, boneless, with a sandwich. You know, that was the breading of like a bacon sandwich with double cheese. And watching these shows, you say, geez, this is like a double sandwich with bacon cheese. Well, bacon cheese, here, Chucky, Chucky Chicken, Chucky Fried Chicken, we're the only place with bacon fried cheese as well. Uh, bacon, you know, it was, it was, they said, well, the bacon trend was four years ago. Well, Chucky Fried Chicken, we don't believe in trends. We just believe in uh, good fr- fried goodness. And this is the ranger. Going in for Kajucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. Sometimes I get a little silly. I go off of my soothing tones. But Chucky, you know, something about Chuck. But anyway, my, was there a point in there? Barely, barely a point. That's all this podcast has but one, one or two points. And then a whole hell of a lot of nubs. You say, well, geez, that's a, not a point, more of a nub. And I'd say, yeah, this is a, you know, this is a cast of nubs of, a, you know, something resembling a point. But you say, well, geez, that's not a point. Yeah, I'd say, well, yeah, it's a nub. I'm not making a point here. I'm making a nub. Give me, give me a, a 14% of your attention and I'll, uh, you know, I, I won't hammer at home. I'll ball peen at home because that's all I need is a little ball peen. Uh, you know, one of those hammers, I you say, geez, what are you going to hammer with that? A uh, an elf snail. Uh, so that's the podcast. If it's your first time here, it could be it could be confusing. It could be disorienting. Uh, but that's a, is this your if it's your first time here, you're hearing all this stuff. You might be like, wait, just give it a couple tries. I'm I'm as good natured as a per. You know, well. Yeah, I'm doing my best. That's that's what I can say without a doubt. I'm here to do my best to help you fall asleep. I happen to be pretty good at point, pointless asides, and I've suffered from sleepless nights, and, and, and I want to carry you off on my wings of pointlessness. So climb, climb aboard, if you will. I'm glad you're here, and I do, I do hope I help you fall asleep. Good night, or thanks for being here, and then good night, and thank you. Good night. I don't know why I just kept repeating that, but all right, let's keep moving. All right, so we're doing our metastasis uh, episode one run through. I, I can't believe it. It's episode nine already. We're almost at episode 10. And I say, geez, it feels like it's going by fast. I said, uh, I wish I could say that in Spanish, but I can't. Uh, but who knows down the road? So it starts out with like some shots of the countryside, and it looks like I said, "Is that agave?" And then there's the sounds of birds shattering, more plants, 
Uh, there's some chicken coops. There's shells on the ground. I said, who left all those shells scattered about? And then there's some an echo sound. We see Jose's car, and there's the sound of windshield wipers. A faint swish, 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 swish. But faint but persistent or without stop. Swish, 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 swish. And then the show starts. Then we have Henry. He's running a meeting about Tuco. And I said, I put shirt check. I don't know what that means. I didn't uh, write any details. Uh, but don't worry. I know I have some stuff on his shirt coming up down the road here. Uh, I put a very, oh, shirt check, very business for him. It has a faint, ha, faint digital, uh, half-faded grids. The color was tough to see at first. I said, is that a gray or brown? Or a, a green-brown or a gray-brown? And I said, oh, geez, and most people, this would be a shirt I would buy, and then I'd, I'd say, what the hell was I thinking? But again, I'm not Henry, uh, and I, I guess the episode, that was open question, did he pull the, the shirt off? I mean, there's many other more gripping questions, but for me, I kept coming back, because he wore the shirt through the whole episode. And I'm not one of those people that says, hey, did you notice he had a mustache in this part and then not in that part? What, what, I'm not that, I don't have that detail. Uh, but uh, yes, and, and Henry's making jokes. He says, your job is direction, question mark, idea. I don't know what that meant when I wrote it. He talks about a meth go- cartel, then Gomez takes over the meeting. He gives some details on Tuco. He says the word sapo. I said, does that... Uh, uh, but I mean, boss, then Henry does a fake prayer, a very uh, uh, a sweet little prayer like a child would do at bedtime. He shows pictures of Gonzo and the other guy who was fired last week. Uh, he says, Aver, 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 Signores, Aver, Mas Fuerte. And then they do this back and forth chant where they go, Si, Senor, Si, Senor. And Henry's leading this chain. He's like, you know, do you believe in love? And they say, si, senor. Do you believe in, uh, what do you call it, uh, prohibition? Si, senor. And I don't know if he used it to play. Like, who's going to buy me lunch? Si, senor. Uh, but then there's a scene with him and Gomez. They're talking on the stairs. Henry's doing talking, serious talking. Uh, to his partner there. It was something. I didn't know if it was about Walter or Cielo. Oh, no, the next scene is Cielo. She's got pictures of Walter. Uh, she's there with Ramon. Now, I don't know if I wrote it down in the red pen run-through, but this dude looked like an action star, this Ramon character. So I don't know if he like uh, Jason Statham-esque quality to him. He didn't look like Jason Statham. That's not what I'm saying. But he had a Statham-esque hardness. Maybe reminded me a little bit of the muscles from Brussels. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, but, but he looked, you know, a lot of these older action stars have uh, 
uh, had had hard middle ages. It seems like you know, which is uh, you know you don't hear about that. They say, "Geez, you hit a rough patch in middle age." Uh, but Jason, Jason Statham, he's he seems like he's he's not fading. So maybe Ramon is the Colombian uh, Statham. He might be. I don't know the actor's name, but he looked pretty tough. But he uh, Henry comes in during Ramon's interview, and it's about Walt being missing. He said, "Geez, we can't find Walt." And Cielo and Walt Jr. are there. Cielo kind of, she doesn't seem like she knows something. They also wrote, Ramon has a puffy jacket on. It seemed like he'd be warm inside with his puffy coat. Uh, but then I noticed further, Henry had his jacket on inside too. I said, well, geez, what is, now I'm aware that it's winter. It's cooler. It's a higher altitude where they are. But I said, you still, you're going to wear your jacket inside theater. You know, is that a cultural thing? Because the hosts did not have their jackets on. Uh, and then Cielo starts to get upset, and then she gets insistent about something. I also said Ramon has a very low voice. Said it was me. Said Walter White. Uh, is that me? I don't know if I can even do it to Action Man voice. Uh, then we're outside, Henry kind of asked Ramon for a favor or a secret or something. I couldn't tell. Uh, then we cut to the next scene. Tuco's throwing out everybody's cell phones and their batteries. He's saying chingados Chinga, or whatever he says all the time. Chingados, that's what I put. And then Walt and Jose, are, they're, they're cuddled up like two bugs in a rug, the two of them, snuggle time. And they're just lying there in snuggle position, and Walt's ha- is having a dream that Cielo's coming to him, all dressed in white, like a little angel, a pregnant angel. Is that black, like, hey, we better even pray, pray. Just, just the only thing I said was pregnant angel. I didn't start to overthink it. But my curiosity is just digging its claw. It's saying, pregnant angel, you got to keep talking about this. A pregnant angel is gold material. We could take that so many different directions. And I say, no, not pregnant. We can't talk about pregnant angel's brain. And he's like, I'm not your brain. I'm your creative child. You can't, you can't block my need to talk about pregnant angels right now. You're supposed to, your job is to foster my creativity. And I said, we cannot talk about pregnant angels. And why would an angel be pregnant? And holy, okay, so let's move. But no, don't tamp down my curiosity about how this angel got pregnant. And I would say, well, in this situation, it's just, it's not a pregnant angel, actually. It's Cielo. And then it's not Cielo, it's just Tuco. Walt was just kind of having a dream. And Tuco says, hey, let's go. He says, Odole. He says, let's go. Quit snuggling. We got stuff to do. Chingata madre. And he walks him up to this kind of two-story uh, concrete building. And then we have a little bit of a, what is it called? How do I not know what this is called? When you have music playing and a character is doing something. I should have, I should know what that is off the top of my head, but I don't. But Cielo's there. She's. I want to say homage. That's wrong. 
But she's there, the music's playing, she's handing out flyers about missing Walt, Walt being missing. I put she has a nice blue shirt on, it looked good on her. And then Maria's with her for part of it, and then they're in the car talking. And at some point she says, thanks, with all respect, uh, por favor, no, okay? Uh, so please, and Maria tries to bring something up, and, uh, Cielo shoots her down. Please, please, not right now. And then we have all Jr. He's trying to get his toothpaste out of his uh, toothpaste tube. And I think it runs out or something. He's looking around for extra toothpaste. He almost finds the stuff that Walt hid. Uh, you know, that, that brand new deadbolt for the door to keep his family safe. But he doesn't. And then we're at, I said, Tuco's Carport Funhouse Watching. I don't know what that means. Tuco's Camp Out. Oh, yeah, maybe that's it. Tuco's Camp Out Funhouse. And they were watching Formula One style racing with this older man. And then my memory said, okay, I'm starting to remember some of this. And he's got a bell on his wheelchair. Then Tuco brings water in. And Walt, I said, geez, Walt and uh, Jose and Miguel, they fight over the water, but Walt takes it first. Gulps it. He like just says, this is my water, Jose. And then I put, and I'm sorry for my language here, but I put, holy fucking shirt, Tuco, uh, two stars, which in my handwriting means eight stars. But, you know, I said two stars is all I need to see to know. And this shirt, I probably have more written it here. It was sweet. Like, I was like, this is a shirt you could wear at all occasions. It wasn't over the top. Uh, but Tuco, he wants to see their wallets, their keys. He sees it. Walt throws out his little fake mess. He finds out Walt's real name. I put his show, T.O. I don't know what that meant. Oh, he shows his uncle. He finds a condom in Jesse's wallet. He gets a kick out of that. And then I said, his shirt is Western, but dressy. And again, I'm not a style maven. I barely know. But I said, well, maybe because I'm not speaking the language. I'm, I'm paying. I said, well, I am noticing clothes for once in my life. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he, uh, what did I say? His shirt's Western, but dress. He wipes off his uncle's face. Oh, and then I put, I really jumping around. And then it's a white or white blue with a floral pattern shirt. And then I put, he talks to Walt knows Jose Miguel and his uncle. He stands, he makes this wild, wild speech. And then I put, he has a gem on the breast of his shirt, something that looks like a gem. And he really wants to know where Gonzo is. He's like, I can't, something about Gonzo. And then he, he checks out the meth the guy's brought, but he doesn't like the smell of it. He says, he says, what's in here, Jose? And then tells Yas oh Heisenberg, he says, hey, we're going to Mexico. And Tuco talks about his love of Mexico. Oh, boy, I love it there. And they don't want to go. He's like, wait, you don't like Mexico? And he really gets mad about that. And then he says, oh, I want some meth. And he, then he opens a new poison meth. Maybe he, he took some meth earlier, blue meth. And he says, what's in it? Jose says, cafe. Tuco's like, I don't drink coffee. It gives me the jitters. No thanks. I just do crazy blue stuff. 
which he does, and then he just acts crazy. And then I added he and then to go act super crazy. And then we're at a family meeting with Cielo, Maria, and Henry. Really good acting in this scene. I liked it. That Junior's there, but he's going somewhere. There's a great shot of the owls here, like a wider shot than before, but it's to the right. So all we can see is two white chicken-like owls with paint. They're painted. Uh, and then on green, oh, oh, on green, own one, one or two green plus three white or off white. And one seemed like it had the hands behind its back. I said, and one looked like it was dancing. I think these are the uh, owls that somebody at this house collects. Uh, so owl update. Now the other update is that, and, and I can't stop thinking about this: is that when we first met Tuco, he had a ventriloquist dummy in his safe. And I'm saying, geez, did the Tuco in the U.S. Breaking Bad have a ventriloquist dummy? Is it something that gets answered later on? Or was that the only time we're ever going to see it? So when, because I really just can't stop thinking about that ventriloquist dummy in the safe. And, you know, doing material with Tuco with a ventriloquist dummy. But figuring out how to do it without it being offensive is a challenge. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But Maria says something during the family meeting, and Henry whispers to her to keep it quiet. And then they seem like they're talking about the second uh, cell. Henry's wearing the same shirt, in case you're wondering. I put, the color's no good, but on him it looks good. And then I put, you know, Henry looks a little bit like Mr. Bean, I noticed. In my opinion, I don't know a lot about Mr. Bean. I've known a couple of Mr. Bean lovers. I don't get anything again. I, I did not. Rowan Atkinson or Martin or something, right? Maybe. He seemed like a really funny guy. And now that it wasn't my cup of tea, I just never saw. I don't think I ever saw any. I've seen a couple of Mr. Bean's uh, scenes. And seems hilarious. I just never, you know, not, I just never. It's not that I didn't get into it. I wasn't exposed to it enough. Uh... You know, to be like, oh boy, remember Mr. Bean goes to the shopping mall? It, Henry's just like him in that one. Uh, then Henry's trying to be honest with Cielo, but put a good spin on it. But then Maria brings up marijuana, and she does this Henry, and then points at him. And then she kind of starts acting like a prosecutor, it seemed like. And that shuts the conversation right down. And then Henry drives up to a big house. At first, I, I didn't know where. I said, what the heck is this? And there's a maid there. I said, coffee. Then there's a woman in a blazer. Again, I'm dense. And then uh, I noticed again, Henry was wearing his coat in the house. And then they were talking about Jose Miguel. He said, oh, this is probably his mom. And then he asks if Jose said anything about Walter Blanco, Blanco. She says yes. And she seems to be like, are you saying Walter or Jose Miguel had something to do with this disappearance? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. And then Henry gets in his car. He makes a call about Jose Miguel. And then we have a cooking scene, short one. It looked like pretty good cooking. It's Tuco cooking. Then I put walk watching a oh, Walter maybe is watching a Canadian geese TV show 
And him and Jose Miguel are just arguing back and forth, almost slapstick. Uh, pretty funny about what move to make. Uh, and then there's a Tuco report on the TV channel. So it like changes the channel the whole time. The uncle's there, you know, and he seems catatonic, but his eyes are open. And then they argue more. And they come up with some kind of plan and they're whispering uh, while he cooks. Uh, Walt kind of tests the, the uncle's sight and the uncle doesn't react. Uh, Tio's sight, Tio's mind, I put he tested. And then they whisper the plan and they grab the mat. They try to put it in his food and they plan it right in his burrito. And then the uh, uh, uncle, Tio, rings the bell uh, right before Tuco eats it. And, and everybody's like, what? He's like, what? And then he rings it twice. And there's such great tension in this scene. And then Tuco switches burritos with him. He's like, oh, you mine's bigger. Let's switch. And then uh, the uncle shoves the food on the floor. And he points at water, Walter. And there's such tension I also put Tuco still has no ass. I said, Jesus, guy's got no ass. He's a flat ass. And then he has a leather jacket on. I put that one's it's pretty sweet, badass jacket. Uh, he rings the bell. He says, no te gusta, Walter. And then the guy rings the bell. He says, why? What'd you do to my tío? And he starts getting really mad at Walt. And then Jose says something. So then he starts going after Jose. And he's, he says, Jose, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fire you. I'm going to escort you to your car and send you off. You're no longer a employee of Tuco Trump Enterprises. Uh, Walt goes, he's like, hey, let's not fire him. I kind of like him around, you know. And then Jose Miguel says, hey, I'm going to tap you, uh, you know, with a magical spell of non-firing. Uh, but then he, he says, oh, no, my power to fire people is what makes me powerful. And uh, I noticed they were in the hills above the city. It was a cool shot. And then they're like, okay, now that he can't fire us, let's leave. And he says, vamos. And then they say, well, we don't have the keys. And then they like, oh, Tuco has them. Let's go see. He said he was going to take a nap. He was so depressed about not being able to fire anybody. And then they notice a car coming up. I had a little bit of a problem with this with Walt not knowing whose car it was. But like a couple of school kids drinking in a field, they run and hide. And then Tuco wakes up. He says, hey, I'm going to do some meth and see who's driving up to my private property. And then it turns out it's Henry. He's like, hey, I'm looking for a Jose Miguel. And then he's like, oh, wait, this is Tuco. And he tries to arrest him. Uh, I put Scorpion Showdown, uh, but then Tuco turns the wipers of Jesse's car on. He figures that. He's like, that'll get me out of being arrested. But Henry says, you're fired from the earth forever. And then Walt sees Henry. He's like, Henry? And then he runs, 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 runs as fast as he can, just like a gingerbread mess cook. And Jose Miguel runs with him. And that was the end of the episode, all right? All right, so we're doing our red pen run through here. My handwriting is Niagara Sunovia. I put, uh, there was a nice spider web at, at the chicken coop. Uh, there was good music and there was nice chicken sounds, chicken clucking sounds. 
at some point, it was the uh, uh, future, uh, but there was people walking on the hill by Tuco's house. And I said, who are those people? Uh, things were said like, Estuverion, Naciente, Insumos, Trier, uh, Sunobia, as I said, Shupir Hueso, uh, Trijan, Sapo, here's a, here's a, Saber, here's a long one, E.K. Brie, Para El La Luz, Perpetutuia, uh, Bueno Listo, Ya, uh, Cambamos Con Eso. I think that was, uh, Henry's little prayer, his little child's prayer. Uh, also said it was Pistas, uh, En Contra, Lava Peros, Yalindo Golpe, uh, Final Feliz, Last Christmas, maybe? Uh, Usted e Oyo Un Zumbido de Moscos, uh, Ba a Haber que Fumigar Aca, uh, No Less We Go, We Go, We Go, Oh, Oh, We Go, We Go, Oh, Oigo. Uh, and then things were said like Yoda, Yoda, uh, no cero que, uh, de pronto Walter, cualquier, cu, 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 cuibo, uh, vale. uh, gracias por cubrime, uh, 77 kilos, that's how much Walter weighs or did weigh. Uh, hi, Sabido de Alguna Amenaza. No. Uh, depression de Malhenio. Uh, Pasaba. Robo. Uh, Salte. Uh, de que esa llamada. Uh, bell rings. Huberia. Existi, existido, otra vez, uh, car shaking, I don't know what that meant. Oh, I think it was funny that uh, Jose and Walter were snuggled in the car, they were moving the car around. Uh, ah, estaba, aporach burradito. A-P-A-C-H-U-R-R-A-D-I-T-O-R. Uh, no me toque pirobo. Uh, que no ne toque. Uh, close up of those guys' faces when they're snuggled up was good. Uh, boltor, boldor. Arense, uh, no lo atiga, I-T-A-G-A, no lo atiga, uh, para adentro, adentro, para adentro, that got said a bunch, uh, junior, uh, ya esta inbrimindo mas, uh, Maria wants to resolve the whole tiara thing, but, uh, Cielo's like, please no. Uh, uh, Walt was trying to, when they, when Tuco asked for their wallets, Walt really tried to be smooth and throw the meth out there too. Like, oh, I'm emptying my pockets out, the, the bad meth. 
Uh, but with CEO, I think that's wallets. I think this is what Tuco says when he finds the condom. I piche lurioso estoy seguro que lo usas con puro machia putito. I don't know what that means. Uh, he also says uh, ominously, Me gusta hacer negocios con un hombre de familia. Uh, Tuco's rocking a gold cross as well. Uh, he says, Rey cojan sus cosas uh, porque será lo siento en su all polvo uh, podrio. Uh, no llave, pero eso está buenísimo. Patea como una mula. Uh, I don't know what that... We'll, we'll learn, though, you know. Chuco uh, is very specific. He says, you know, Jose Miguel at some point says, Well, I've been to Cancun. And Chuco says, you know, Cancun is not Mexico, bro. That's some tourist trap. It's not the real Mexico. Uh, pas, pay... Sahe, uh, chingado de cosas. Talks about a super lab. He loves the azul mess. He says, I love the azul. Olido, we stay, uh, discutir, uh, volantes, adentro, uh, si sea grande, uh, dijo es algo. Amante, oh, I put a Maria series of Walters, a pot addict, uh, Trace Guevas, I don't know what that means, uh, uh, Bastamate, Sobrino, Joven, Pistas, he looks up, oh, I put a, uh, Henry at some point looks up Jose Miguel's car on the computer or the phone or something. At one point, Walt, whatever idea Jose came up with, Miguel, oh, when he, he said it was cafe, you should have seen Walt's face. And then as soon as he said, Jose, you're so stupid, your ideas are so dumb. And he said, this Walt, Walter Blanco, Walter White, is not a nice man sometimes, as much as we love him. And I noticed that Tuco, when he was cooking the second time, he was really dancing. He's a cooking, dancing kind of guy. Uh, so not all, you know, is, uh, all the bad sides of meth are bad. But, you know, if you're cooking and dancing, there's still a lot of side effects, though. Uh, Walt and Jose arguing over whose who's, uh, who's life is worth more. That was pretty funny. Uh, trying to follow that. Trato... And Piercy Cohn, K. Veo a Heisenberg, muy descolorido. Uh, dicho, I put a shaking finger. Uh, uh, do not, oh, do, it was not in focus. It was coming into focus and out of focus when Tuco was yelling at Walter, shaking his finger at Walter. Oh, no, it was the uh, uncle's finger. When he was pointing at Walter at the high height of the tension, it was a, a nice change in focus. And I noticed, uh, as, as I was following with the subtitles, I think Tuco said, Tio, is it the man with hair or no hair? Uh, like he says, uh, un, un timbrazo significa si, uh, one bell 
signifies yes. I figured that one out just now. No le hicimos nada, no me mate. And then uh, I put, yeah, surprise Walton, no Henry's car at the end. I liked Henry kept his door open, very police procedural. And then he says, quieto, quieto. I don't know if that means calm or quiet. And that's it for the red pen run through. We ran through round two with a red pen. Okay, so the episode opens, and there's similar to Metastasis, there's all these uh, uh, shots of of a desert. It's more deserty here in the Albuquerque area. Uh, and this is more junkyardy. There's train tracks. There's strange, uh, strange like uh, industrial equipment, engine blocks. There's a pumping sound going, a mechanical pumping sound. Uh, there's those old T-shaped uh, laundry lines, rusted and forgotten. Uh, I wrote down some word I can't read. It looks like wassing. Uh, there's a uh, uh, oh, washing machines. There's a couple old washing machines. There's bottles hanging from uh, trees, uh, tied to trees. There's an old rattle. And then we see uh, a shadow kind of going up and down. We're like, is that a water pump? What is that? And we hear the churning noise, the churn, churn, churning noise. And then we see the back of a low rider bumping. We're like, oh, okay. And then we see the colors. We're like, it's Jesse's low rider. And then we see the uh, license plate. It says the captain. And we're like, oh, okay, it's Jesse's car. And then the next, and we see some other stuff. We say, okay, something happened with Jesse's car. A little fender bender, possibly. Just a, a tiny Fendi fender bender. A Fendi poo. The old Fendi bendy poo. And then the next scene is uh, Hank, and he's got a picture of Tuco. And he's, he's talking about uh, Tuco Salamanca raiding his headquarters, uh, nailing a bunch of his people. It's like post-raid. Uh, he's got a, 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 I put a study face on. I don't know what I meant there. And he, he starts to talk like Hank, which can be funny, but for some people it might be a little offensive. But he says, you know, I got a big, big heart on for catching this Tuco. Apologies to the HR department. He said he grows. I said, I'm surprised this word's in Hank's vocabulary because I don't know what it means. I think it's a big word. I said, it must be dirty, but he said he grows tumescent with anticipation. And I honestly, I said, maybe, is that like, uh, and then I said, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I said, it's probably dirty. And I noticed there's like a, a lot of different cops, uh, ages, uh, beat cops, old grizzled detectives, a nice, nice level of diversity, uh, I noticed that Hank, uh, his shirts can't compete with Henry's or Tuco's. Hank's shirt was, I just put blah, whatever shirt he was wearing wasn't uh, great. I think it was an orange knit shirt. But then he's like, boom, we got evidence here. We got a print of uh, Tuco. And then Hank starts to pump up the troops. He says, you know, do you want to find this guy? He's really acting. Uh, it's good acting where he's acting excited. And then he says, are we going to find this guy? And they're like, yeah. What do they say? Oh, they say, hell yeah. 
And he's like, I can't hear you. And like, hell yeah. And then in a, I mean, uh, Breaking Bad is so good. Cause then uh, I didn't even mean that as a joke, but, but then the next scene is like uh, Hank and Gomi Gomez, they're walking and Hank says, uh, we ain't going to find that dude. He he's in, he's in Mexico now. And Gomez is like, what? He's like, appearances, Gomi. And then they start to talk. You could tell there's something on Hank's mind. And they, he says, uh, he says, you know, I got to I gotta take some time off of work, and even though this is a middle of a bust here. And he's very stone-faced. But Gomez, he almost, I said, this is a good partner, this Gomi. Because he looks concerned but cap-like. Like, okay, not too much emotion, but I'm feeling you, Hank. Uh, but that's where we learn that Walt's gone missing. And then we have a few more cutaway scenes. Like we have a shot of uh, Hank's SUV, which is an important shot for later reference, pulling up to Walt's house. There's a Crown Victoria or some, you know, unmarked cop car out front. And then unlike in uh, Metastasis, Hank searches, or yeah, Hank breaks into Walt's car. He doesn't actually break into it. He finds the spare key. You know, he looks for a hide a key. And then he goes through Walt's car. He smells the headrest to see if Walt's having an affair. He rifles around. And then he goes in the house, and then the, the, this uh, officer is interviewing uh, uh, Skyler and Walt Jr. Now, I, I did not have a chance to look up. I, I find this officer's name is Tim. He's a detective, probably not an officer. And I didn't have a chance to look up the actor's name, but really one of these actors that you, when you see him, you say, oh, I love that guy. Uh, and we'll see him more, you know, as the series unfolds. I think he, he, he plays a, a part in a few big episodes. But Tim's there on his day off. He's trying to help. Uh, 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 I always, now that I see Ello and Skyler, I get mixed up with Skyler. And he's asking the hard questions, you know, how's Walter's state of mind? Has he been depressed? Uh, I notice Marie, or I'm sorry, Skyler gets a little bit agitated. Uh, Hank kind of watches from behind. A couple times he frowns. And then as Tim asks questions, he's kind of stone-faced and watching for um, Skyler's reactions. Uh, but he definitely seems interested as well. And then they talk about the phone call. And then him and uh, Tim and uh, Hank look at each other like, what, Kay, a phone call? And I also noticed uh, you could definitely tell, even though Metastasis is very well made, uh, this episode is where you start to see the, 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 the sky-high level of production of Breaking Bad. Just in the way they frame the shots and the way the camera's moving a little bit and just the way it's lined up, uh, you know, how they, they're framing the actors and getting these, these, these bigger close-ups. Uh, headshots I put. Uh, then the next thing is we have uh, Tim and Hank outside and they're talking about this second cell phone. Uh, and like, oh boy, a second cell phone, that's never a good sign. But they're like, okay, well, let's look into it. Uh, and then right after the cell phone, you see a cell phone flying and Tuco's throwing the cell phones. He's getting rid of all the cell phones. And then Tuco's shirt Holy moly, both of these Tucos are so well-dressed. 
This Tuco, he has on a, a, a fake snakeskin dress shirt. It, it, it just is a phenomenal shirt. He, he, this Tuco smokes, so he lights a cigarette. I put, uh, he looks around the junkyard and he takes his time. You know, we, we know Walt and Jesse are snuggled up, you know, in the car, snuggled up like two little bugs in a rug. They were going, um, they were sleeping head to toe. So, you know, but he takes his time, he smokes, he thinks about getting him out of the car. And then we have a close-up shot inside the car. Walt and Jesse are both very sweaty. And Walt's coughing. Uh, Jesse's shoe is right in Walt's face because they're head to toe. And then Walt starts to drift off. I also noticed, I said, does Walt have bifocals on? Or what are those called with the splits? Uh, but Skylar comes to Walt, an angel named Skylar, and she's dressed in white, and she says, I understand, Walt, I understand. And she looks a little bit like a goddess or an angel. And then the Tuco starts dealing with them. Now, it might be my inability to speak Spanish, but Jesse Pinkman seemed way more rebellious uh, than Jose Miguel, but I could be wrong about that. And he wants nothing to do with Tuco. But he he takes him out of the car. There's some great uh, landscape shots behind the guys. Big sky, uh, big desert, uh, beautiful, beautiful clouds in the sky. And then in the background, you know, we have shots of, like, the engines and some uh, water pumping equipment. Really, really, really atmospheric. Uh, then we have the Skylar scene where she's handing out the flyers. And uh, I noticed she handed out some flyers at Taco Sales. So anybody in the Albuquerque area, you know, send me a picture from of you eating at Taco Sales if it still exists. And then her and Marie get into the car. Uh, her and Marie get in the car, and it, it's uh, Marie says she she tries she tries to test it. She says, "Hey, what what's up? Are we gonna get some more posters?" And they're like, "Well, Walt Junior's making some more." And Marie says, "Well, I don't. Th- I think Walt's gonna be okay. He's not the kind of person that would you know send himself to live on a farm. Uh, he's gonna turn out." And then, but she, you know, Marie, she's only worried about Marie. She says. Uh, okay, the whole tiara thing, I just find uh, bewildering that uh, you didn't... Be- and then Skylar shuts it. She's like, not now, Marie. I can't deal with your bullshit. Uh, she doesn't say that, but, but I, you know, I said it. So then we're back at Tuco's house. He gets the guy's wallets, and he sees that Walt is uh, not Heisenberg. He's like, Walter Hartwell White? And Walt's like, well, it's a, it's a pseudonym, a business name. And uh, then he sees, he says, I like doing business with a family man. And he's like, can I trust you guys? Because I got raided by the DEA. Um, I noticed a couple other things uh, uh, scenery-wise. One, they're watching a TV show where a genie seems to be on trial. Uh and I said, what TV show is a Spanish language TV show? Like I know in the, there was like a Christmas movie where Santa Claus was on trial. And this seemed to be uh, where a genie was on trial. I don't know. Uh, but there was like a lot of good close-up shots of Tio, the uncle. 
and uh, Walt and Jesse just looking hot and lethargic. And that's when Tuco brings the water over and, and Walt just steals the water from Jesse. Uh, I thought it was nice that Tuco kissed his uncle. Uh, Tuco does a lot of thinking a lot of times. Like when he was thinking about Walt's business name, he said, hmm. And when Tuco said collateral, you know, there was a nice shot of Walt really grimacing. And another thing was the TV audio of the genie in Spanish on trial was very nice. It was a nice extra layer uh, against the scene as they built this tension here. And then Tuco was really moving around. He's squatting next to his uncle. He's squatting uh, on the other side of his uncle. And he's like, you know, Gonzo is ratting me out. And they're like, oh, yeah, Gonzo, you know. It's totally Gonzo. What what a jerk. But I mean, but really, they were like, Gonzo, he's not a police informant. He uh, he went to live on a farm with no-nos. They, they ran away to a farm together to live there forever. Uh, but Tuco's got, you, you got to rewatch it. Tuco's like, you know, they're out there. They got black ops guys looking for me. And then he's like, I'm going to get good and high. And then the Walt, when Walt pulled out his wallet, he tried to be all smooth with the meth. And then Tuco smells it. He's like, what is this stuff? It's, uh, it stinks. It smells like head cheese, he said. And then Tuco's like, well, let's, I'm going to take you guys to Mexico. Or maybe just, Walt, Jesse, you'll live with my uncle forever and ever. And we'll have a nice super lab going. You know, we'll, we'll get a super lab going. Uh, I know Tuco does a lot of head tapping. Uh, when he when he gets upset, he does a little spitting. And then at one time he says, hey, Jesse, shut up. And Jesse says, oh, okay, okay. And when they're talking about Mexico, Walt's like, well, I can't really go to Mexico. And Tuco's like, you're going there. And then he's like, what's this mess over here? And Jesse's like, I cooked it. It's uh, it's a killer. Seriously. I was like, oh, boy, you guys are witty. That's funny. But then he uh, he's like, what's in it? And Jesse's like, chili powder. He's like, oh, I hate chili powder. Walt was so mad at Jesse. It was uh, it was hilarious. And then uh, Tuco had another line. He said, uh, all right, Jesse, time to clean the menudo out between your ears, which uh, don't think about it too much, what it means. But he, Walt says, no, Jesse's my buddy, Tuco. I, I like to keep him here. I need him very, very badly. And then Tuco talks about his cousins being on the way which those of us have seen the show already say, oh boy, those cousins. And then we have a little family meeting with uh, uh, the adults. Uh, we have Marie, we have uh, Skylar, and we have Walt, and then, I mean, not Walt, uh, Hank. So it's tough to get all these characters, you know, with similar names straight for me. Uh, but, but, but Walt Jr. is on his way to hang out with this mysterious Lewis who, if anybody will ever be on the podcast, it'll definitely be Lewis on this podcast. But he's going to the train station with Lewis to put up signs. And uh, we get another really great acting scene here uh, where they're like, hey, Skyler, why don't you go take a nap? I noticed Marie had her earrings, her shirt, and her purse matched. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. But, you know, they say Marie is not good at uh, calming people down. 
But then Marie says, well, what about the second cell phone? And Hank's like making a face like, Marie, don't, what are you doing? And she's like, we can't ignore a clue, Hank. And Marie, I have a note here, her earrings were giant purple circles. And then Hank's like, well, it's just Walt has a secret. You know, everybody has a secret. And somebody's like an affair and Marie's like, Walt, please. And then she's like, Hank, you need to question the drug dealer. It's a pot related. And everyone's like, there's no such thing as a pot addict, Marie. And she's like, Hank, interview this drug dealer. Track him down. So the next scene is Jesse's mom working in the garden. She's got one of those giant gardening hats on that screams upper class, you know, or gardener, you know, or a smart person that wants to stay out of the sun. And then they go and he's like, hey, can I talk to you? And they sit on these nice green wicker chairs. And they, I said, geez, they must spend a lot of time outdoors because uh, they also had the uh, lawn chairs that Jesse fell in the first time he came home. But he says, hey, I want to talk about Walter White. He taught your son in high school. And she's like, oh, Mr. White, I remember him. And he's like, I think him and Jesse are still in touch. And she's like, really? Uh, that sounds a little pervy. And she's like, well, he must have seen some potential in Jesse. He really tried to motivate him. He was one of the few teachers who cared. And Hank's like, yeah, Walt, well, that sounds like Walt. And she's like, I'm sorry, he's sick. Uh, pass along our wishes. He's like, well, he's sick and missing. And we're trying to find anyone that can know him. Could you put me in touch with your son for a lead? And she's like, are you with the cops? He's like, oh, no, I'm not with the cops. Do I look like a cop? No, actually, I'm with the DEA. And she's like, oh, God, am I in trouble? And he's like, I don't think so. And he's like, I'm just here, you know, on personal business. I don't care what your son's done. I just want to find Hank. And, you know, he's got a wife. He's got a baby on the way. And she's like, I haven't seen, you know, Jesse in a while. He, you know, he dropped out. And he's like, and he says, I asked about Jesse's car. And he wants to know if it has a low jack, which was an old pre-cell phone technology or, you know, to track cars. Uh, but they talk. And then Hank gets in the car. He says, Gomez, let's track this car down. Uh, you, they use the term ridiculous bouncing car. I thought that was nice. But then we're back at Tuco's and Jesse and Walt are arguing. What could be more wonderful than those two at each other's hilarious? And Walt's like, I can't believe you You said chili powder was in there. And uh, Jesse's like, whatever, I tried. And he's like, why didn't you bring the uh, the thing with us? And he's like, well, I hid it at my house. Uh, they're like, they're going back and forth. What are we going to do? There's really nice reflections from the sunlight, uh, filtering through these curtains on Jesse and the uncle, uh, re really nice, uh, movie level stuff here. And then there's a news report about, uh, Tuco curtains in the wind. I think that's what it did. I just say that that's what I meant. And uh, Walt changes the, the channel, but the uncle kind of grimaces a little bit, or he's been grimacing the whole time. I don't know. Uh, I said I noticed there's a fly swatter there. Uh, Walt checks the uncle to see how lucid he is, uh, and he's like, "What are we gonna do?" He, he goes, uh, "We're gonna crack him over the head with a fly swatter, Jesse." 
And then Jesse's like, you know, you should be the one to, to do something because I'm young and you've got cancer. And Walt, you know, I love Walt, but very, he's like, I don't care about your life, Jesse. I care about mine and my family's, no offense. And they go back and forth. So, so Laurel and Hardy. I wonder if, uh, if Vince Gilligan's a Laurel and Hardy man or a Abbott and Costello man or the other guys. But, you know, it doesn't matter because it's just great uh, two-man humor. Uh, also, Walt uh, had a calculator watch on again. Uh, there's a guy uh, playing a guitar on a TV singing. That was nice. Uh, Tuco's cooking and moving and, and using some flambe action to cook and, you know, getting high. And then Walt, Walt thinks of something, and then it's lunchtime. And Walt really risks it, but he sneaks something into Tuco's food. And uh, it's really, really high tension. you got to see it to believe it. But the music's playing on the TV in the background. Tuco's getting annoyed with his uncle. And he's like, "Don't." he was T-O-I-E first, then you eat. Because the T-O starts ringing that ominous bell. And then there's a bur you know, the T.O. knocks the burrito down and points at Walt. And he's like, he's just like, you could cut that tension with a knife. And then the next scene, you know, Tuco's testing out his, uh, his stuff and doing bumps. And then the uncle's ringing the bell. He's like, hey, Tuco, what's up? Or he says, hey, uncle, what's up, uh, T.O.? And notice on the TV... There was like some sort of strange drawing class how to do one of those paintings where you can flip it in either like a, one of those uh, uh, optical illusion painting, I think. And Uncle's staring at Walt, staring at Walt. And uh, he's like, what are you, mad dog in a month, uh, T.O.? And uh, then this acting by Raymond Cruz just goes, is just off the charts. He says, what, you don't like him? You don't trust him? Uh, and Walt's like, well, he's demented. He's not lucid. And he goes, uh, he, his, his, his amplification and stuff. He goes, uh, did they do something to you? You didn't like it. And ring, ring. You know, what did they do? And uh, like nothing, nothing. And he goes, well, he goes, well, shit, my T.O. does not lie. But he says it nothing like that. And then Walt's like, well, I changed the channel on his TV. I mean, what do you want from me? Uh, I also noticed the art teacher had a butterfly shirt on, which made me think of Bernie the Butterfly. And then Jesse's like, well, he was watching one of those telenovels, and he was into it with all the uh, eye candy. And then he's like, is that it? Do they change your mamitas? Is that what you're telling me? Are you punking me, Jesse? He's like, no. And then he's like, you know what, Jesse, I think you should go live on a farm now. And and then it, it kind of gets chaotic because he says, well, let's go outside. we got a farm right outside. You can live with the chickens now. You know, run like a free puppy dog with all the dogs from your childhood forever. And he says, uh, what do you think about that, Jesse? And Jesse says, well, I still got the condom in my wallet. I'd like to use that first, you know. And Tuco says, no, no, I think you'll go now. And then they're arguing back and forth. And then Tuco's like, I want the truth. What's going on? And and he says, uh, Walt says, you know what? We tried to poison you, man, because you're a dirtbag. 
And then they get in, you know, then it's a little more chaos. And then Tuco, Jesse says to Tuco, why don't you go live on the farm? Maybe. He goes, we're going to leave. And then they go get in the car. But, of course, they don't have the keys. And then they hear a car coming. They're like, it's the cousins. Oh, my goodness. And they go and hide. Oh, I also noticed in Jesse's car he had red dice. And uh, uh, his car was the one that had the Mary statue. I finally I said, okay, this is Mary statues in his car. And then I put something that I cannot read my notes. It says, Tuco Drive to Serve Vice. S-U-V-V. But I think it's like Tuco's going to take the car. He says, I'm going to drive to heaven, I think, and see if they'll let me in. And, you know, say some apologies. Uh, okay, I just figured it out. Thanks to Lida. But it, it's uh, Tuco just has this drive to survive. And he says, you know, I don't think I'll go to heaven. I think I'll, you know, make sure my T.O. has something to eat. And then Hank pulls up. He says, hey, Jesse Pinkman, you're a hard man to find. And, you know, that's kind of uh, code for, hey, I'm, I'm, you're in trouble. And then he says, oh, wait a second, you're, you, Jesse Pinkman's a very skinny build. You're more of a, a, a manly build, and you have a snakeskin shirt on. Jesse usually wears hoodies. And he says, oh, it's Tuco. And then they, they make eye contact, and it's beautiful, beautiful. Oh, it's so good to watch. I mean, it's intense. Believe me, it's intense. But... uh they stare each other down, and they're, they're, they're making their moves. But at some point, you see Hank's professional level because he just turns to total ice. It was uh, His face went from, uh, how am I going to handle this, to total. Well, he, he, Hank goes into total uh, professional officer mo- mode. And then uh, you have Walt and Jesse, once they see that it's Hank and that Tuco does go, Say, hey, I think I'll go run with my baby chickens from back when I was a little kid. I want to visit them. And Hank says, yeah, go ahead, Tuco. I'll help you go visit those baby chickens from little, when you were little, Tuco. Uh, but he says, uh, uh, so once Walt knows that, he says, holy crap, it's Hank. We got He just runs, and then Jesse runs after him. And then we see Hank at Jesse's car. Jesse's car is still bouncing, but the battery slowly dies off. Uh, and once the juice of the battery of the car dies, we hear this one last bell, you know, from Tio, like, hey, uh, somebody come change the channel. And then during the credits, there's this wonderful, wonderful bell music, uh, which was cool. And then that was it. That was the end of the episode. So another episode, uh, and, uh, yeah, it was a lot of, uh, going to farms forever but uh overall just gripping gripping television so all right let's move on all right it's uh, time for our language learning uh from uh, this episode starts out with uh sunobia sunobia his girlfriend shupir hey Hueso, uh shupir bone uh try on try on sapo frog E K B A Pare El La Luz Perpetua, and that, that was what uh, Henry said in his little prayer. And shine the perpetual light stop. So that I mean that's probably closing, but don't let. I don't know some sort of little mini prayer. E K B A 
Pere la luz perpetua. Uh, bueno listo ya a combos con eso. Uh, good and ready to combos with that. And that's spelled different than combos, the uh, snack. But maybe they should think, you know, maybe they should get good and ready to have some combos with that. Combos really takes the hunger away. Here at Sleep With Me Podcast. Uh, not a sponsor. Not even sure they still make combos. But I remember they re- they said they really took the hunger away. And I said, well, geez, uh, I don't know how good. I remember they, I could taste the chemicals, and I'm not trying to be critical or jokey in the, uh, in the cheese-like center. It was still good. And I think the chemicals probably did the opposite of taking the hunger away. In all honesty, they said, mm, more combos, please. Is this uh, pizza-flavored MSG? Cause I lo- Is this nacho cheese-flavored MSG? Because uh, I could use some more right about now. Okay, combos. Uh, Trier bring uh, insumo supplies. So Trier insumos bring some supplies. A stuverion, uh, no... Uh, naciente, rising. That's a nice word and a nice definition. Naciente, rising. Uh, sabe knows, saber no. Uh, pista and contra, uh, pista against, but then I tried. That was with two S's, P-I-S-T-S-A and contra. Uh, P-I-S-T-A in contra means track against, so... Uh, so, and then again, I tried to hear, uh, lave, L-A-V-E, peros, uh, wash, wash dogs, time to wash the dogs, uh, lava peros just means lava dogs. Though if you're thinking of a name for a team, I would suggest lava dogs. Uh, any sport team, I don't have any really money to sponsor your team, but go ahead and, uh. And, and not actually, I don't actually want to technically, but you could say unofficially, uh, not name of our team is unofficially sponsored by Sleep With Me Podcast, Lava Dogs. Yeah, we're the Lava Dogs soccer team. I mean, that's pretty freaking badass. You know, we're dogs from lava, dogs made of lava, dogs, any dogs having to do with lava. I mean, that would need some, I mean, any dogs actually having to do with lava wouldn't have very much to do with it very long. But a lava-based dog, a lava-powered dog, a lava-resistant dog, or metaphorically a dog so intense you compare it or name it after lava, man, I I might have to get a new dog. Sorry, can you hear me? I, I don't think she can hear me. She probably can. Oh, I'm not. I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to hurt you. Uh, just tell my dog, and I'm not trying to hurt her by saying I'm getting another dog emotionally. But that's pretty. Hey, lava, come here, lava. That's a good one. Two short syllable lava. Come here, come here, girl. Come here, boy. Lava, lava, get over here. Uh, so that's lava dogs. It doesn't. Um, anyway, that's a Yolando, J A L A N D O. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, use of those letters, Yolando, pulling, uh, golpe, blow, uh, final Feliz, uh, end Feliz, last gift maybe. This this is probably the phrase of the week and uh, probably wrong. I don't know, maybe he's talking about helicopters. Usted oyo un zumbido de moscos. 
I'll say it once, I'll say it again. Usted oyo, un zumbido de moscos. You heard a hum of mosquitoes, my friends. Usted oyo, un zumbido de moscos. Uh, phrase of the week. Phrase of the week, you heard a hum of mosquitoes. Uh, no, no less oigo. I do not hear. Wait, so he's saying, do you hear the mosquitoes? He's saying, oh, no, los oigo, I don't hear that. I, maybe I was watching it. I might have gone into a fugue state here and been watching a show about uh, bugs. Because then the next one is Ba'abhaber Kefumagar Aka. It will have to spray here. It will have to spray here. So definitely I missed something in there. Maybe these are all metaphors that I didn't pick up on. Uh, Yoda with a J, Joda, Yoda. Uh, you know what that means. It means uh, F-U-C-K. Uh, Qualquer, any. Uh, no Sarah K. Pronto, Walter. Uh, will not suddenly, Walter. I think that was the old, there was a show called Suddenly Soothe, Susan. I think it, they said, oh, we're going to reboot, we're going to call it Suddenly, Walter. And they said, well, I think I like it better. Who, who do you have to play Walter? And they said, well, we got a, uh, well, we thought we had Paul Reiser, but then he he got another show. And they said, okay, you don't, so you don't have Paul Reiser. And who do you have to have Sue, play Susan? Uh, I think it was Brooke Shields. They said, okay. And no Paul Reiser to play Walter. So we'll go with Suddenly Susan, not Suddenly Walter, with a, a comic we're not even sure about. Uh, maybe Stuart Pankin, but he's, he's, he saw him on an infomercial. I was crushed. These are obscure references, comedy-like references to... I mean, can I get a Stuart Pankin fan out there, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, and say, geez, that was one of my... Uh, I don't even know. I was definitely tooled to be watching him. He, had the, he was like a, a, a John Stewart of... Uh, when I was in kindergarten, or maybe I was watching reruns or something, but uh, anyway, not important. Kuibo, uh, I still have not, I guess I got to look that up somewhere else. No def- definition. Vale, vale, okay. Uh, here's another one I did. Gracias por, so thank thank for, C-U-B-R-I-M-A, no, C-U-B-R-I-R-M-A. Uh, second one's correct. Cub Rime. Thanks for covering for me, buddy. That was uh, Henry uh, Gomez, I think, when he said, hey, I got to take some personal time to deal with this Walt situation. Uh, uh, this is a, whoa, this might be a, a phrase word of the week. De Malhenio. According to Google Translate, shrewish. Uh, De Malhenio. Shrewish. I say, geez, shrewish sounds offensive, even though it's like, uh, you're shrew like, uh, I guess that is offensive. There's really no, you're as wise and as an old shrew. It's not offensive, sir. I'm calling you shrewish. Are you saying I'm shrewish? There's no good way to spin that. Uh, yes, there is, Yoda. Yoda, you're, it's true. You're shrew-like, Yoda. There's no other way to get around it. So I guess, yeah, in that one situation, you could use it. If you're talking to Yoda, you might be able to say, uh, Yoda's de Malhenio. He's shrewish. I don't think there's anyone 
anywhere else in the world, I'd say, well, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, I guess I am a little bit Henio. But day mal Henio, it's definitely bad because mal means bad anyway. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we only got 50 more words to get through here, phrases. Uh, ha sabido de alguna amanzan menaza. It has been known for some threat, robo theft, because we know roborone. Uh, salte skip, salte to the loo, my darling. Uh, I don't know that song by heart. Uh, here's one. I had a bunch of words, none of them got de- defined. I, I, he, estaba. Oh no, estaba's was aparachido dito ahi. Uh, only estaba was uh, defined. Uh, no me toque per perobo. Uh, don't touch me perobo. Uh, no me toque. They do not touch me. Que no me toque. Bodor. Nope. Uh, parense. This says, but part of my language was fucking get. Parense. Yeah, Google translates an odd bird, you know. Uh, pasaba passing. I, I mean, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't do any diplomacy with using this uh, Google Translate. I mean, maybe if you're in the minor leagues, not even if you're in the minor, maybe even, not even junior diplomacy, not even model United Nations. I mean, that's nothing it's Google. Without this Google Translate, I wouldn't be able to do this. It would take me days. Uh, Pasaba passing, uh, uh, DKSA in that, Yamada, nope. Something to do with talking, I think. Uh, Hubiera Existo had there. Otravez again. You could say instead of suddenly Walter, you could say Otravez Walter. Uh, no lo Taga. No, not something. Uh, para adentro, inward. That's one of our problems at night, you know. Too much para adentro, inward looking. This one I actually knew. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. Junior, yeah, esta imprendendo mas. Junior's printing more. Uh, this, I didn't get the whole thing, but it, it, it's uh, still good. And this is what Tuco says when he sees Jesse's, Jose Miguel's condom. Ay pinche lurioso. I love that, lurioso. Uh, actually, it's L-U-J-U-R-I-O-O. I-S-O. I-O-S-O. So it's probably, I'm probably not pronouncing, pronunciating it as beautifully as it could be, but because it looks like it should have Lurioso. Estoy seguro que lo usas con puro machiaputito. Ay, you lustful clickum. Sure, you use it with pure machiaputito. Putito. I like that, though. Ay, you lustful you lustful. Uh, polvo, how about a little dust? Polvo. Inusual? Unusual. Uh, Reconsus cosas? Cosas is thing. The other one, not a word. Por que Sarah? Why is? Uh, lo siento, I'm sorry. Podrio? No, podrio. Uh, no, Yave, pero SOS buenísimo. No, buddy, but that is this the best. Uh, here's another good phrase for this week. Uh, Paeta como una mula. He kicks like a mule. 
paisaje, scenery, uh, chingado de cosas, uh, chingado is a bad word, things, uh, volantes adentro, flyers in, olido, I smelled, uh, oiste, you hear, discute, no, uh, así se grande, so I grow, that definitely sounds like it, so I grow, así se grande, oh, here's a amante, my lover, I'll go as I'll go, it's something, uh, tres cuevas, no, three idiots, I think is what it means, uh, bastamate, no, sobrino, nephew, joven, young, pistas, tracks, this is mysterious, empiecen que veo a Heisenberg muy descolorido, they begin to see very faded Heisenberg. Uh, dicho, saying, all I'm saying, oh, dicho. Uh, un timbrazo significa si. One ring means something, means yes. Google Translate didn't get that, I did. Uh, no le jicamos nada, no, we did nothing. Uh, no me mate, uh, please don't send me to live on a farm. Uh, quieto, quieto, quiet, calm, stay, you know, stay, stay there. And that's it for the uh, language learning of the week. Thank you. Hey, were you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. Uh, tonight it's Metastas News, or Metastasis, Breaking Bad, Language Learning, Rewatch, uh, Sleep Podcast. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. Uh, all you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. We're going to do the rest. And what are we going to do? Well, we're going to watch, uh, I'm going to talk about Metastasis, the Colombian version of Breaking Bad, Spanish language. I'm going to run through what happened, and then I'm going to watch it again and see if I could learn any Spanish words. I don't speak much Spanish. Then I'm going to watch the same episode on Breaking Bad. Say, geez, what, okay, well, there here's some differences. And then I'm going to try to learn a little more Spanish. We'll talk about some stuff that maybe happened or I was curious about. Uh, but all you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play now. I'm going to do the rest, which is, you know, talking about that stuff. But basically what I'm going to try to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain, whatever's racing through your brain, whatever's got you tossing and turning. Whatever it is, I'm going to, I'm going to try to give you a distraction from that. I'm going to reach my hand across the deep, dark night. And I'm going to say, hey, I'm here, I'm here, I'm going to try to help you fall asleep, I'm going to talk some nonsense, I'm going to talk in circles, I'm going to talk in, you know, pointless meanders, uh, go down streets and say, streets with no name, streets with no purpose. But basically what I'm going to try to do is take your mind off whatever's keeping you awake, and I'm your boyfriend, so the deal is, I'm going to come over and I'm going to talk about this stuff virtually. You know, you don't even have to host me. You don't have to hire me. I'm on call via podcast.
uh, new episodes three three nights a week to to you know metastasis news on Sundays and to other type episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, but basically, I'm, I'm gonna have the podcast up. I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna you know virtually come by. I'm gonna fix myself some tea. I'm gonna say, would you like some tea? How do you take your tea? Did you know that tea was once called uh, something else? Uh, and you'll say, geez, that doesn't sound like a fact. It sounds like you're trying to think of something to make up. It was once called two, and they would say, would you tea for two for tea instead of tea for two? And they'll say, well, he's trying to, is he trying to make me laugh, or is he serious about the, these uh, misstated facts he's misstating? And then, you, you know, we'll have, we have a kind of, I say, well, you go ahead and lie down, close your eyes. I'm going to keep going on about the, they say, why do they call it a tea party where no one seemed too happy? You know, or were they happy in the Jews, just the history books that are, because the people in the history books didn't seem happy when they were at this supposed tea party. And I would say the present day Tea Party, they said, well, that was like four or five years ago. But they, 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 they never saw a lot of smiles at those uh, tea, tea persons, teed off, but not a Tea Party. And then you say, hey, could you stay out of the politics? I was okay. Well, let's say, is it political? It's Tea Party. I don't know. But I'm your boyfriend. I'm going to take that tone, and, and you, you say you just got to listen. You listen to me. Ideally, I'll take your mind off of whatever's bothering you. But you don't really have to pay that much attention uh, because my voice is going to carry off. And in, in, tonight, if you, if you listen in between my sentences, uh, breaking just outside my window is the great one of the Great Lakes uh, crashing against the rocks on the shore. The rocky shore is the uh, Great Lakes because I'm I'm here and I'm on a little uh, vacation, but not a vacation from helping you fall asleep. That's not not my job. It's my calling. It's my pastime. It's something I, you know, I said, geez, I got a few, I got a few minutes here. It's, it's, it's the deep dark night here too. So I thought it would fire off the old uh, podcast by 3000. So that's what I'm here. I'm here to help you fall asleep. You know, I'm in vacation mode. So my, uh, my unformatted or unformed metaphors are even less form, 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 formed. Well, basically all I want to do is help you fall asleep. I want to take your mind off whatever's keeping you up. I want to make you smile, and I want to let you know, you know, you're not, you're not alone. So, you know, where I'm here, there's a lot of other people up there tossing and turning at night. And I don't know, I'm on vacation. I'm doing I'm doing my best even though I'm on vacation. And, uh, you know, I really want to help you fall asleep. I yearn, I desire to help you fall asleep. I'm glad you're here. And, you know, let's get on with the show. All right, so here we are. We're we're at episode ten of Metastasis and Breaking Bad. We've got uh, one of the Great Lakes, Lake Ontario, in the background. Uh, though by the time you hear this, I'll have returned to my normal, uh, normal life. So I probably be experiencing that old post-vacation blues. But you know, why speculate? You know, that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of mind I say, no wonder I'm up tossing and turning. 
But uh, as episode 10, it starts out with uh, digging in the dirt. And I said, was that a Peter Gabriel song? Was that, I remember Peter Gabriel. I think I talk about that Wally theme song every once in a while. And maybe that's what got Peter Gabriel. The Wally gig was digging in the dirt, but I think it was a different song. And, and but then at the Oscars, John Legend did a version of it. That was killer too. But this is it. And then they say, someone says, Poco Mas. And I'm going to combine the red, red pen run through and the uh, regular run through. Uh, and then someone said, Ahi no Mas. And they're hiding like uh, something that belonged to Tuco out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Walt and Jose Miguel, they start walking, they're walking some more. They say, Sarah, Sarah Cape, wait a day, are they, oh, dare, con el palito, ahinomasia. Lots of walking, lots of walking. And then they're waiting on the side of a road, you know, playing a hitchhike. Jose Miguel's playing with a stick. Walt doesn't seem to like it. I think that's when he says, Sarah Cape Puede, they are, they odere con palito. Maybe palito's stick. And they say, pare, pare, at some point. And then Jose, he says, no, yave, con esa pinta sura, no le van a parar. Uh, Walt catches a ride in a banana a truck with some workers, and there's a, uh, what is it called, unripened bananas. So Jose and Walt have split up. Uh, Sumerse gets said, and then we're at a, some sort of Walmart-type store. A woman finds a chuck-a-boot, a, a man's chuck-a-boot, a lone chuck-a-boot. Every chuck-a-boot dealer's nightmare the lone chuckaboot, or you know, or every chuckaboot, chuckaboot enemy, sworn enemies of the chuckaboots. But anyway, it's a Walmart type store, but it's in Colombia. A lot of soda in this store, and then we see a buck naked, a Walter Blanco, and we see some Blanco on him. We say, "Oh boy," and his bare bottom. Uh, Walt's pretty hairless. I noted in the red pen run through in the red pen. Said Jesus guy's got no hair on him. But they say dude and I, I, I honestly don't know the question just like some other things. They said, uh just now I I didn't think before this to say, huh, I wonder if that's from you don't just lose the hair on your head, do you lose all hair? And I I'm not being I'm not I'm not working a line here. Um but I guess that would make sense. Uh but even though I've I've covered a hair before it really is a mystery that, you know, body hair and head hair are so similar, but they seem to be run, like, I think one's run by the endocrine system and one's run by that other one with the, uh, the, the what do you call them, uh, the lymph system. But don't quote me on that. Body hair, body hair seems very lymphy, if you ask me. Uh, but there's also things said like pues no mucho, uh, sigan, sigan, borahi, then the titles run. Uh, then Walt's in the hospital. He's looking at a painting, a man, uh, old man in, of the, in the sea style. To me, that's what I said in my brain, but 
It's of a man paddling away, a woman holding a child, waving goodbye. And you say to yourself, is this man coming or is this man going? And we hear stuff outside, may require us, claro que si, mejor creo, pasaco, lola sera, or something, L-O-A-L-A-C-E-R-R-A. They get said twice, probably not spelled that way, but, you know. But Walt's listening in to CLO, she's talking, she's talking to someone at the hospital, uh, donde fue eso? Isia sabe algo más? As she comes in, she sees so relieved. Walt's so relieved. They're both crying. Walter Jr. comes in. He's you know a little nervous. I, uh, being in the hospital in high school, or you know especially before sixteenth, stressful. Uh, donde fue desayuno? Uh, no, 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 sabes. Walt's acting all, uh, all something. Oh, like, what? Okay, like, what happened to me? And Walter Jr. seems to tell him. He says, when, what, when, where? And Walt Jr. fills him in on something. Well, I think it was a red pen run through, I realized. Maybe this was about, uh, uh, Hank, or uh, Henry's, Henry and, uh, Tuco. But, you know, two, I don't think Tuco's name got said yet. And then we have Cielo and Maria talking on the phone about what happened. No ace, uh, necessidad, all up, ways. Uh, she looks very doubtful. They're still talking about pot and marijuana. Ways, no se sabes. And then we get a shot of her where Maria, she's in Henry's office. Uh, Gomez offers some coffee to her, uh, disparar, parar, disparar. Uh, we see Henry's in an interview. He's still in the same shirt from last episode, that same uh, uh, shirt. They said, well, that one's okay. Uh, but he's a ten, he, he's an older guy and then a younger guy. And one of the guys is taking notes. The older guy's watching real attempt intently coming in and out of focus. Asuntos Penales. Uh, Henry's talking about why he was there, about Jose Miguel Rojas. The old guy's like, what? Okay. Uh, Rinden. La Pista la Tolis. T-O-L-I-S. That gets said twice. Tolis. Rinden. I said that right. Puerbras. Puerbras. P-R-U-E-B-A-S is what I put. Profugo. Cesar's, okay, uh, Jose's with Moro, oh, Mono, 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 uh, watching, watching his house from outside, there's a lot of, uh, police activity, I wrote down a license plate number, FFV333, you know, just in case. Uh, Nome Yoda, uh, Fane, A-F-A-N-E, scrolling with cops. Mono is all pumped up. That's not going to be helpful at all. And then the cops go, you know, they move on to the next thing, and then Jose and Mono go in. They start to clean out the lab. Doble, Duble, uh, Coma Mierda, 
Vanya Guevon or Guevin. Uh, Metlamina and Mono goes after the barrel. He kind of makes uh, love to the barrel, you know, fake. Uh, Benga, Bengo, uh, Boyadar. Uh, Mono talks instead of Jose, helping Jose do anything. And then Jose's like, he gets really, come on, man, I, I thought you were my friend. And then they uh, load up the RV. Uh, tow truck driver shows up. He, he's like, yeah, and then he asks for double, it seems like. Mono looks all nervous. Ends up, I think it's his uncle. At first, I thought it was his buddy. Jose and Mono, they try to bag him into it, but he wanted, He says, give me all your money. Uh, Menos, uh, Primo, uh, Jose and Mono talk about, you know, how to get a hold of him later. I think I'm like, what? And then we're back at the hospital. There's a long shot of Walt Jr. thinking in the hall by himself, which I said, oh, wow, that's a lot of thinking Walt Jr.'s doing. And then we have Walt with the doctor. He's like, what's the last thing you remember? What? And then it seemed like Walt got good news about his cancer and then they go back and forth with the doctor because he seems like he must have sit well to stay there. Maniando, Acuervo, Miedo, Tomato, Tanto. And then we have a SWAT team. Jose's hiding out. He's very jittery. Como un pase, Aseguel, Guerrilla. The uh, SWAT team comes in. They say, hey, Jose, buddy, you're coming in with us. Henry and Gomez are outside. Ah, Segrero, uh, Pasito. Uh, outside, Henry's very pleased. I think he even says uh, Jose Miguel, I presume. Or Jose Miguel Rojas. And then they're in the interview room. Uh, una cosa, rumba. Jose plays table drums. Henry doesn't like that one bit. He says, uh, Tampoco, papitas y croissant, guevanadas. Uh, Henry has his blue, lucky blue diamond shirt on with light blue, dark blue, and maroon. Uh, Gomez is just rocking a, a plain fleece vest. Yoraba, esa mierda, maletin. And they really grill uh, Jose, who tries to explain he's innocent. Like, let me out. Uh, miracle in football, agale, mujer. Uh, char, nos vaya, iba, orino. They talk about his cell, it's in the car. And Jose Miguel's like, great, you found my phone. Then Henry gets all intense. Enferma, Garfio. Mierme. Uh, somewhere in here, Henry pulls out all the money they said they found in his car. He said, where's this Plata from? And Jose Miguel's like, well, it's not mine. I'd love to have it, though. And then Henry, you know, gets all up in Jose Miguel's face, just like Tuco would. Questions get real loud. It seemed like Gomez started playing a little good cop. They talk about Mama, his mamacita, and Henry gives him something to think about, I think, with the mamacita thing. And then the next scene we have is with Wendy and Henry and Gomez, and she's like, seems like she's in a withdrawal. She's cold, she's itchy, she's pale. 
And she's kind of even spacing out a little bit. Henry tries to get her to focus. I noticed that the fake teeth she had or the stains on her teeth were really, the like, they were really bad. The fake, you know, they were bad at being bad fake teeth. They were like the worst fake, fake teeth I've ever seen. Uh, but we can't all be perfect, you know. And I see somebody said, well, that's what her, really her teeth look like. And I say, well, that's too bad. Uh, but then some music starts playing. It was like a ZZ Top Lagrange-style song. And then it seems like she agreed to something about Jose, and then she gets freaked out or she doesn't feel good. And that kind of ends the interview. And then in the hall, uh, Hank and Gomez, Gomez tells him something, but Henry seems silly. He's like, I'm doubling down on this, buddy. And then we're back to the painting with the mother, child, and the man in the boat. Uh, Sam, you know, rowing away or rowing, oh, looks like he's rowing away, I'll be honest, like waving goodbye. And then a younger doctor is talking, a younger doctor is talking to Walter. Younger doctor, doctor, I don't know, I don't know why I mispronounced that. Yeah, uh, something like, ha ha tenido imagines o pensamentos. And I see, well, it says, you know, you know, bro, I'm good. And so I said, okay, is this a therapist? And there's a lot of facial close-ups, like full screen close-ups of their faces. Uh, que no se puede sacar de la cabeza. Uh, serious talk, it seemed like. Walt stands, Walt's walking around talking. Faltar al respeto. He's very expressive, and then they agree to something, and Walt demeanor changes. Uh, etisa tuve huyo. And then finally, the camera pulls in as Walt's making some kind of point. Ferrado's she stay. And then we go cut to Henry. He's in. He's bugging Jose Miguel. Conoce Planeta Saturno. Oh, that's after he rolls in with uh, none other than Hector Salamanca. The old, old one bell. And they give him kind of a quiz. Suyo Medio. Uh, Hector's fingers shaking over the bell as they ask him stuff. Cagarse, waylay. You know, like, was this a dude at your house or what? And he shakes, but he does not answer. He does not answer the police. And Henry and Gomez are really grilling him. They're really trying to pin it on Jesse. He turns and looks at them, and then he says, you know, this interview's over. He says it in uh, body language, not a spoken word. And then Henry and Gomez seem like they're working the case, I put. I don't know what that means, but they're not in agreement. They're going back and forth. Uh, Colchon, Palato, Sotano. Then we have Walt with a yellow legal pad, or no, yellow notepad, not a legal pad, in the hospital. And Jose Miguel calls Kahamenor. It's from a payphone, and they're talking about some kind of plan. And they talk about the bus. Where's the bus? And Walt tells them we're not done cooking. 
And then he goes through this bad, he starts running all his numbers, and he's running the numbers, he remembers something that was at his house, that deadbolt and all the money. And then he sneaks into his house, he sneaks upstairs, goes in the bathroom, gets the deadbolt, gets the cash, hides it in the fireplace flume, the chimney. And I would say, no wonder this Walter Blanco could not keep a, a major chemistry job if he was ever if they said well gc we need we need you to hide some stuff to keep your job here because he's not they say okay you, you took it out of the toilet and you know just randomly placed in a bathroom cabinet and then you put it in the fireplace in some place with that's at high altitude and is a you know uh, normally you know seasonably cold i would say uh but whatever he does that and then cielo comes down for a snack and walt jr comes down to check on his mom and they have this little family moment walt's listening in and he's thinking as he's listening he rolls out he sees his missing walter blanco sign uh, there's good music now, right, right now, so you'd think it was the end of the episode, it's a grand finale, no sé cuando, uh, not like that, very beautiful song, and then Walt's back in the hospital, then we have another long shot of Walt looking at the painting, you know, contemplating it, I mean, I don't gotta explain it to you, you know, very thematic for the episode, and then we have Henry looking at the tape from that robbery, and then he has the blue azul, and then another bath, bath, batch of meth. I thought it was the poison batch, but I think it was from Crazy Eight's batch. And he's talking with Gomez, Matodo, Lohizo. And then Henry, he's rocking another, another shirt, or a sweet red dress shirt. A diamond-like pattern, Despois, Laboral, Espere, and then him and Gomez are about to go out for a beer, Gasto, Cabine, Suppressa, and oh yeah, Suppressa, surprise, it's a surprise party for Henry, and they have a cake and a gift, Benga, Egal, and Fuermo Mental, and it's in a blue box with blue, box with blue wrapping, it's Tuco's Grill that says Tuco on it, uh, sealed in some sort of plastic, uh, what do they call that stuff? Not latex, but uh, uh, clear plastic stuff. And it's a cool cake. It's got a picture of Henry with uh, two six-shooters and a cowboy hat. And there's gold teeth on the cake, even. Dijo, Susto. And then we have Walt and Walt Jr. checking out of the hospital. There's balloons. Henry rolls in, uh, Tratando, Walt Jr. tries to brag on Henry's big, uh, catch, Sonrisa, and Henry wants to know how Walt is, that's what kind of guy Henry is, but then Henry starts making jokes, Como Motoraro, he shows off Tuco's grill, he's cracking up Valeve, Passando, he does a little comedy material about having no front teeth, like some kind of joke. And then Cielo, uh, K. Raro, did I say that? No, K. Raro, yeah. And then they get home, and Cielo, Walter, Walt Jr., and you can tell Cielo's exhausted and fed up and 
And she's kind of cold to Walt. He's got this guilty look. Uh, then we have a shot of Cielo rubbing lotion and thinking. And then Walt puts on, oh, the Heisenberg hat. And he takes out, he says, Jesus, he's trying to break the awkwardness with comedy. Uh, but he gets uh, naked again. He makes some kind of joke and then he gets in bed. And Cielo's like, what's up with that uh, second cell phone, Walt? And she's nervous. She, even before she asked, she was like picking her hands, you know, like someone that doesn't want to talk about it or they don't want to know the answer. Uh, or in Cielo's case, you know, she doesn't want Walt to play dumb, which he does. And then she doesn't buy what he's selling. So she's like, no bedtime kiss for you. She turns away from him. And then there's great music. And Esto Comenzo, I think the episode ends right there. So that's the end of uh, Metastasis run through one and two. Regular and red pen this week. All right, guys, so we're going to do the Breaking Bad run through. I just want to take a second to see if you can hear what I just I can hear because I just took a few quiet minutes. And it's like not only, hopefully I can, I just got into town here. Uh, to stay with my mom, and so hopefully I'll get some time to record some stuff inside and outside. But right now, you can hear the waves crashing and bugs, or I can hear it uh, when I don't have these headphones on. So I'm gonna just give you a couple minutes, a couple seconds of sound here. Uh, so I just got a full recharge from just listening to that. Uh, but Breaking Bad opens with digging, uh, and hiding stuff in the desert, big sky, big, big, uh, uh, New Mexico sky. Walt and, Wa- and Jesse are doing a lot of walking. It looks like, I saw Jesse look like he was limping a little bit. There's some nice mountains in back. Uh, lots of different shots, lots of overhead shots from above, wide shots. There's a shot of Walt coughing and stopping. There's eerie music. Uh, there's handwritten, I can't read. Maybe tried coming, please. And then Jesse says, uh, bold plan, Mr. White. Yeah, you sure it's the way to go? And then a truck shows up while it gets in uh, with two dudes. And then we have this one, this next scene, the setup for it, just wonderful, so transportive. It's the high-low market. It has a sign in neon. I mean, just, you know, pausing on the high-low market. Not all the neon sign works. The automatic door is stuck because there's a shoe in there. And then there's a worker, she's in one of those red over, you know, supermarket smock shirts. There's some 70s style, oh no, 50, I don't know, that kind of go-go type music uh, playing. And even the sound design, this show must have been a joy to sound design because there's there's scanner sounds, there's a supermarket noise. Uh, carts. There's like that blue and white uh, square linoleum on the ground. It's a narrow aisle. There's a lot of generic soda, and then there's a naked Walter White uh, standing there. And then we cut to the next is that painting. 
And in this painting, in the U.S. version, is a woman with two kids and a dog. And a man's rowing out to what seems to be a boat or a ship, and they say, or rowing in, but you say, well, he's rowing out. And we hear Skylar talking to a doctor, and she comes in with Walt Jr. Walt and Skylar kind of weep. Skylar's definitely worried. How do you feel? Uh, Walt Jr. talks about Hank's uh, uh, big news with the Hank. And then we have uh, Marie and Skylar on the phone. And they're talking, it's like they have no idea what caused it, but they're going to run tests. And she's like, well, what's the worst case scenario? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. And then, like, Marie, she's like, which supermarket? Is it, like, a big one, a chain? Don't get me wrong. I think it's great he's back, but he was naked, naked, naked in a supermarket. It wasn't Whole Foods, was it? And Skyler's like, don't worry about it, Marie. How's Hank? And she's like, you know, they took him away, you know, for an interview or something. I just love that. Uh, naked, naked, and naked in a supermarket. Whole Foods. And another nice line is she says, well, how, 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 how is he? How is he really? And she says, Hank, he's indestructible. You know that. And then we have Hank talking to two other uh, cops. And he says, you know, I identify myself. I said, you know, I'm a cop, and it was Salamanca. And we, you know, I said, hey, let's let's put you on a farm. And then he said no, and then I said yes. And they said, what are you doing there? And he's like, Salamanca's presence wasn't something I anticipated. I was tending to another matter, an unrelated family matter. And then the big boss is like, you're sort of looking for your brother-in-law who was in it missing. He's like, yeah, now he's found now. A bit of a misunderstanding, but we were worried. And he's uh, the car there was from this kid Pinkman that uh, knew him. And he goes, that's how I ran. And they said, well, geez, what are the odds? And they said, and what about this Pinkman? What was he doing here? And he said, Hank's like, we're working on it. And then we have Jesse and Badger, and Badger finds everything hilarious. He's like, man, those cops are like Jehovah's Witnesses. They don't give up. And he's like, why don't they just go in there? He's like, Jesse's like, they need probable cause. And Badger's like, well, what did you do? And he's like, well, I'm an outlaw. And then then the cops leave. He's like, let's do this. And and Badger's like, you're Willy Wonka of meth, man. Uh, Take me down your chocolatey river of meth. And I guess it's when they're in the basement. He's like, where do you keep the pseudo? And Badger's going, you know, come on, blah, blah. And Jesse's like, he's, come on, man. I'm in a serious situation here. Pull it together, Badger. And then they load everything in the RV. And Badger's cousin wants a thousand bucks. And he's like, I thought it was going to be 500. And he said, what, what? And he goes, it's not the miles, it's the cargo. And then I think the guy's name was Clovis, Uncle Clovis, Badger's Uncle Clovis. And he's like, he's a stand-up guy. He's like, the guy's like, are you a stand-up guy? And Jesse's like, yeah, I'll get you the hundred five hundred. He's like, your your words, your bond. He's like, oh yeah. And then Badger, after the cousin, he's like, I vouch for you, man. Uh, you owe me. And then we're at the hospital, Walter's talking to Doc. He's like, hey, well, what's the last thing you remember? He's like, fleeting images, waltzing down a road or a highway. 
feeling fear. Uh, and I said, oh, that sounds like a load of... And then the cancer doctor's like, well, the MRIs were good. No metastasis. And then Walt Scott, like, what about all this kiss? Everything you have Walt taking, you know, couldn't that have been what caused it? Walt's like, oh, yeah, let's find a scapegoat here real quick. Good idea, uh, Skyler. And they're like, well, geez, we can't figure it out. Uh, let's, let's do a psychiatric uh, evaluation. And the other doctor's like, uh, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And he goes, uh, we've got to make sure this doesn't, you know, occur. And then we have the DEA, and they're at the Crossroads Motel. Jesse's waiting for him. He's like, take your last hit. He's smoking cigarettes, waiting for the bus. There's water dripping. And he gets busted, and then uh, Hank says, Jesse Pinkman, I presume. And then we have the scene with Jesse doing the finger drumming. Hank grabs his hands. And Hank was like, you've been in the, you were partying in the hotel room? He goes, for three days straight? And, uh, and, you know, what about Tuco? And Jesse's like, what do you, what do you mean? And then he tries to trap Jesse. He's like, well, you must have got hungry. And Jesse's like, maybe. He goes, you, where, you order takeout? Uh, where'd you order from then? And uh, just like, no, no, we got uh, Funyuns and Hot Pockets from the vending machine. And he's like, you didn't know your car was gone? And, and he goes, no, not until you guys busted in on me. And he's like, well, why didn't you answer your cell phone? He goes, it was in my car. He goes, really? And he goes, we found your phone. We found your car, but we didn't find your phone. And Jesse's like, you found my car? Awesome. DEA rocks. And then Hank's like, well, did you leave anything else in the car? And at some point, Jesse looks down, and I said, oh, was that a bad move? And he's like, like, the $67,000? He's like, that's not mine. He's like, hey, Gomi, this isn't his. And he goes, hey, I thought it was. He's like, oh, well, I wish it was mine, but it's not. And then he says, well, we'll use it for a softball team in a van. And, you know, that's it for Tuco, but if I lost this money, I'd be pretty upset. And he's trying to, he gets in Jesse's face, he wants to know who the boss is. And he tells Jesse he's not buying what Jesse's selling. And he says, I think you know who Tuco was, and I think you were there because uh, your car was there. And he goes, I think you know the badass who was there dealing with Tuco. Hank's ice cold. Then they go talk to Wendy. But that doesn't go anywhere, you know. You know, she wants a root beer, and she's like, uh, Walt, re- really, really not nice to her. And I say, you know, come on, you know, figure out, uh, you know, did, didn't Jesse leave the room for a little while to get some food or something? And, uh, and Wendy's like, wait a second, I know you. You were the one in that truck with the kid, you, you know. He wanted me to, you know, he said he was a football player. And Hank's like, what, what? He goes, let's stay on topic. And she goes, you know, let's stay on topic. Me and Jesse were in the room the whole time. And that's all I'm saying. And then Gomez says to Hank, what was that, you pervert? And he's like, it's a long story, Gomi. And he says, well, you know, Gomez is like, all right, well, we got to let Pinkman go. And Hank's like, I, I you know, no, I want to go after him one more time. And then it, we have Walt looking at the painting again. He looks lost. 
But then a doctor, definitely a therapist, guy looks exactly like a therapist would look. He he says, this is the start of an ongoing process here, Walt. And they have this discussion about, uh, he goes, are you like Walter Walter? And Walt's like, well, how long? He's like, oh, it's hard to say. Weeks, days, months, years. It might, you know, years, a lot of years in my... And he says, Doc, I'm fine. And he goes, I could just do, could drop in. He goes, no, no, no. Yeah, this is, you know, this is serious business. Just because you feel fine doesn't do anything. And then Walt changes tactics. He says, what, what's this? We got confidentiality? And he's like pretty much total confidentiality beyond anything I've ever heard of. But he's like, yeah, pretty much. And then Walt's like, well, I made everything up, you know. I'm under a lot of stress here. And this is amazing acting because Walter, you know, uh, Brian, Brian, uh, Brian Cranston's acting as Walt acting. And it's like, man, it's amazing. Because Walt's like, you know, there wasn't a fugue state. You know, I couldn't spend, I had to get out of my house. So I left and I made up the whole story. You know, I left town and then I, you know, I got nervous and came back. He's like, why would you know, the shrink's like, why would you do it? And he's like, why wouldn't I? You know, cancer, baby on the way, unexpected baby. You know, son with a lot of medical challenges. And I'm a high school teacher. And he's like, uh, you know, why wouldn't I run? And I put just crazy enough to work. Uh, I don't know if Walt said that. Maybe I said that. And then we have Hank with the uncle, uh, Tuco's uh, uncle. And he's like, Gomi, you do the honors. And they're like, yeah, you speak English. And they're like, yeah, but yes is a bell, no is no bell. And they're like, what planet are we on? What day is it? And the whole time he's staring right at Jesse. And he's like, was this guy here with Tuco? Come on, granddad, help us out. And he's like, no, I'm not helping you out. And then, you know, he says, you know, this interview's over. And then Hank's all mad, and Gomez is like, Hank, don't worry about it. And Hank's like, I don't buy that kid's story, man. And then we have this scene, really, we're seen with Jesse, where he has to call his dad, he tries to call his dad for a ride, and he's giving him a BS about it. He's like, hey, dad, uh. Yeah, I've been doing those job interviews. Things are looking pretty good. Uh, do you think you could give me a ride in his day? You know, he gets a no, and it's so sad. And I think it's a bonding with this character moment, or at least it was for me, where, you know, despite Jesse's uh, uh, goofy hard edge or whatever, you say, geez, man, I really feel for this kid. And then Wendy's like, well, let's just go to the Waffle House. And she, he's like, sounds good, Wendy. And we have a time lapse of the day to night. And we have Walt staring at something. I think it was a painting or the ceiling, but it would make sense that it was a painting. The phone rings. He looks around. And Jesse's on the payphone calling him. Very green lit. Jesse's talking about how he's got no money, bills to pay. But Walt only cares about Walt at this point. He says, are you ready to cook or what? And Walt's all fired up. Jesse hangs up, or one of them hangs up. Walt does his rain man math, adding his money up. And he's like, okay, how much cash do we have on hand? And he's like, oh, no, the cash on hand. So he runs home. He hides his money. 
He coughs, the light goes on, he bumps into the crib, sets off the mobile, mobile, mobile. And Skylar's up for some snacks and cornflake, and then Walt's at the bus stop. Great music plays. And there's some cool shots on the bus. It was the name of the song was Waiting Around uh, to Die by the Good Tanyas. I even wrote, I, I did the old, had my phone look it up while I was playing. And then we're back at the hospital, the picture's there. Uh, or something pictive, I put, I think, picture looks there, turns his head. Oh, then we have Hank watching the video from the break-in. He, Hank's like, uh, yeah, Gomez's like, why are you watching this again? He's like, yeah, he's like, there's something here. He goes, the two stooges, you know, this is the purest mess we've ever seen at the lab. He goes, somehow, some way, it's all connected. A simple ex- explanation, only I'm not seeing it, and it's making my head hurt. Uh, geez, I feel, you know, you start to really feel bad for Hank. And then he said, but even Gomez says, well, that's good, because you, you don't want your ugly melon working too hard. He goes, let's go get some beers. At some point, Hank even taps Tuco's pitcher, and he's like, it's 11 in the morning. He's like, I'm buying. He's like, oh, you're buying? Let's do it. And then it's a surprise. Hank's cake was not as good as Henry's. It was it was nice, but it was more of a supermarket done. And he gets and also gets a present in a blue box, but no wrapping paper. It's the teeth, but they're not revealed yet. And then we're at the hospital with Walt and Walt Jr. Walt Jr.'s like, Dad, you got to drink this apple juice. And, uh... Uh, Hank shows up, he's like, hey, better late than never. And he's like, what happened? And, uh, well, it says it was an isolated episode of uh, global, global transient amnesia. And Hank's like, well, I'm glad you have a best. You scared us. And he's like, sorry about everything, Hank. And he's like, don't worry about it. He's like, they're treating me like I'm Elliot Ness at work. You know, they bake me a chocolate cake and uh, you ought to disappear more often. Just kidding. That Walt's really acting here. And then Henry's like, look what they gave me. And he does the teeth reveal. And at first the teeth are lined up with Walter's face the way they shot. And he gives this grimace. And then he looks away and he's staring at Hank. And while Hank's like, you know, what is it? This is the grill that a gentleman I have sent to live on a puppy farm. Run around with all those puppies, you know. It's a grill. It goes over the front teeth like a fashion statement. You know, people. You know, certain people are attracted to shiny things. But just watching Walt watch Hank, and then uh, they get home. And Skylar has that, you know, tired, worn down by life and the pregnancy. She's just like, oh, this is, and it's very awkward. And well, it's like, it's good to be home, or it's good to have you home, something like that. I can't tell you how good it feels to be home. And then Walt's in the bedroom, he does that naked joke. Uh, I'm going to go out to 7-Eleven and uh, pick up some big gulp and Slim Jims. And it's just a, a floppy joke, uh, you know, to break the tension. And then you even get the sense Walt's like, uh, hey, baby. And then Walt gives him it. He's like, this isn't going to ever happen again. I'm I'm here. It's me. We're going to be okay. 
And this guy's like, you, do you have a second cell phone? And he's like, what? No, no. And she's like, are you sure? Because you were all upset like something bad happened and then your cell phone rang, but that cell phone doesn't exist. Well, still, he's like, well, that's strange. Uh, I don't remember that. And he's like, I'm pretty sure I don't have a second cell phone, though. I'm sure of that. And then Skylar, he goes to kiss her, and she turns away, shuts out the light. And for just a minute, Walt kind of sits up, and he almost looks like he's unsure what to do. And then I think he settles into bed, and the episode ends. So that's our Breaking Bad run-through there, folks. It's a language learning time here. Uh, uh, He, there, uh, no mas, no more. Yeah, this was a, is this really already? Yeah. Yeah, I was already there. Yeah. Uh, Pare, pare, that was not uh, accessible. Uh, But, I'm you know, since I'm in a different setup here, maybe I can look that up more easily. Uh, Sumer say that didn't get looked up. Uh, Sarah K. Puede de Har de Oder con el palito. Will you can stop with the stick? And then the Yoder means. And that was something about the condom. So, will you can stop with the stick? Makes sense. Uh, almost a tongue twister in there. Surely you could stop with the stick, silly. Surely. Well, something. Uh, this one's good, though. Pues no mucho. Uh, because not much. Pues no mucho. Uh, no yave con esa piñata suya no le van o parar. Yave, so bro, not looking like that, not going his or stop. Uh, so that, you know, that doesn't make sense. Uh, uh, sigan, sigan por ahí. Uh, continue to remain out there. Sigan, sigan por ahí. Continue to remain out there. But here's something else I, I, I hear a lot from, or in my days from between uh, kindergarten. So whatever age you start kindergarten, what, five to the current age, I hear this a lot from adults when they say, uh, Major, mejor, creo. Yeah, you better believe, man. Mejor, creo. Yeah, you better believe you're in big trouble. Uh, you better believe I could sue you. Yeah, you better believe you'll hear from my lawyer. Uh, you better believe you're getting suspended. You better believe that suspension will be in school and not out of school. Yeah, you better believe that, you know, you'll be writing the whole time. Uh, me requerdas. I think I probably spelled that wrong because it didn't, but I think it means I require. Uh, claro que si. That's one we should know by now. But I just tested myself to see if I could look it up. Of course I, I tested myself by looking up the answer. Uh, this is another one authority figures say to me. Pasado. Last. This is going to be the last time I say that. Pasado. It's too bad they don't have it. Instead of a spelling bee, if I could be in a discipline bee. Say, hey, could you use that in a sentence? Or maybe they would say that to the discipline bee. Like, is that what you're, if you're, okay, uh, they'd say last. Can you use that in a sentence? 
This is the last time I'm going to tell you. Okay, we, you know, four four points. It would be like a spelling bee meets the, um, like, floor routine of uh, gymnastics uh, or something. Because they'd say, well, there's a little more room for judgment. And, and with disciplinees, there's always room for judgment. That's what authorities figures say. Oh, there's always more room for judgment. And, and the authority figures, I can hear them coming. They're saying, this Posado, that's the last time you're going to joke about authority figures. And I would say, my friends, uh, Lola La Sierra is a word I don't even have an answer to. But yeah, think about it. Or would, it, would, I have, would my life have... They said, well, you, we, we don't need you in the spelling bee. Or, you know, I would come in last, second to last. Uh, in spelling, just because that's not my strong suit. And, you know, but uh, if there was a discipline EB, I'd be up, I mean, I'd be in, you know, they'd say I'd be going to Washington for sure. And it's funny that Scripps, I think they were the ones that sponsored the spelling bee, they just bought Midroll, a big uh, uh, podcast advertising sales company. And they say, you just think about all those ironies. I would be the king of disciplinees and podcasting because they'd say, well, geez, he was the uh, greatest disciplinee B member we've ever had. I mean, do you remember all the uses for better believe he came up with all the examples? He was up there for hours. The other kids, they started weeping and they, you know, they said, you better believe, you know, one kid, a normal kid, you know, the, the scooter, a normal kid would say, you better believe, don't, you better, you know, don't put that in your mouth. Scooter would say, you better believe you shouldn't chew up every McDonald's eraser that comes in a happy meal. And then try to pass it off as, you know, say it gave you a stomachache when it didn't, so you don't have to go to school the next day. And then develop a, a racer chewing habit. And then try to kick your eraser chewing habit by, you know, Play-Doh eating habits. You better believe that's a bad road to go down. And they'd say discipline B over. Or discipline E B. Now discipline B, I'd, I'd just break out, you know, I'd become a new discipline E by going to the discipline B for the rebellion that I would, you know, be forced to do just out of my own, you know, intuition. Anyway, we better get back to this list. Uh, someone that, that doesn't know I'm kidding, which I'm not, unfortunately, they might say, uh, donde fue eso? Where, where was that discipline AB? I want to look that up on microfilm. Well, all the microfilm was destroyed from those days. And that's how scripts, you know, conquer the world with its spelling bee. And they ruined my dreams of going to Washington for being a discipline AB. Uh, e sabe algo más? And you know something more? Yeah, about the discipline E. Uh, conspiracy. I'm a discipline E. B. Conspiracy. That almost rhymes. Uh, conspiracist. Uh, desayudo. That did not translate. Uh, n- n- no oy, oy neces- necessad. Uh, not to, not necessary today. Not today, Marie. Ale, ala pues, beyond it. Ale, ala pues. Uh, pues no sabes, thus, you know, you, 
you not know, thus you not know. Uh, disparar. Uh, shoot, go ahead and tell me, disparar. Oh, here's a good one. Refuerzo, reinforcement. Uh, asuntos penales, criminal matters. Uh, rinden, surrender. That's what everybody does at a discipline EB with me. They rinden. They say, we surrender. You are the worst. When that teacher said, uh, don't bother, he's the worst child, she was telling the truth. Rinden, we surrender. And I would say to them, La Pista, what was the clue? What was your first clue? La Pista. And they would say, the clue was that look in your eyes, that empty, empty look in your eye. And I would say, well, P-R-U-E-B-A-S, Prubas, Prebas, testing. You know, we still got to do this discipline EB. The testing must go on. No Mayota, you know what that means. It means don't mess with me, but in stronger terms. Afane, A-F-A-N-E, Afane, especially eager. That's a good one. Uh, you're especially eager. Afane. I've been accused of that many a time. They say, say well, I told Lise I couldn't find that. Uh, coma mierda. That means eat something gross. So that's actually a good one, uh, you know, for if you're in an argument. Avanya guaven pod. I don't know. That did not translate. Double, double. Boy, I dar, I'll, I'll give. That's another thing uh, the discipliners always say before they really come down on you. You know, that's when you cross them. They say it's their last chance, but they say, hey, I'll, I'll give you some free advice, kid. I got, I could, if I had a, a penny for every, you know, I'd be, I wouldn't need to be begging Muskie to be my best friend because I'd be so rich. I'll give you some free advice. Let me give you some free advice. You know, no me, no me Yoda. If they would have just said that, I'd say, well, I'm going to. Uh, you know, you've given the wrong. wrong. You, you should. You, I, I wish they had a shirt that said, don't give me it. You know, no me Yoda, I guess that kind of says it. Don't give me advice. It only result in, a, you know, me acting, acting out. I don't know why. So let's just move on here in Spanish. Uh, bingo, I, I come. Uh, mane, mane hando, mane hando, mama loves mane hando, do 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 do, mama loves mane hando, do 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 I translate by, I translate slow. Mane hando means driving. Like your singing is driving me crazy. Acuerdo, we're in agreement, you know, but it's my brain. It just does what it wants to. Acuerdo. Miedo, I fear. Uh, I fear. This is like a discipline EB training. You know, this is like, said, well, I'm not learning Spanish, uh, but maybe, you know, uh, instead of uh, children's discipline EB, I can take down the Scripps Corporation. With him, you know, my my compete. Well, this man's trying to compete with the compete with a spelling bee. Okay, is he a threat? You know, is it another spelling bee? Well-funded spelling bee with real cute kids. You know, we need we want to you know represent the uh, 
the country and the world. But yeah, he, it's just for bad kids, naughty kids, you know, disciplinees. And they would laugh. They say, well, that's no threat to us. And I'd say, well, you should mierdo, miedo me. Uh, tamando, because that doesn't uh, come up either. Mama loves tamando. And me hando. Tanto, so. Como un pase as a pass. Ase seg. Ulera, as a pat, oh no, secure it. Uh, Segularo, I, I secure it, I think. Uh, pasito, small step, that's a good one, small step. That's how this podcast gets done, all honesty, and my, the road, uh, to, uh, you know, discipline EB fame is one pasito at a time, one small step at a time. You know, the only way we're going to take down that spelling bee. In the president, probably won't get it done during President Obama, uh, President Obama's uh, tenure. Maybe not. Maybe we should just get a former president anyway. And by the time we do, you know, President Obama would be like 70, 80. We could get him, maybe, because I, I think him and I would get along. I can see us hanging. And I know it's the wrong time for an aside, but I don't know if I told you guys I always have a dream of the president while they're in office. And, you know, ever since, uh, there hasn't been that many presidents since I've been alive. Uh, well, I've been dreaming as an adult, but I haven't had one with Obama yet. I mean, that we've hung. But I've had one with uh, both former Bush, President Bushes and President Clinton. Al Gore was in the Clinton dream. Uh, so we'll see. And, and I probably can't share the dreams, that we, uh, but, but not tonight, but one day I will. Okay, uh. Rumba uh, doesn't tampoco neither. Tampoco neither. I like that one. Tampoco. A little bit of nothing. I wonder if that's what it is. A bit of nothing. Uh, papitas y croissant chips and you know croissant chips and a, a pastry. Uh, Guave on nodas. Now this is something a lot of people would say to me. You bird brain. Did you just try to come up with a discipline B? Yes, I did, sir. Guevonadas. Guevonadas. Uh, Yoraba, did you do that? I swore, I swore to uphold, uh, you know, no loyalty to other disciplinees, you know, to only misbehave when asked to behave. I swore no to misbehave. Uh, Asamierda, that S-H-I-T. Uh, Malayton, briefcase, uh, micro football. I think it just means our little soccer team. Hagale, no. Woman, Muhair, woman. Achar, Achar, throw. Nos baya, we go. Iba, wood. Orino, no. Enferma, sick. Uh, Garfio, hook. Mierme. Mierme, watch me. You know, you don't think I can start a, a spelling bee for kids that can't behave? That doesn't have to do with spelling or behaving? Mierme. And and someone smart would say, Sol Tarlo, release it. You got a movie of you doing any discipline? No, just this boring uh, diatribe here mixed with vocabulary words, which is already released. Sol Tarlo, 
uh, hi, ten, ido, imagines, o, pen, samientos. He has had imagines or thoughts. Uh, and this continues, que no se puede secar de la cabeza. You cannot get out of your head. Have you ever any thoughts or imagined things you couldn't get out of your head? All the time. Uh, here's one that didn't get interpreted, but it still came out good. Uh, I think Sandra Bullock's next movie is called this. It's Faltar al Recepto, R-E-S-P-T-O, Recepto, Etica, Ethics, Tuve, I Had, Huyo, I Run, Huyo, Huyo, So Far Away. I could not get away. Uh, Ferrados, no. She stay, joke. Yep, that's all they think of my plans, is a big she stay. Uh, Canose, known. It is known, they would used to say about me and the Khaleesi. It is known, I irritate the Khaleesi, it is known. Planeta, planet, Saturno, Saturn, suyo, yours. Miedo, fear. Cagarse, shit, huele, smells, oh boy, I guess some of these words are actually connected, uh, colchon, no, didn't, didn't, didn't translate, palato, bear, like Walt's bare ass, palato, uh, sotano, basement, uh, caja menor, petty cash, that's what, uh, Jose Miguel needed, some caja menor, uh, metodo, method, lohizo, he did, uh, displace after, laborel, labor, aspere, weight, gasto, spending, I'm spending a lot of money with this discipline AB, well, how much money, well, none, just time, really, well, how much time, well, just recently, like tonight, I came up with the idea, so, okay, uh, Camine, I think it'll go for a walk, Camine, uh, so, so pesa weighs, it weighs on me not winning the uh, national discipline EB. Uh, Benga, we'll come over and I'll, uh, you know, you know, give you some, you know, I don't know what I can do for you, but, uh, yeah, it'll always be a gal the same. Well, the guy would say this, enfermo mental, which I can't believe. Is, you know, mentally ill, infermo mental, that guy with the uh, discipline EB is. And I would say, well, tengo ganas, I want what I want. Tengo ganas, tengo ganas. I want what I want. And I want to, uh, whatever run was, enferme. Balacera de Hecho, indeed, shooting, indeed. We're going to shoot a imaginary movie about this discipline he be. Uh, Dio, he said, was that, there's a sign that says, uh, Dio, 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 she said, no, I don't know. Susto, Fright, that song just gave me a fright, Susto. Well, uh, Trantando, I'm trying Mama loves Trantando, do 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 do. Mama loves Trantando, do 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 do. I sing high, do do. I sing low, boom boom. I sing left, 
to and fro, but I'm a love strand and Hey, can you can I get a sunrisa out of you? A smile, a sunrisa. You know, just a little sunrisa. If that didn't make you sunrisa like the woman, you guys heard that story it was in two napcasts. Or I mean, one end of an episode and then a napcast. I I was in uh, Florida. In the supermarket, that song came on. Mama loves mambo, mama, 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 papa loves mambo. And I was in a good mood, rare good mood, uh, you know. This was when I was in Florida, helping my helping my family out, and now here I am again, spending time with my family. But I was in a good mood. I was in a supermarket. I was dancing to that song, and I was dancing down one of the aisles and doing spins. And there was a woman there uh, with one of those, uh, what are those called, mobile accessibility vehicle or whatever they're called, personal mobility vehicle. And uh, I gave, I, I spun around her. I did not touch her because I knew that wouldn't be. But I did a dance like I circled her while spinning to the song. And then I went on my way and she goes, but she said this in a wry, silly voice. Otherwise it would have been trouble. She said, there's no dancing in this store. And I said, that's where you're wrong, my dear. So, you know, I love my, I don't even know what the mambo is. I think it was a, something Cuban, a Cuban dance, I'm assuming. Anyway, let's move on. Um. But that was Trentando, my version of the Mambo, which involves is a supermarket Mambo. The Trentando, because I'm trying to Mambo. And, oh yeah, because I was doing it for your Sunrisa from you. Or an old woman in a supermarket. I'll take a Sunrisa. Como moda. As fashion allows. Como moda. You know, as is fashionable. And Raro, though. Raro, that, uh, Normally it's like, there's no dancing in this store. Like that. Whereas a different stressor and a different face, like glare, no wryness in that one. There's no dancing in this store. So, you know, raro, but, uh, what can I say? Valele, not, you know, way, well, well, way returns. And whenever you listen to this podcast, this is the last one, probably the phrase and the word of the week, because I forgot to look for those because I was so busy being, you'd say, well, the K-Raro, that's weird. That was about the weirdest language learning I've heard. And I could say, thank you for listening. Uh, this was an article, or actually more of a blurb from the Hollywood Reporter reporting on the deal. Uh, it was written in uh, October 2nd, 2013 by Scott Roxborough. Uh, and here we go. Meet Walter Blanco, Breaking Bad gets Spanish language version. Uh, as Vince Gilligan's creation ends with record U.S. ratings, Sony TV prepares a Colombian version, no RV this time. Uh, meet Walter Blanco, he's a flawed lead character, Metastasis, a new Colombian series from Sony Pictures with a bold premise. 
It's about a chemistry teacher becomes a meth cook, Breaking Bad in Spanish. As fans of uh, U.S. fans of Vince Gilligan's Emmy-winning drama and her post-finale withdrawal, Sony and Colombian producer Telset are hoping to hook Latin American audiences on the story of Walter, Jose, and Cielo, and brother-in-law Henry Navarro. Uh, Breaking Bad is a fantastic series that wasn't seen widely in Latin America because cables didn't have full penetration in the region, said Angelica Guerra. Uh, Sony Pictures Television Senior VP and Managing Director of Production for Latin America in the U.S. Hispanic market. But there is a universal adversity or something to the stories and characters we recognize could work well. Uh, and this is, this is interesting. Although Sony is sold Breaking Bad into 170 territories worldwide, the nature of the material with drug use and, and bad stuff happening has made the original show a little-seen niche property in most countries. In the U.K., it was dropped after the second season, but revived on Netflix. Uh, Metastasis uh, promises to be more mainstream for Spanish speakers that comes accustomed to crime telenovas El Cartel and La Saga. Uh, SPT has sold the first season of Metastasis to all major Spanish-speaking markets in Latin America, and to Unimas in the U.S. Uh, Sony insists no other foreign language versions are in the works, but the company is in an adaptation. But the company is an adaptation specialist, having done local English, having done local lingo takes on "Everybody Loves Raymond" for Russia, and married with children in a dozen countries. Gara sure. Uh, Guerra assures Breaking Bad devotees the producers having consulted with Gilligan and his team and that metastasis will be true to its twisted source material, but a few minor details have been tweaked. Motorhomes are not popular in Colombia, she says, so audiences will see Walter and Jose cooking up their first several batches of meth in an old, barely drivable school bus. So that's from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, from almost two years ago, so that's cool. Uh, I want to read a couple articles here about uh, Breaking Bad and Metastasis that I dug up. This one is from uh, CNN, and it's from uh, August 26, 2014. It's by Jane Caffrey, where Breaking Bad is just getting started. I'm mostly going to be quoting from the article since it's news. 16 Emmy Awards. Uh, that's how many cast and crew of Breaking Bad hauled in after five seasons. Uh, the series ended its run in September 2013. Uh, but as creator Vince Gilligan, Brian Cranston, Anna Gunn, and Aaron Paul laid uh, Breaking Bad to rest, elsewhere in the world, the series is just getting started. In September of 2014, Latin America will get its own Spanish-language version of Breaking Bad called Metastasis. Uh, presence is the, presence is the, the premise is the same, uh, but it's set in Bogota, Colombia, which we know. Uh, instead of watching the ev- uh, evolution of Walter White, will follow Walter Blanco, played by Diego Trujillo. Well, Walter Blanco is married to Cielo, and his partner is Jose Miguel Rojas, uh, which we all know. The series debuted in the States on Spanish-language channel, Unimas in June, 
and also made its way to Mexico, but in Colombian bed, not many people know about Breaking Bad. Trio explained in an interview. Uh, there's not a cable com- culture here. People watch open television on the basic channels they have. So metastasis is going to be a great surprise. Well, adapt- this is this is the interesting. This is the part I found interesting. Uh, while adapting shows to another language is commonplace, Trio uh, previously worked on Latin American versions of Grey's Anatomy and Desperate Housewives. The U.S. turned Colombian series Betty La Fea turned into Ugly Betty, but uh, Trio said producing Metastasis was no easy task. Now, you won't believe this next fact. The cast had to film the entirety of the entire series of Breaking Bad, shot for shot in six months. They didn't know how the story was going to end because they were shooting it before the final series of Breaking Bad. Despite those challenges, and I agree, the story doesn't get lost in translation. Uh, The themes it touches are very universal, Urbina says. That's Jose Miguel, I think. Uh, To me, the show is a moral question about how far you would go while exploring a complex character like Walter. Uh, one of Walter's scenes that strikes a chord with Trio takes place at the end of the series, so we won't talk about that. Uh, that's what Walter and his character, and all the characters are, Trio said. Every scene is full of contradiction, full of humanity. Uh, while Trio and Urbino are influenced by Cranston and Paul's portrayals of Walter White and Jesse Pinkman, they have made an effort to break away from the original and make their characters in the show their own. When you start working with a different language, different director, different cast, and our own traditions, at the end you really do have your own version, Trio said. Uh, Characters come alive by themselves. You forget very soon what you saw and the reference you have of of the other actor. When When Urbina began filming, he was too attached to Paul's portrayal of Jesse, with the memories of Breaking Bad ingrained in his mind. Uh, yet, making a conscious effort to start from scratch, he reimagined Jose Miguel Rojas. Uh, this is interesting. I think the base, biggest difference between uh, uh, Jesse and Jose is they're both insecure people, but Jesse's character shows more through aggression, while Jose, I tried to make him a little more vulnerable. I think you're able to relate more to him and feel what he is feeling. He's not afraid of showing sadness and emotion. And this has been a little bit of paraphrasing in here. Uh, the other factors that distinguish metastasis from Breaking Bad, uh, the setting of Bogota is more urban, big city, as opposed to Albuquerque's suburban landscape. Uh, the city also lacks deserts or border immigration issues that are prevalent in Albuquerque. Uh, with its high elevation, Bogota is cold year-round, so that's why there is no pool. Uh, the RV is replaced by a school bus, which we've seen. Although they're sharing similar material, there's no competition for the actors. Quite the opposite. Uh, Urbina and Trio were rooting for Breaking Bad at the Emmys. Uh, Cranston's performance is wonderful. He deserves all the awards and the rest of the class. Trio said they're great actors, and they did a great, great job. So far, Urbina and Trio haven't been doing too badly themselves. Vince Gilligan, they say, admires metastasis. Uh, Again, this amazing response from people all over Mexico and the States, Urbina said. 
There was this one guy in Mexico who wrote to me, and it was very touching because he identified with a character. He went down on drugs, lost his girlfriend, and he was reaching out, not to help but to connect and to grieve. So I think it's touched people in a positive, powerful way. There's only more to come as the much-anticipated season finale ends in Unimas, airs on Unimas in mid-September. And Metastasis comes to Latin American audiences with Fox Live on September 1st. Uh, the story is well adapted to our conditions here, Trio said. If people are going to believe it, believe the people. It's an amazing story, and I'm sure it's going to be well received. So just a little bit about from CNN there. Hey, good up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep we do it with a bedtime story uh, tonight it's our serial story tales of lady Witchbeard. but all you got to do is get in bed turn out the lights and press play i'm gonna do the rest and what what, what am i gonna do what's the rest for you newbies or you regulars you say well here's my proposal here's my memorandum of proposal whatever i'm gonna reach my hand via my voice i'm gonna send my voice across the deep dark night to your ears I'm going to use lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, and an unpatented system of boredom to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain. Whatever's racing through your brain, whatever's got you tossing and turning. I'm going to try to distract you from that. I'm going to try to take your mind off of whatever is, you know, whatever you're thinking about or whatever has got you emotionally stirred up, whether it's excited or down or blue or or anxious. Or maybe it's your body that's flaring up. I'm going to try to... I'm going to try to bring your attention to my my story, but I'm not going to lock you in. I'm not going to say, will you wait? Make sure you stick around till minute 49. Because I'll tell you what, at minute 49, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say Oshkosh Bagash, but I'm going to forget to say it. So at minute 49, I probably won't say Oshkosh Bagash. So no reason to say, there, I said it already, gosh, gosh, but gosh. But the story, you know, I, especially these these stories, I, I work really hard on them. And, and if you're a new person, you might say, well, that's ridiculous. Wait, you work really hard? Yeah, and I do, because I feel like, you know, I'm not going to fall into that internal, you guys just see me dodge that little trap my internal uh, arguer set for me there? I tried to use a, straw man version of a listener to, to bait me. But I'm not going to fall in that trap because, because I'm going to try to distract, but because I'm going to try to stay on point, which is the, uh, yeah, I try to I try to make these stories mildly entertaining uh, with a little bit extra exposition, a little bit extra talking, uh, details that you'd say, well, geez, I didn't need to know the, the wallpaper uh, you know, or, or whatever it is, and you, then you talked about the wallpaper for six or seven minutes. But hearing you talk about wallpapers, and that's the worst thing in the world, you know, a lot, lot better than, uh, you know, budgeting, you know, two in the morning budgeting uh, combined with shaming for candy expenditures, which only equate to about uh, one one-thousandth of my budget. But for some, you know, problem, you know, that's the kind of budgeting d- debates that go on in your head. 
for some people, but I'm going to try to take your mind off of that and distract you from that. And, and all you got to do, if you can stick with me, let me see if I can, I can make this a sal- somewhat salient point. You know, you hear people say, you know, just, just, just do, you know, just, just live in the present moment. Take it one, one bit at a time. And believe it or not, when I, a lot of times I think what helps this podcast or helps people feel at ease enough to fall asleep is it takes a lot of work for me. You see, geez, I wouldn't consider this a lot of, again, you say, well, gee, I don't know if you're perform, you know, it takes a lot of work to overcome my fear of performance my fears of embarrassment, and my internal perfectionist that says, uh, this this is, you know, so sometimes when I'm feeling extra anxious when I sit down to do the podcast, I have a little trick I use. It, not a trick, I guess. It's a, I don't know if it's a method. I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's a technique. I get, maybe that sounds too fancy, but, but I'd say a technique. Uh, some might call it a hack, but I'd say, well, I don't know if it's a hack. But, but what I do is I just uh, say, Especially with these Lady Witchbeard ones, because I do write them and rewrite them, or outline them and re-outline them. But it's like, okay, let's just take it five minutes at a time, Scooter. Here's the first part of the story. Let's just do five minutes, and then let's see how we're feeling. And, okay, this is what happened next. And, you know, if we need to take a little pause, and and then we'll do the next five. It's going to be okay. Oh, and then we'll do that 10 minutes. Or, you know, just like at bedtime, I'll, I'll sit down to do the podcast. For example, tonight I sat down. I wanted to start it at one time. And then another part of me is like, whoa, Scooter, I need to unwind here and watch some. No, I don't know. Definitely not a sensible part of me. says, let's watch the news. Okay, well, I thought you said you wanted to unwind. Watch the local news to unwind. That's counterintuitive. Or that's counter-counterintuitive. And they say, hey, Scooter, I got a rope, but I can't put it. And then, then a half hour went by. And then I said, then, then I said, okay, I'm going to do it now. And then I got, I said, well, she said, we got a lot to worry. How long is this going to take? Because I got stuff to worry about here. And I said, let's focus on the moment here, Scooter. Okay, let's just sit there. And then I said, I don't think I want to do the podcast. And I, I don't want to do whatever again. And I said, okay, buddy, let's just do, can we just start the podcast? And then can we do the next one? And then sooner or later, we'll fly through. We might even get into the zone. We might not. And if we don't get in the zone, we'll just take it piece by piece. We can do stop if, if it's if it's not if really not going well. But let's see how it goes. And I found that that technique, it works. And it's being honest. Sometimes I say, well, Jesus, I'm not feeling it. Maybe I'll do, you know, do it later. Or uh, usually I can power through, though, once I get started. And I start to enjoy myself. Maybe I start to relax. Maybe the story starts to flow. But I think taking it in these little chunks and maybe just taking your sleep and you say, well, geez, Scooter's doing the intro now. Let me try to relax and listen and, and uh, to shut the brain bots down. You know, so I don't know if you can break it, but, th- but, but this is our chunk here right now. I think that's my main point. This is our chunk together. And for at least this chunk, this is as safe a place as I can make it. I'm, I'm going to do my best to uh, to soothe the wall and distract you. And I'll be here for the next uh, four, for 48 to 55 minutes, or I have no idea, uh, Yeah, about 51 minutes or so. Who knows? I don't have a... And I'll do my best to be silly. I'll do my best to, to, to be over... So I'll, I'll throw in some extra, extra... Extra, extra explanations for you, okay? 
So this is our chunk here. We're together, uh, kind of. And there's a community other pe- of other people listening right now. And so just just try to relax and think in your bed. We're here. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a story, and we'll we'll see how it goes. And let's just take this chunk right now. How's that sound? How's that sound? Is a what do I say? A memorandum of proposal. And I said, well, geez, that's not. If if I got that memorandum, I wouldn't have made it. How many paragraphs were in there? Because that was too many. And I would say touche. So I'd say, hey, I said, I said, you know, safe place. I'm sending my voice across the deep dark night to distract you, uh, to try to put you at ease, to, to, to stop your tossing and turning and, and help you cross over the threshold to sleep. But if for some reason you can't sleep, I'll still be here talking. And I put, I put work into this uh, just in case. And I say, not in, uh, you know, so it's like, well, it's not like I'm just like, uh, Says, you know, just talking words or straight, whatever. It's not like a filibuster. Uh, though there is filibustering within the, you know, there, there could be filibusters. But it's not one big filibuster. So I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I'm glad you're here. And I do help. I help you fall asleep. All right. Thanks for stopping by. And this is your first couple times here. Yeah, this is pretty out of the normal uh, sleep, sleep stuff, sleep technique stuff. You know, not a lot of goo, a lot of goo, but not a lot of guru. You know, just the goo or the roo, but not. A, I'm not a guru. I'm either goo or roo. What did I say? My brain had a gobbledygook. Uh, you maybe, maybe in some, some, you know, down under whatever you call me, a mash mouth. I don't know what you guys, mush mouth, mash mouth. Smush mouth. I say I'm more of a smush mouth, I guess. Or a phage, as I was called last week. The, the phage is here. Uh, so that's it. All uh, right. And, uh, you know, welcome back or come on back anytime. The uh, air's just dull here. Uh, it was, it's too late for a country time lemonade metaphor, but uh, let's get you to sleep. What do you say? All right, when we last left off, uh, Lady Witchbeard and I had encountered uh, Montezuma, Monte, Monte. And he had, he had had a general idea, semi, somewhat misguided idea of who me and Lady Witchbeard were. And I think the reason why is he showed us, like, what I believe now are the secrets of the world, like this hall that was somewhat like a hall you'd see in a natural history museum and had... Uh, I don't know what they call them. Oh, exposite. What did I say? Uh, exhibits like life scale dioramas. But instead of being just static, they were dreamlike. Uh, so, so instead of having an exact idea of who me and Lady Witchbeard was, he was kind of interpreting dreams about me and Lady Witchbeard and about other events. So he thought I was the phage instead of the germ. Or you might say, no, Scooter, he said phage. And I said, well, yeah, I prefer the phage. And then he thought Lady Witchbeard was a mustachioed queen. And you say, no, mustached queen. And the uh, buckler of swaz, which I like that. We didn't, I didn't use that enough in the episode for, you know, buckler of swaz. Maybe you should say that right before, buckler of swaz. That's the kind of thing someone says when you're like, uh, 
when they're asleep, but you think like, you're like, honey, where's the gold? And they say, buckler of swaz. Yeah, where do you keep the key to the safety deposit box, honey? The buckler of swaz. What did you say under the smaj? Buckler of swaz, my dear. Okay, under the fly swatter? Buckler of swaz. Uh, but that's what they call Lady Witchbeard. I'll stop right now. Um, and he showed us all these other exhibits. It ended up he was building the pyramid. He showed us other uh, exhibits. Uh, and I started interpreting And what I figured out is that the pyramid was kind of like a Cold War nuclear weapons, maybe. Except, uh, well, yeah, probably also built at a high cost to the people. I didn't even think about the socioeconomic impacts until uh, just a second. But just like the nuclear weapons, it was a deterrent in, in Montezuma's, uh, presumably, this is my interpretation. And they say, well, didn't you write this story? No, interpreted this story from, you know, the story, you know, story swamp in my brain. The old story swamp, that's where the stuff, you see, how'd you come up with a scooter? I'd say it's a story, I got a swamp of stories in my brain. I just go in there, pull out some muck, you know, smash it to, you know, kind of like making a mud pie. Uh, but he, I got distracted there by this, I got lost in the old story swamp. I shouldn't have gone in there just to make a point. You only go in there when you're looking for story stuff. Uh, but much like Cold War, uh, nuclear weapons, the pyramid was a deterrent for the gods, the angry gods that, that uh, Montezuma's people were at war with, or some sort. I, I don't have all the details. But he said, I think he said, hey, I'm going to, this is a, this pyramid that gathers magic. And it's going to shoot some stuff up in the, you know, something where he could take the gods out. Or I don't know. I don't think I ever. But it was a deterrent that he didn't, he, he, but just like the nuclear weapons, he, I don't think he, he was getting rich like the people said, well, geez, we'll make them. Uh, I don't know if there was a, whatever you call it, industrial, whatever the thing may jig, but, uh, uh, so, but then he said, the real thing the guys want is Cortez. So I said, well, you know, but Lady Witchbridge said, Jesus has got to do with the magic, I think. Uh, quit building this thing because if Cortez comes and messes it up, maybe that's what messes up the magic. And I said, buddy, we'll just go, 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 go get Cortez, deliver him straight to your gods. And uh, he said, well, it sounds like you, you give it a shot. I, I think that's how we left it off. We were actually at dinner. It was raining indoors, which I think, uh, not to get off track right away, I don't know many people saw the movie Ice Pirates like 8,000 years ago. Again, another part of my formative sexuality was uh, seen in Ice Pirates, where two people make love in an indoor rainstorm. But I think that's the only good. And, and you don't want an indoor rainstorm when you're eating dinner. It, it, it's terrible. You know, Jesus, even if you have a soup, it's like now soup tastes like water. And it's like, you know, I don't even know where this rain even came from. So who knows? Uh, so free advice to any interior decorators or, you know, magic users, you know, save the rain for, for lovemaking. Or I guess for shooting movies with lovemaking scenes in it, because geez, uh, I don't know if that's even, it might be not bad. You know, it depends on the temperature of the rain. 
And his love, you know, maybe just having sex and not lovemaking, you could use indoor rain for. Uh, but so, but there wasn't any of that. There was just rain and we're eating dinner. And that's where we left off. So it's time uh, for another episode of The Tales of Lady Witchbeard. Har, har, Holy shit, Antonio. He just walked right into that, walked right out. And I think he's got a Tesla. He should drive, drive right back to L.A. Thanks, Antonio. He'll have to one more. It's the Tales of Lady Witchbeard. Har, har, yeah. Uh, I like that, too. All right. Tales of Lady Witchbeard and Antonio Banderas. Thanks. Uh, so we had a little bit, as dinner ended, uh, we had a little debate about Monta, Monty, Monta. You know, because I told him about the whole uh, Golden State Warriors and how Steph Curry, I, we we actually got into an argument of who, who was cuter, uh, Monta, Monta Ellis or Steph Curry. And I said, there's no, and I said, well, geez, there actually is an argument. But I said, you know, Steph's on the Warriors. He won, you know, he won us the championship, buddy. Uh, but I don't think, actually, I guess I was just arguing with myself in the rain. And Monarchy kept saying, what, Mavericks? What? what?" So I guess that wasn't a real debate. But it, it, there was a debate about uh, whether he he wanted to come with us. He's like, well, Marina's there. And then Lady Witchbeard was like, no, no, we got to And I said, well, we could take I said, Lady Witchbeard, come on. And she said, Germ, we need to get this done. And I said, okay, Mana, you stay here with all these, you know, We'll be back. Don't worry. And then Lady Witchbeard, she she dealt with the details, which I said, geez, why haven't we been doing this all, all, all along? Like, you be the details person, and I'll be the other person. And then she just gave me that same, and I said, you take care of the details and the magic and the leadership and the stern looks, and the, the uh, what do you call furrowed brows, and I, I you know I'll I'll do I'll take care of the bar, bar, Balky Bartak moose, you know. And she, she I said, Lady Witchbeard, I got to make you laugh every once in a while. And I, she said, Well, once once a season. And I said, Well, there's four seasons in a year, and that actually got her to smile. And she said, why, she said, well, and I said, so, but she got the details because she said, "We, I don't know, if, I think she got the address of like the God Drop or wherever. I don't know. That's why she was in charge of the details. Clearly, I went back to the thing that it looked like an aquarium, like the under deep sea uh, fish, glow in the dark fish aquarium and stared in it looking for answers. But anyway, we, we we had that, and then we hopped in. It was broom time, which I said, oh, this is great. And he said, Lee, which was our plan? And we actually flew the brooms just quick up to the top of the pyramid. And and then we talked about vortices again in, in uh, Sedona, Arizona. And I said, this is a vortices. This must be a huge vortices. Why there's pyramids here? And why the mat, you know, what, and she, we kind of talked about that, but it was super. And I said, vortices is a nice word. And I said, is a vortice, is it, is that one of those trick words? Because it's not vortices, vortice. 
And, and I realized I thought I was thinking of what I was saying. And I said, oh, sorry, Leah. But she busted out her uh, looking glass type thing. Uh, that at some point she had to read whatever Rick had gotten back from me. And that, that had some sort of magic powers. Very Gilliam-esque, I would say. Except it didn't strap onto her like her hat or anything. But we we located a general from the top of the pyramid. You could see in, everywhere. And you were surrounded by uh, some sort of vibrating stuff. And they had stopped working on it. But they were close to done, and I could sense, I said, yeah, this thing is overflowing with magic. And I said, said Jesus, I wish I had some. But anyway, Lady Whisper was like, okay, focus, Sherm, focus. That's her, that's her mantra with me. That's her mantra with me. And then we found uh, Cortez, the direction of Cortez, not far off, maybe four or five days walking, I don't know. But by broom, broom, well, we didn't have brooms, but by bro, imitate, what do you call it, broom stand-ins, which were our uh, sta, uh, uh, temples, you know. Tra- temple, tra- I said, geez, we should get musky on that. You know, musky's got the tube. Uh, and I said, well, that's better, the tube. His idea is probably better than, than flying by temples. But we we uh, we, we were flying there. At our temples with broom dust, magical broom dust. And again, we would have to take a break every once in a while and, and, and assess. And I said, Lady, which, what's our plan when we get there? And she said, Well, we got to figure out where he is and we'll, 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 you know, when he fall, you know, we'll take him. And I said, Lady, which, do you know what a drone is? And she said, it, it's someone that won't stop talking, and, and, and they just go on and on and on. And I'm like, oh, Lady Witchbeard, what is, it? What is this? Why, Lady Witchbeard, do you have a... Uh, Lady Witchbeard, is there, do you have a preference about what, what, what bristles you like in your broom? Lady Witchbeard, do you like to say bristles in a broom, brooming bristles? Bouncing and brooming, but, and she just went on like that for, and I said, ha, ha, ha. And I said, no, lady, which we're not droning. That's droning. And I said, but you, if you're controlling a drone, you may be droning. But a drone is this thing. And they said, we could be drones and we'll circle the camp from above with your thingamajig. And she said, someone will see us. And I said, not if we're like a drone, lady, which we're, then you're so high up that you just look like something innocuous. And I said, well, nothing flies. And I said, don't worry. And we circled the camp far, far in the sky, just like a couple of drones. And we were, we were high, and she was looking at, at her uh, thing, and she said, and I said, I tried to get close. And we were looking, and I said, let me look. Uh, and, and, and I was looking, and I said, there's, I, I started doing, I guess I thought I was funny. I was like pointing out, uh. I was making them nicknames for different uh, conquistadors. Uh, probably not good, funny stuff, though, because I was saying they were, I said, I still don't have a clarification if those are pith helmets. So I was doing pith breath, pith face, you know, it wasn't hilarious stuff. Well, Lady Whisper said, I think this is, and then we saw Cortez or somebody looked, uh, he said, man, if even at 10,000 feet, this guy's charismatic. There was something about the way he walked, and he had a, what seemed to be a woman with him. 
because she, she just said it was the most lovely, even at 10,000 feet, the most lovely bare shoulders I've ever seen at 10,000 feet uh, via, you know, monocular or whatever the hell we were using. It, it, then we were going back and forth, and at some point, uh, I guess they did a little bit too much pulling. Lady Wishbeard yelled at me. And then she said, we got to redo the, she said, we're, we're, we're too high up. We got to re-dust our brooms. And then she got ready to dust her broom. And of course, she said, what did that? I sneezed. But it, it wasn't a powerful enough sneeze, you know, up in this atmosphere. But it frightened Lady Witchbeard of all things. And she did one of those things where you get frightened and you do, you know, with your phone. I don't know if that's happened. Or even if, or maybe I was holding, maybe this is the version of whatever, you know. Okay, what really happened is I accidentally inhaled some broom dust. And then luckily my body sneezed it out, hopefully immediately, but maybe not. And then I, then I bobbled the broom dust thing. But Lady Witchbeard caught it, but then she lost her grip. And they tumbled down to there. They probably all tumbled out. And I wondered, like, whether Cloud of Broom died. But I said, geez, because that stuff's powerful. And then at her brooms, Lady Wishbeard said, well, geez, we're screwed, Germ, because what are we going to do? Start to go down. We're going to pick up speed. Our brooms are, brooms are uh, you know, I think that's what we tried anyway. And then we, you know, our broom, like whatever, anti-gravity, whatever, it's magic. So just stay, bear with me, you know. That stuff wore off. We started plummeting, and, and then I said, "I said, uh, well, she's maybe." And I, I said, "Well, maybe if I sneeze, you know, I still got some broom dust left in my nasal cavity." So as we plummeted, I said, and then lady, and I said, "Oh," and I was like, "Man, it's really hard to sneeze on command." But then I knew one technique that always works, which is the old, no, you know, obscure hair plucking. You know, so, so I did that. And finally I sneezed and it ended up shoes. Like that was something like something out of one of those old Disney live action movies with uh, uh, that what's her name would be in from Murder She Wrote, uh, uh, who's Angel Lansbury, you know, like bread knobs and boom, bread knobs and broomsticks. And they say bed knob, bread knobs and bro- that was bread knob, that was part two. Angel Lansbury wasn't in that one. And actually, that bread knobs and boomsticks. That was a. I guess that was something I wrote. Uh, the case of the sneezing fool. But in this case, the sneezing fool saved. But but end up, Lady Witchbeard had to climb on me like I was a broom. And she kind of got her knees in my back. She was holding my head and using my. Because then I started sneezing uncontrollably. I think because the broom dust. Even if it was a jibit, but whatever. She used me like I was some sort of uh, a broom, I guess. Which she, she she didn't exactly ride me like a broom because I don't think, uh, I mean, that sounds terribly inappropriate, but in this case it wasn't. She was like, uh, she was riding me like a combination of a broom and a small uh, magic carpet. Uh, more, yeah, like a lumpy magic carpet with her knees on my back, holding my head so that every time I sneezed, kind of like I was an outboard motor on a rowboat, my me and my, my head and my nose. And I think she was holding one of my legs, 
But again, I couldn't get a good look because I was sneezing. You know, my eyes are watering. But finally, we, we mostly crashed into a bush, but at a low speed and, and landed. But I quickly recovered, and I said, so, Lady Witchbeard, what's the plan? And she said, Germ, uh, she said, are you okay? I said, uh, I said I'm great. So I, she said, well, we'll sneak into the camp and, and figure out. And I said, I'll sneak in there. And she said, Broom, you just ingested in, in some broom dust and correct. You know, I rode you like a broom. And I said, yeah, I feel totally, I've never felt so alive. And as a matter of fact, I need to walk to, you know, to get my spine back in alignment because your knees were between a couple of my vertebrae. And I was like, I, and Lady Witchbury, I love sneaking around. And she said, okay, germ. And she said, she said be careful. And I said, Lady Witchbeard. Uh, you know, there's nothing, you know, I can't be any less careful than, and she said, don't inhale any more broom dust. And I said, I'm not, and she said, don't sneeze and get caught either. I said, oh, they said, why don't they just cover their noses in that situation? You know, plug your nose. But so I started, I creeped my way around the camp. Lady Witchbeard stayed with me on the edge of the forest. You know, they had camped in a clearing. And again, I think they, they they had a sizable army of conquistadors and some indigenous people, but mostly conquistador types. And these were the guys that had been sent to catch Cortez. I think maybe two different groups. I think he had maybe the original group, but there was a secondary group that was in pursuit of us. And I'm just assuming he used his perfect teeth, his perfect wet chin. Uh, high cheekbones, great, I mean, his phenomenal haircut and his magnetic personality. But he said, she said, I don't know if you've seen him in a short sleeve shirt, but I would bet he's, you know, he's probably pretty, pretty cut too. And beautiful woman on his arm. Seems like reasonable intelligence, unfortunately, uh, to win those guys. Promises of gold and all that crap, probably too. And like I said, like somebody quoted me this week, like, dude, he's capable of probably tantric sex and true love. So, but so anyway, what was my point? My point was, so they weren't really on guard, like they were, weren't planning on being attacked. So their guard was down, which is good for me because, you know, sneaking, despite what I told Lady Witchbeard, I'm a moderate sneaker, you know, creep, you know. Not great at it, not the worst at it. Uh, so we made our way. Uh, we made our way around, and then we saw what, what was his tent because it was it, actually his third biggest tent. Uh, but I think the first tent was for the horses or something, and the second tent was where they ate, or maybe maybe cooking and eating. I don't know. But I said, "All right, I'm gonna sneak in," and so I did a pretty nice tent. So I did the old dodging. It, it was like, it, it was dusk. They were eating and singing. You could hear some singing. Or it was just chant. I don't know what it was. Maybe maybe they were, now I'm thinking about it, they were, maybe there was a really, church, maybe they were at church. Uh, but not important. I sneak into the tent. The, the, I do some crawling. I do I do a couple rolls. And even later, which were, no germ, no rolling. Yeah, because they just wanted, you know, I wanted, I said, there's a little Jason Bourne in me. 
And but I got to the tent. I crawled under, and I did the. I, actually, at first I tried to crawl, and they said, "Oh no, let me why." I said, "Why does everybody go head first under the like a little bit of a, like why don't you go sideways?" And so I said, oh, "I'm inventing a new way to sneak into a tent side lengthwise." Or and I did that, and there was no one in the tent. Uh, but of course, then, then I got into a tent. It was like, it was a nice tent. There was a nice bed. And they said, how come uh, big shots always have rugs in their tent, you know, on the ground? And in the center of the tent, on one of the rugs, was this really big chest. And I said, well, geez, that's a big chest. I should look in there and just see. And then I said, and I said oh, wait a second. How am I going to catch... Uh, Cortez, I didn't even think about that. And then I was like, oh, no, wait, Lady Witchbeard told me a while ago, like during one of our stops with the machine. And I said, okay, what? And then I heard somebody coming. So then I said, well, I'm going to open the chest. It was full of a bunch of clothes. And I said, this is a perfect hiding spot for me. And I climbed in there. And then I said, put, I, try, I said, I wish there was a thinking cap in here because I need to remember. I said, when I said, wait till he goes to sleep. And I said, oh, wait, and then, you know, make sure he stays asleep with the old, uh, with the old, you know, d- tap on the noggin. But then I heard, like, some, you know, he said, I, I said, is that a woman singing? And I, I said, was it him by something like that. And I guess my curiosity got the best we said, because I did the old cock, 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 the old, uh, what do you call that? Open the chest a bit, you know, the old pe- peering out the chest plan. And as I peered out the chest, uh, the music hit my ears, like make maple syrup, when it hits butter, then hits your tongue on, on pancakes. It was, it was like, uh, oh, you know, like you do that. It was like, what? It was this woman just singing some, uh, I said, well, I don't even know the language, but it's, and then it right in my view was the entrance of the tent. And who strolls in, but, but Hernan Cortez, and immediately he starts singing, and, 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 uh, I, I I did feel my head. I said, Jesus, okay, no concussion. And then I said, maybe I have some room. Because he was singing, it was like a musical. He's like, Was in the shadows at the Was I was I do Zapuatu. Like he was singing like he was, it was, it was, it was, uh, I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then they start, it's, and then I see him, he starts dancing, it's Marina. And they're dancing, and they had on, like, I don't know, they had on the kind of outfits you'd expect, like, and they're looking in each other's eyes, and they were, like, he was, like, it was like a seduction by song, and she was seduced, she's like, wowee. And they were doing a thing where you like, uh, walk, you know, but, but like an improv dance where he's moving towards her, eyes locked. She's moving towards him. I was like, this is getting sexual quick. Uh, but then they were singing and smiling and lots of eye contact, lots of handle dancing, cheek to cheek. And I'm talking face cheek to face cheek, chest to chest. 
still saying, Whoa, was dipping her. She was dipping him. She was doing moves with her legs that you were like, like leaning back and putting one leg up. And not, not in any dirty way either. Like, uh, subtle, subtle. And I said, Holy shit, this is like a, uh, and I wish I, I said, this is like, this is like some true, true love stuff going on and right in front of me. And I wish I had my decade. I said, the, the, decades now, because I was like, this is some like 1950s was my first reaction, like some true love movie. And I said, well, maybe not the 50s. And then I said, how come the four? I go, oh, yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff in the. I said, maybe the 30s, maybe the, I said, probably not the 60s or the 70s or the 80s. So I said, maybe the 50s or the 30s. This is some sort of 30s level romance uh, with a leading man and a leading woman. And I was watching it unfold and, and I was mesmerized. And I could not take my eyes off it. They, and it always stayed on this edge of tension. And, uh, for, for a minute, like, uh, I thought, man, I was watching, I said, I don't know if I could, I started to feel bad about, uh, cause I said, these two are really in love, I think. And, and something about uh, me, maybe there was even a vulnerability at Cortez, like where his confidence was there. But it was also like he was so in love with Marina that I was like, that I connected with him. I mean, because Marina, I was in love with her the whole freaking time. I was in love with her. I was in love with them being in love. And I was also in love with the idea of either Cortez being friends with me or me being him. Or like one-fifth as cool as him. And, and you wonder, you know, when people are like, uh, this is the decade I style myself after. You know, you see people, they say, well, this is my, you know, I'm in the 50s style or whatever. And I get, I don't know if this was 30s, 20, it could have been the 20s. No, not the 20s. No flap. Marina's no flapper. Not, no, nothing against flappers, but she's not a flapper. But just as I started to consider what I was doing, uh, Marina went over to the, the, uh, the, what was it called? I was in a crate, not a crate, a chest and flipped it open. I said, oh boy. And she was still dancing and singing. Look at him. She reached in and had like handed something up to her. And it just happened to be the right thing. It was a scarf. And, she, and this was still like a movie. I was like, she's spinning around with this, like, uh, if it's a scarf, because I probably like one of those, you know, something you put around your like that's thin and and translucent though. But then she said, "My, this won't do." And then I said, "Oh boy, if they get naked, what the hell am I going to do then?" But then she reached in again, and she looked down and she saw me, and and I saw she was reaching for this thing, so I reached up and I put it on, and then I took her hand and I st- started dancing with her. I was just uh, part of me was just caught up in the moment. And I said, oh, the bones of Dido Marina. And I started dancing with her, and she kind of went, and I think there was some sort of magic in the room, the tent, uh, because Cortez didn't do anything, and Marina let me start dancing with her. And then I was like, damn, I can't see. And I said, well, and then I said, wait a second, so Marina... 
I, I said, well, Marina, uh, and I said, maybe I should warn her. And I said, Marina, are you with us? Are you, and I said, trying to get answers out of her. Uh, like, uh, but then I was like, I don't think I want to capture this Cortez either, but I don't, and I said, well, should I tip them off? Uh, and then I noticed I was singing the song. And then Cortez was clapping. And then I started getting more caught up in the moment. And I said, well, and Marina spun me and I made eye contact with her and I instantly felt like triple time in love with her. And then we were dancing. She was a dancer, man. She was barefoot. Oh, I didn't even step on her feet. And it was like I felt even the like pleasure of forlorn. There was like a forlorn pleasure in there because I knew what I just witnessed as like no shot for me. And then she spun me around, and then she she spun me to Cortez, and Cortez danced with me for the night. And I said, okay, stay. And I noticed I had on uh, uh, some sort of uh, something I'd put on. What is this? And this feels, I said, this feels pretty well. And I noticed Cortez grabbed the lapel and I said, whoa, 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 buddy. No, 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 no. And I kind of broke the moment because I said, no, 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 that's something, that's a boundary. And then I spun around, and I guess I kind of killed the mood. And he said, "He said, uh, take take off the coat, germ." And then I turned to Marina, was standing in front of the doorway, and she kind of she was flushed, and so was I. So was Cortez. And I said, "Okay, this is." But she she was standing there, black in my way too, like flushed with passion and passionate. Uh, and, and I said, well, I said, take off the coat. And then Marina said, the coat of many colors, germ, remove it. And then I noticed Cortez, like, had snuck his way to get something to make, you know, say, Jesus, I'm serious about you taking off the coat. And I said, well, this is, I said, that, that this has been a lovely evening. I said, it's so good to see you guys. And he said, not, not, nothing with the germ, germ, no germ around germ. And I said, I go by the phage now, by the way. You don't need to call me the germ anymore. And he said, it's germ. And I said, well, it's the phage now, the phage. And he said, off with the coat. And I said, the coat of men. And I said, okay. I said, so this is a coat of many colors for the And I got lost up in the Neil Young song again. And I said, well, she said, I said, I just came here to, I said, that was, lo-. I said, you two really lo- love each other or something, huh? And he said, the germ, remove the coat. And I said, well, I, I wanted to see if we could work out a compromise because, uh, and Marina said, there's going to be no compromise germ. You, you won't be taking your non. And he said, he, he said, and I said, taking her on, where would you get that idea? And, 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 then, and then I said, okay, the code many colors, this kind of in. And I guess I was waiting for it to do some ma- magic uh, stuff. 
And then and then I said, I said, she's the coder. And I said, I go to any colors. And I guess I was nervous. Sometimes when I'm, not even when I'm nervous, sometimes I'll just repeat songs over, so like over and over again. And then I don't know what I was thinking, but I said, I thought about the goat of many colors. And I started laughing. I said, the goat of many, and next thing I know, uh, I'm transforming into a goat, uh, or trans, I don't know, I'm becoming a goat of many colors. And I mean, for real, like not uh, metaphorically. And then I said, I was still kind of sitting, and I, I was aware of it, like uh, they say, like out of body, like I was watching myself transform, but I was also inside this goat's body. And uh, I said, the goat of them. And then I said, next thing you know, uh, as with most things, uh, you know, I, I was still singing in my head, but then I was like, bah, you know, I guess I was in bah, that's what sheep do, but you know, goats make a bleeding, I know sheep bleat too, B-L-E-E-T. I, I don't know, goating, I was making some goats, which isn't that different than my singing. And then uh, Cortez like was like uh, he he made a move at me, but I had you know for I had my goat stinks, you know goat instincts, which turns out are a lot better than German stinks or phage instincts. Because he made a move at me, I didn't even know I was capable. But I did like a like a, a juco move where I did a left right left, and he dove at me, and then I goaded by him. Marina went at me, she, I gave her actually a little butt, not a big, you know, Marina already had a, like, uh, she didn't have a, she had a good butt, but I butted her with my horns, but not in a violent way, just like I bumped her out of the way, and then I did a move, just pure goat instincts, I was not in control here, but I was, and I dashed right out the door, boom, I broke her hard right out of the thing, they tore out, but they, you know, overshot. And actually, my goat stinks were going so fast that I, like, hung, like, uh, 90 degrees around the side of the tent. Then I went another 45 degree right. And I shot in the woods. And I was a goat of many colors. And believe it or not, like, uh, I don't know if I was a chameleon goat, but it just happened to be the many colors were, were like, I was invisible as soon as I hit the forest. And then I, for a second, I panicked. I said, oh, boy, I'm a goat of many. And I, I said, don't think about it, Phage. And I said, well, geez, I better find Lady Witchbeard, you know, because who, who better to find if you've been turned into to a goat than, a, you know, your, you know, your, your witch buddy? Uh, but I, at first I stayed still because I was like, okay. And then I heard Cortez yelling out orders. He's turned into a goat. Find me the goat. And they started it. And I said, okay. And they looked around and I said, goat instincts, find Lady Witchbeard. And nothing happened. So I said, okay, these goat instincts aren't, goat stinks aren't automatic. Uh, but then uh, I said, okay, so phage instinct. And I said, okay. And I remember we're supposed to meet this big tree. Uh, that you could, she said, she told me, she's like, okay, after you come out, if you can see the three tents, you know, look for the top. So I said, okay, that's, that's human instincts, but it still works for a goat. And I said, geez, I got a human brain and consciousness. I said, I wonder if, you know, 
what consciousness, you know, theorists are saying, geez, if you can turn into a goat, what does that mean for human consciousness, you know? If I can bring my consciousness into a goat, does that mean there's an afterlife or is it irrelevant? But then I said, I better go finally. So I started going late, which I was moving slow. And then I said, then I caught a whiff of my, I said, man, I still got a human scent memory because I stink. I said, man, for, I said, I go to many colors and scents. And luckily, I, I guess, or maybe just naturally, I changed into a male goat because then I thought about how relieved, despite my goat-like scent, that I didn't smell like a, uh, a like I, I said, I don't like, uh, I'm not a big goat milk fan. And I said, just, he said, you know, when people say, geez, they're sensitive to some flavors. Uh, the flavor of goat milk and lamb, those two flavors, they, 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 they uh, I don't know, my tongue's just sensitive to them. I don't like it at all. And I said, what would that mean? Would I be a colicky goat baby then if I had to drink goat's milk? And I said, well, luckily I'm a grown goat. And then I started, I guess I got distracted because I started button, button stuff because I said, geez, I got horns now. I'm a horny. And no one, you know, no one's, and I, but I butted a couple bushes. But then I was like, okay, don't bring, you know, and I started sneaking again, goat style. And being a goat in the woods is pretty good because, you know, goat hair is kind of, you know, thicker and coarser. And then I made my way, and there was Lady Witchbeard. She was kind of, she's also good good in the woods, you know, uh, green and blacks. So she stepped out, and she said, hello. And I tried to talk, and I said, bah, bah, bah. And, and I said, uh, I, I, made a, I just made a movement with my head, and I said, uh, and she said, do I know you? And then I did a spin. And then they, and I said, oh, geez, too bad. I said, a spin right, yes, a spin left, no. But I just thought that, and she didn't answer. And then she said, come here, come here, little goat, come here. And I said, uh, and she said, you're a nice goat. She said, you're, you're a very colorful goat. And she said, you, you remind me of someone. And I said, well, it's, uh, it's Mila. And then she said, come along. And she said, have you seen my friend, the phage germ? And I said, bah. and I tried to do the yes. And, uh, but I don't know, I said, I think she knows it's me, I think. And she said, come on, come on. And then she was leading me by, by, by my horns. She actually had a grip on my horns, like a nice soft grip. And I said, well, geez, I wonder where we're going and then I said, wait a second, we're good. And then I noticed uh, we walked right into the, the camp. And then we walked right in the uh, soldiers. Uh, everyone stopped. Like, uh, there was a lot of yelling until they saw Lady Wishbury. And then there was no yelling. And they just kind of nodded. And, and I said, wait a second, that's strange. And we went right to Cortez's tent and right inside. And I said, well, and she said, come on, little goat, goat. And as soon as we went in the tent, uh, some guy ran him right behind Lady Witchbeard and handed her a rope uh, that she put over my head. And then she put it, wrapped it around my horns, too. And I said, oh, Jesus. And she said, I got you now. And she tied me to a, the temple at the center of this tent. 
and she sat she 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 sat on the chest and then in walked Marina and, and Cortez. And uh, Cortez said, Oh, Lady Witchbeard. And she said, Hernan, Marina. And he said, I'm, I'm glad you came. And she said, Is this German? He said, It is. He's a goat of many colors. And she said, Is that going to be a problem? He said, He said, No, we could have just removed his coat if we need it. You know, it'd still be the goat's coat of many. And I. I I I, I bleated at that place, like a like a lamb. And then Cortez said, "Well, I'm glad you you've you've decided to work with me." And if, then I started looking back and forth, and and I said, uh, I, "I said, wait a second. And I and I said, "Geez, I wonder if can, do, do goats have tear ducts?" And I said, "Wait, is the lady which beard double crossing me?" And she said, "Well, my primary concern is saving the magic or not." She said, you can have whatever you want, the, the gold, the people, the power. She goes, I just need to, to, to protect the magic. And I said, my, my heart kind of sunk, but then, I don't know, then Cortez sat down on the bed, and he called me over, and Marina sat in his lab. And, and, and she was scratching my head, which actually felt phenomenally good. And they were all kind of sitting there, and he said, well, well Lady Wishbeard, we'll, we'll have to come up with a plan. And she said, I already have a plan or none. And he said, excellent. And he, he said, Marina, do you want to take care of this goat? And she said, yeah, she, he's, he, this is a good goat. And I say, then I was even more torn because I was like, man, feeling a good petting is very distracting for whatever you call it feels so good, you stop thinking straight. I think that's what happens to animals and stuff. Like I had the sense soothed right out of me. So even though I'd been double-crossed, and I said, well, geez, I was a goat, so that's not great. Goat of many colors, I didn't even know. I kind of accidentally transformed into it. I was caught, Lady Witchbeard double-crossed me, kind of. I kind of feel guilty about double crossing. Well, I said, we're not really double crossing or not. But I said, well, this is probably a good place to stop for this week. You know, I'm a goat. A goat trying to cry, but being so soothed by a beautiful woman petting me. Uh, strange situation, strange occurrences, but the goat of many colors is the phage. Now a goat of many colors. You might say yourself, how many colors, what colors? And I'd say, yeah, use your imagination. Think of the most lovely goat you've, you've, you've seen and then add so many natural colors to it. Like a goat of dreams being soothed with such a gentle, gentle pet. A gentle, gentle strokes on the area right between your ears and your horns. That just loves to be stroked. So soothing, so gentle, so kind. That it makes the feelings of being double-crossed and confused go right away. Good night. Uh, so that's that. I want to thank uh, Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful, who does our music. He's got a podcast, Sounds Like an Earful. Check it out, please.
I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer who do our artwork. We have a Facebook community over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S, nods. And that's to talk about sleep stuff and, and, and podcast stuff and just make friends, actually, or acquaintances or lurk. You know, I'm, I, I've, I've lurked in more than a few places. You know, they say, Scooter, you're an IRL lurker, aren't you? They say, well, former, formerly. Uh, but anyway, I want to thank our moderators, Jennifer B., Julie C., Rachel L. to the G., Lida S., and Laura, and also former, you know, founder, Alexandra. Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. You think I just said that a little bit like Elmer Fudd? Well, welcome. Well, welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you the weep or the podcast that's here to put you to sleep in between doing uh, or whatever you call those cartoon imitations or the podcast to put you to sleep all you need to do is get in bed turn out the lights and press play I'm going to do the rest and what what is the rest I'm going to reach my voice my hand via voice across the deep dark night and I'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been running through your brain, whatever's been chuck, chuck, chugging along, you know, keeping you up, tossing, turning, thinking, worrying, uh, feeling, uh, whatever, if it's, uh, if it's thoughts, if it's physical pain, if it's emotional tur- tur- tumult or tur- turbulence. It could even be physical turbulence, you know, if you're up in a plane and you need a distraction. Any of those things, I'm going to take your mind off it. And the way I'm going to do it, uh, tonight's a metastasis news episode. So the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to use lulling, soothing tones. I'm going to use, you know, some uh, point pointless. I, call them, I started using this a couple of weeks ago. And they might have tried to teach you this in school, but this is Jerry Meanders. Shaped like a gerrymander, maybe, if I'm using, there's a possibility I'm totally incorrectly using that. But just, you know, picture, we say, geez, what does a gerrymander look like? If you're picturing in your brain, you're exactly right. But I'm going to take that and do it in story form. And no, it's not going to be the history of gerrymanders. Or gerrymanders. I mean, I probably could say, well, boy, I remember the first time I saw a gerrymander. I walked to the canal, you know, the gerrymander canal, uh, which we built uh, for $20 million. And back in those days, that was a lot of money. And it was a pet project of old uh, Senator, you know, Cigar Breath. And we... Uh, we sunk all our tax money into that gerrymander canal. Uh, so I could do that. And the podcast is a little bit like that, but instead I'm going to talk about metastasis, the Colombian version of Breaking Bad, which happens to be in Spanish because that's the language they speak there. So I'm going to run through the episode once or twice. I don't speak Spanish. I'm, you know, I'm, uh, English, I'm doing my best at Spanish. I said, well, I'm going to see if I can pick up a few words. Then I'm going to watch the Breaking Bad episode that corresponds to Metastas episode. So I'll run through comments on all those things. Then I'll run through and see what words I needed, you know, that I wrote down, that I looked up. 
And then, you know, if I have time after that, I'll talk about, you know, I'll say, Jesus, what else could we learn about Colombian culture, Breaking Bad, Metastasis, or, or the Spanish language? And it's all done in the spirit of uh, celebration of uh, the brilliance of Breaking Bad, celebration of curiosity. Uh, can a man learn Spanish that can barely speak English just by watching a show twice a week? And saying, hmm, hizo, it has something to do with hacer, which means to make. I think it means he made. So, see, I learned that, maybe. And so, so and that's what I started. I said, geez, I wonder if I could learn any Spanish by watching this. What a cool idea, the, the uh, Colombian version of Breaking Bad. I, I'd like to watch that. And then I found out it's, it's a show populated by wonderful actors. And it's given me a chance to rewatch Breaking Bad, which now rewatching it, I can I say, holy, uh, frickin' moly, this show might be better than I than than I remembered. And I guess check that this show is is way better. It was so it's amazing. It really is a treasure. But I'm gonna do that all as you can tell by my tone. You say, "Geez, you sound a little detached. You sound a little tired. You sound a little." You sound a little bit like I imagine a gerrymander looks. And I say, yeah, that's how I do it. I, I try to keep it, you know, I'm trying to distract everything that's in your brain that's trying to keep you up at night. You know, so I'm going to do my best to keep it fairly entertaining, fairly. But you say, geez, you don't have to invest. All I want you to do is invest a little bit of your attention. You know, the same amount of your attention that said, oh, boy, where did I put that when I left work today? Oh, geez, how many steps? You know, you start thinking, well, I don't want to forget that. Forget everything. You know, you're going to remember everything better in the morning. You'll be more equipped if you just lie back and relax. I'm going to do a bit of a a circus act. Like I said, I'm going to talk about metastasis. I'm going to talk about Breaking Bad. I'm going to talk about Spanish. I'm going to talk about other stuff. But instead of performing for you, I'm going to perform for the parts of your brain that can't, you know, that, you know, usually won't leave you alone. Instead, tonight you say, hey, hey, everybody. You know, hey, worry wart. Hey, know it all. Hey, hey, uh, Holly, why aren't you a Hollywood star? Uh, you know, now that you, what are you going to do with those crows? How are we going to be a star with those crows? You know, hey, all you people in my brain, circus time. And they say, well, we don't like to, what, we got a, we got a worrying to do. Is it? Well, this is a special circus, everybody. This guy put together a circus for you. He calls himself Scooter. He seemed, well, let's just listen for a little while. What do you guys say? We'll, we'll snuggle up in bed as a bed. He brings the circus to the bed just for your convenience, everybody in my brain. And they may, let's win him over. Well, geez, that's, that's kind of good. That's convenient of him. And he even likes to compliment you guys in my brain. He says that you're out to protect me, and, you know, you guys are looking for certainty to keep me safe. And they say, really, this guy, he's a big fan of ours. Eh? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and he never, he, he would never say, you know, this is a misguided attempts to keep me safe. Because he knows you guys are just doing your best the way you know how. And he said tonight, in every night from here on out, if it works... He'd like to entertain you for just a little bit. And he said, you know, he does his best. And you guys, instead of criticizing me, he said the best part is 
You guys can keep, he said, there's so many, he said his circus is like, they could call it the Swiss cheese circus. There's so many holes in his act. So you guys go ahead and keep track of his act. I'm going to lie down here. He's got a special, uh, uh, he said he, he, you know, instead of stands, he has, you know, special seats for you guys, brain seats. They're, they're heated, warmed, and cooled. And like those laptop computers, that you say they're liquid-cooled and heated or something. He said they were designed by Muskie. So he said you guys would like that. I'm going to... For for us, you know, we're, you know, we get brain, you know, brain holders. He's got these magical. He said, he said, he said, he's got a place for me to lie down. Because he said, you know, you guys are really the ones running the show. The circus is for you. Uh, so hey, I'm just gonna lie back here behind the stands, and you guys enjoy the circus. I'll be back here. Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. And I say, hey, everybody, come on in. This circus is about to start. I'm going to finish up with this, you know, metaphor, try to wind up the, they say, well, and, and you guys are right. It's not much of a metaphor. I know. I'm just doing, you know, but I'm going to, want, want, you know, finish up this metaphor. You guys keep an eye on me and let me know, you know, if there's anything coming out my nose or my ears or, you know, keep an eye on it because I mispronounce a lot of words. Oh, boy, I can use some help with that. And if my Nana said, you know, I've never, I, I don't have enough shame once, she said it a million times, really, she did. So you guys could always throw, you know, shower shame, whatever you need to do is to shame, you know, shame free, you know, shame them if you got them, they say at this uh, Swiss cheese circus here. So welcome one, welcome all. Uh, but mostly I'm glad you're here. That, that, I don't know if that made any sense to you. But maybe it quieted down some of your brain. You just kick back. Anytime you want to doze off, go right ahead. Not going to bother me one bit. I'm glad you're here. And I hope I desire and I yearn to help you fall asleep. So thanks for stopping by. All right, so we're on episode 12 here. This is our first metastasis run through. Fissuras. I mean, I don't know if that's the name of the episode. Fissuras. Uh, but we're in a dump, or what looks like a dump, and we have, a, you know, one of those desperate, uh, just doing their best to get by. And this poor man, he, while he's doing that, he finds Tuco's grill, uh, Tuco's gold uh, teeth sealed in uh, whatever that plastic's called that people use to display things. It's a paperweight, you know, level situation. And then we're at ICCT. Uh, we're at ICCT, and we got a time lapse of Walt getting some treatment, and then Walt's meeting with the doctor. And they're alone. Walt's got his hands on his thighs. He's making a smile. He can't get comfortable. Then his hands are in his lap. He sees. He seems nervous or unsettled. And then Walt gets his bill from the doctor or the doctor's, you know, uh, administrative. And he seems to be working on some kind of discount. And she gives him a button that says, the uh, button de esperanza, uh, when, with the bill. And then Walt takes that and he tosses it in the trash as he leaves. And then we're back at a Casa de Blanco. And Cielo's got a pile of bills. She's on the phone. She's clearly stressed. 
she says, uh, bien, bien, muchas gracias. And then she kind of throws the phone down in frustration. Uh, Walt kisses her on the head, but she seems very, very under duress and cold almost. And then we're in bed at night, and Walt sneaks out of bed. There's some spy-type music playing. And he goes and grabs the hidden money, his old dead bolt. He puts the money in piles with all the bills Yellow is going through. He bites his fist at one point, then he gets sick. And then he notices his toilet's clogged. It's clogged with a cigarette wrapper and cigarettes. Then we have a time lapse of the city, night to day. And then we see Tuco's grill from earlier, but it's uh, on Henry's desk. Henry's looking, uh, I said, Henry's looking uh, Swedish, oh, shirt-wise. He's got a brown diamond shirt. He pulls a photo down of a guy. Uh, oh, no, he pulls a photo of someone down. Then a guy wants to meet with him. It seems like he's a big shot. He's talking about Tuco and Heisenberg. I thought he said Blanco. I put question mark. And then Henry's uh, thinking about a promotion. I, I think they mentioned an office. And then we're in Henry's office. Gomez and, and the rest of the crew are in there, his co-workers. And Henry's really holding court. He's, got two, he's with Tuco's grill. One guy had a very... Uh, a strange voice, I noticed, but in a good way, a good way. I don't, I didn't write any more details about it. I can picture, I said, well, that was weird. That guy's voice was different. Then the phone rings, and Henry, uh, it seems like him and the teeth don't get along, like some sort of, he says, oh, geez, I don't know about these teeth, uh, Tuco's teeth, like something, it's got some emotional grip on him. And then we have Henry walking around the office building, all chipper. And he's like the man. He's getting the man-type treatment. Like, hey, you the man, Henry. And then he gets in the elevator, and there's a little, like, shake in the elevator. And then Henry, uh, he seems a little overwhelmed, like either uh, stressed or exhausted or just tired. And he, he doesn't feel so hot. He's breathing. There's a lot of close-ups and camera angle changes. There's sound effects. Henry doesn't look like he just he says, but it looks like his stomach's upset. And then he gets off the elevator in the lobby, pulls himself almost instantly back together. And then he sees his buddy Gomi, and uh, he, he's acting all chipper. Uh, but then he gets off the elevator, he pulls himself together, he sees Gomez and uh, the rest of his buddies, and he acts all chipper. And then we have the junkyard, and Jose and the bus pull in, and the junkyard dude is there, and he's obviously still mad at Jose. Uh, Jose Miguel. Ho- Jose. Ho- Jose. Uh, and he pays him, and he's like, you know, count it if you want, and then Jose kind of tries to make a a deal with him about, I think, storing the RV, the bus. And he, the dude's asking for too much. They go back and forth. And then they agree on amount of money. And uh, and then the, Jose, Jose's like, oh, I like that truck. He's like, not too much. And then he buys this old car. 
And then Jose's looking at apartments. He, he sees this really fancy one with this uh, beautiful, stylish, pretty agent. Who he said, It seemed like at one point she was looking at her own ring. I was like, she engaged, but then she doesn't want to take cash after Jose Miguel offers it to her. She says something about her papa, and Jose just begs her to take a chance on him. And he seems she's trying to keep her boundaries, it seems like. And then Jose signs the lease. But she does check him out a few times. And then we have Henry. He's making his own beer. It's a Weiss beer. And he's got himself on the bottle. And he's very serious, almost like he's cooking. You know, very similar. And Maria rolls into the garage. And she's not happy at all. He's like, hey, try some beer. She's like, no, no, no. And she talks about Mexico, beer, the garage, David, it seemed like. And then talk gets serious at some point. Maybe that was this. And she glares. And then she closes him in the garage. She closes the door on him. And then Henry gets irritated. He gets a beer-making injury. And then we have Jose in the bus. He meets Walt in, like, a quarry or something. And they get they, it seems like it's cooking time, but then it becomes a debate time. And Jose's clearly not happy with Walt. He's like, what the hell are we going to do with it, with the stuff they're cooking? And Jose seems to be the serious one, but Walt's all like, no, 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 not a zero. Uh, he coughs, he, he doesn't feel good, and then he makes a more quiet argument. And Jose thinks about it, but he's like, well, you just don't get what I'm trying to tell you. And I think he even says, like, this cost me my house. And Jose, he really lets Walt have it. But I wasn't sure what he said. I was like, what? And then we're at Jose's new place. He's got chips. His boys show up. You had Mono, who loves Echoes in empty apartments. He loves the Echoes. And then Jose talks about his big plans for the new place. The Mohawk guy was there. He looked terrible. They said, man, you need you need to go see a fit. You need to get a physical, a checkup. But he seems to be interested in, like, giving Feng Shui advice for the apartment. And then everybody's having some chips and soda. Uh, Tan Fuerza. And Jose has a plan. I think it's about dealing and he's very serious and leader-like. He puts Mono on the spot, I think, to do some math. And he really goes over his points more than once to make sure the guys understand him. And then we have, like, Walt and uh, Walt Jr. and Cielo in a car. Uh, they pull over Cielo's size. Walt Jr. gets out. And then those two sit for a while, and she frowns and gets out. And then Walt sits, he sits there, he checks the ashtray. And then it's a garden party at Maria and Henry's. Cielo doesn't, seems like she's uh, like at that pregnancy stage where she's just feeling so uncomfortable, not to mention her, you know, everything going on in her life. And Maria's sitting there, she's making a point, you know, then Cielo gets up and leaves, Maria gets up and leaves. Henry does some kind of shot bomb, you know, like uh, where he drops a shot of something in his beer and then he pounds his beer. And then we're in the kitchen with uh, Cielo and Maria. Uh, Cielo's like doing uh, dishes. She seems sad. Maria's just so chatty. 
And she's talking and talking and talking. And finally, Cielo shushes her. And Cielo grills Maria about something. I didn't know if it was about Walt or about Maria, though. And whatever conclusion it starts to approach, Cielo seems very hurt and very upset and sad. And Maria is almost speechless. She says, pardon, pardon. And she walks off. And they have Henry, Walt Jr., and Walt Sr. there. And Henry had on that sweet, like, blue shirt again. That almost looked like some strange writing or digital symbols. Uh, Walt Jr.'s asking him questions about something I didn't know about what. And then uh, Walt Sr. asks Henry something. At first he's like, I don't know if I like this conversation. And Henry is drinking his own beer. He says something about cucarachas. And then Henry walks off kind of irritated. Uh, and then we have some music kicks in. And the next scene is like uh, it's a deal in the blue sequence. And Jose's on the phone. You got like all these different customers. And Jose's three buddies making drops making deals, even a boy scout, a group of Boy Scouts dropping their money uh, to uh, uh, Greasy Mohawk. And uh, it seemed to be going really good. We even had we had Mono at like a club that looked like a kind of Bootsy Collins uh, cosplay club, which I had thought about starting that, uh, Bootsy Collins cosplay club, but... Uh, I don't look, you know, I don't, that's not my look, but I said, geez, there's an untapped market there. And someone said, there isn't a market. And I said, well, maybe in Colombia. And they said, well, there already is one. And I said, well, geez, good thing, that's a good place to sell blue mass, I bet. And you have like the uh, Jose lying down, throwing money in the air. Uh, then Mohawk gets his, uh, he, he gets tricked by someone. They say, hey, the police are coming follow me let's run and then they take all his stuff and then uh walt and jose meet they seem like they're talking about jose's new you know old car his new old car he gives money to walt who does the math it's short uh, due to those losses and walt does not like it he can't accept the reality and he gets all bent out of shape and then Jose tries to explain it to him. Then Walt talks about how Tuco had a reputation, I think, and how he would handle it. And they can't agree. Jose gets Jose's the one getting adamant again. And then Walt gets all cold and businesslike. Then we're back at Walt's house. Cielo's having a toaster oven, pizza for dinner, and soda. And Walt comes down, and he's like, "What are you eating?" And he's not happy. I couldn't tell if he was unhappy because it was unhealthy or because she didn't, you know, share it. Uh, and then I say, he says, like, oh, where's Walt Jr.? She says, out. And she says, what, do you want to call him? And then Walt busts out the cigarettes. He gets all outraged. And Cielo's like, dude, you know, screw off. Take, take your, take your uh, outrage elsewhere. And then we're at Henry's house. There's a noise in his garage. And it's all this pop, pop, popping. But it was the popping of the beer bottles. And then where Walt shows up at Jose's place, he's like, hey, you need a deadbolt on this door. Or maybe we need a deadbolt on our business to keep it safe. And Jose's like, oh, whoa, we're going to start locking, virtually locking everything down. 
And then Henry, he's like in some weird uh, industrial alley during the day. He's acting all weird and thinking, and then he throws the teeth out. And then uh, that's the end of the episode. Uh, so that was uh, Metastasis run-through number one. All right, so we're going to do the uh, Breaking Bad run-through and then the Red Pen run-through again. That's how I watched it this week. And this episode starts out with uh, water, and then we have two men crossing the river. And they're carrying water and boots. They seem to be crossing the border. And one of the guys happens, it's a, you know, a tense scene. You wonder, are they going to get caught? And then a guy trips on what seems to be Tuco's grill. And uh, they say, geez, those are some gilded teeth, much more gilded than I remember, or whatever you call it. I said, they got like a lot of uh, uh, stuff on there. And then the show opens, and then we see Amber Liquid, it's medication, and there's lots of shots of Walden treatment, um, what do they call it, not freeze frame, time lapse. And then we have the doctor with Walden, he's like, yeah, we've come a long way. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, and we'll see what happens. We'll reassess and decide our next move right around when the bed. This doctor is so, uh, his bedside manner, if you don't mind me saying so, is phenomenal. Like, I would say, Jesus, uh, you know, I, seriously, I, I love this doctor. He's just, he's got the right amount of comfortableness, charm, and uh, just command. He says, yeah, we'll check back. He just seems caring. I don't know. I said, geez, and maybe it's like I got doctors on the brain. I don't know. He said, hey, Walt, that's right when the babies do, huh? He goes, maybe this is good timing. He goes, you'll start feeling better. Your hair will come back. And Walt said, well, I'm used to the cue ball look. And the doctor who happens to be bald or shaved of head, he says, I call it streamlined, buddy. Aerodynamic. And he says, you still confused? Well, it's like, no, I'm good. And he says, how are, he looks at the empty chair. He says, how are the two of you holding up? And Walt's like, well, geez, you know, we're busy. You know, so they talk confusion. They talk marriage. Then Walt gets the bill. And we get a little dinosaur action because there's a dot matrix printer that spits out about 40. You know, a lot of you were lucky enough not to be alive in the, the great dot matrix days. Where you say, geez, I would go, I could, I would give any, I'd give my right ear, ear cavity for a, uh, mimeograph machine. Cause these dot matrix things, they, but they're good, uh, for multi-layered forms in triplicate, which is what the bill is at the doctor's office. And so Walt, uh, gets his bill. He looks at the bill. He's like, what about the cash discount? He's like, yeah, it's on there. And she gives him a button and says, hope is the best medicine, which Walt throws in the garbage. And then we walk his home. Skylar's on the phone. She, 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 uh, we get, Anna Gunn's got some really good uh, physical acting this episode. Uh, because she hangs up the phone with this wonderful flourish. And she says, uh, she, you could tell, she, she says, three days, uh, $13,000. And then she's like, great congression, Elliot, cover this. It's like an incidental, you know, expense or something. Walt's like, yeah, I'll figure, yeah, they'll, they'll cover it for sure. 
And then we have Walt lying awake in bed, uh, worried or something. He gets out of bed, he goes gets his cash. He piles the bills, he looks at his deadbolt, his stomach gets upset, plunges the toilets, we get a point of view of the plunger. We see the cigarettes that were hidden in the, they're flushed. And I say, oh boy, I don't mean to criticize Skylar and Cielo, but uh, uh, are you going to flush a whole pack of cigarettes down there? You know, come on. What, what are you, rookies? They thought you were, uh, you know, come on, you, can't you... Uh, but, you know, most, maybe they wanted to be caught. I don't know. And then we have a cool view of Hank, like, with Tuco's, view, uh, Tuco's grill framed with Hank behind it, I think. And he has a meeting with his boss. And he's like, uh, bring me up to speed on uh, Tuco. He's like, he's done. And he's like, great, all right, well, thanks for stopping by. He's like, well, things are, you know, quiet out there. There's not a lot of mess. But, you know, that's not going to last, you know, it's with this turf up for grabs. And, and his boss is like, well, we got a name? And Walt says, I- Heisenberg. And he's like, that's what everybody in the strip street is saying. Heisenberg. He's like, yeah, I know. It's like so maybe it's an urban legend. But he's the guy uh, cooking the big blue is what he calls it. And he's like, we're on it. And then the boss says, uh, you know why foods are, or sharks are at the top of the, you know why foods are at the shark cha- top of the shark chain? Uh, you know why sharks are at the top of the food chain? And Hank says, because uh, they have uh, three sets of teeth and they'll take a bite out of anything. And he says, some of those sharks travel thousands of miles in pursuit of their prey. And he says, you're a great white Hank. And Hank says, that's not, this is a diverse workplace. I'm not comfortable. And he says, no, shark, shark. And I said, okay, okay. And he says, how about a, you know, a promotion? You could work in uh, Albuquerque and uh, El Paso. And he says, cool. And then he meets with Gomi. And he's like, hey, buddy, what are you going to do without me? And he says, well, I won't have to look at you. And he says, I'm the brains and the brawn. And uh, his other, the other guy's like, well, you're making me lose my appetite or something. And they're saying, geez, Frank, you think you're pretty hot stuff. And he said, well, you buying lunch or what? He's like, yeah, I'll see you suckers downstairs. And again, we have also Hank's laugh. He does the bush laugh. You know, the second bush, will we have a third bush? I don't know, but this bush, I know, has a, <laughs> that, that's not it. <laughs> I can't do it. But Hank and, and that, the former president have the same laugh. <laughs> it, it, something like that. <laughs> I can't do it. But uh, let's see, then Hank's in the hall. He's, snap, he's doing like the old snap and clap move when you're waiting for something. But even when he was walking down the hall, he was doing it. Then when he's waiting for the elevator, he does the more. Uh, standing, so it'd have to physically show you to do. But there's, you know, two, a couple of different kinds of snapping and clapping moves. He does both of them. The one where you snap your, I would snap my right hand, shoot it down uh, to clap it on my left, uh, which maybe would be my fist, it would make a clapping noise. And that's what usually you do that when you're walking. But then there's one where you stretch your arms out uh, wide. Uh, like, uh, 
where your arms are at lengthwise away from your side. And then you clap and then slap your hand, you know, like and push your hands together in a clap. He does both those while he's waiting for the elevator. You know, usually you're in, you're in a chipper mood when you're doing that. And then he waits for the elevator. He gets in and there's a quiet moment. And then Hank kind of has a little bit of a, you know, we say, geez, I'm not feeling so comfortable with the latest turn of events. It's stressing me out. And then the door's open. He's pulled it back together. And then we're back at the the junkyard type place. The guy, the tow truck driver's welding the truck. Jesse rolls up, and he's like, what the heck are you doing here? And Jesse says, like I said, my word is my bond. And he says, uh, can I, st-? You, you know, he pays the guy for everything, you know, covers all damages. He's like, can I keep my, uh, carrying the guy? He goes, yeah, for a million five. And then Jesse says, come on, yo. He says, what about you, your sister? He says, I'm serious, I got storage needs. Scratch you up front. Uh, we could, you know, negotiate. And then they go back and forth. And Jesse says, come on, man. And he says, oh, well, okay. You know, they go back and forth on money. And Jesse says, lock it inside. And he says, you know, I'll pay you up front. And he says, hey, you got, you got, a, I think it was an El Camino. He says, how about that? The guy says, like, 9000 Jesse's looking for a car. And then he says, huh, well, and then he finds this, uh, he says, what about that? I don't know if we see it in this one, but, uh, then we see Jesse pull up his apartment hunting in this sweet old car and we meet Jane for the first time. And he says, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, Jane, this place is great. Uh, awesome. And she's kind of one of those, uh, she she likes to play with words. Uh, I think in a, a way to maintain some uh, superiority, maybe or control. She says, "Oh, does it inspire awe, really?" And Jesse's like, "Well, it's great. It's what I want." And he said, "You know, he used to have a big house. Now I got nothing." And she's like, "Well, you know, it's all set. You know, utilities." Jesse goes, "He says, uh, what does he say?" Oh, there was a great thing with a garbage disposal where he uh, turns it on. Great physical, he thought it was a light or something, and then it kind of frightens him, or and he tries to play it off, which was hilarious. And then she points at like the uh, washer and dryer, and he says, "Stacking, uh, sweet." Like I just thought it was so funny. And then uh, you know, it's just a great place. And he says, I'm a fan of the hardwood. And she's like, uh, you know, no pets, no smoking. He's like, it's cool. And she's like, hey, what about W2? He's like, well, you know, uh, he's like, uh, I'm between, you know, things and stuff. And he kind of shows her the cash. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. And, and she's like, my dad's not really, he own, you know, he owns the place. He's not in the exceptions type thing. And it, she goes, you know, go run your game somewhere else. And Jesse's like, Jesse really it makes a heart, heart, heart-wrenching appeal almost. He says, you know, I, I got nowhere else to go. You know, I got no game. I just need a chance. My parents kicked me out. I'm a disappointment, apparently. Don't meet, didn't meet their expectations. And so he says something like, I mean, I'm a person, person no, non gratis or whatever. 
But he said, I'm a good person. I work hard. I'll pay you. And I'm not going to mess this up. And she says, well, you know, for more money, you know, cash. And he says, great. And she says, yeah, actually, give me like a couple more months rent for a DBAA. Don't be an asshole. And he says, no problem. And she's like, I live next door, by the way. And she said, no squatting rice. And, you know, if you blow this, you're out. And she goes, I have people I can throw you out. And she's like, what's your name? He says, Jesse. Jesse Jackson. And she's like, what? And then the next thing we have Hank singing. Uh, like a beer, old beer song about Schrader Brow. And he's brewing beer. Uh, almost like he's cooking. Uh, it's just great. And then Marie opens the garage door. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, taking care of family, you know, personal business in here. Uh, you know, beating off. And she says, that's exactly what it looks like. And he says, brewing's an art form, Marie. And he's like, don't you remember the good beer I made? And she goes, you, and this I didn't realize in the other, she goes, you call in sick on your first day of work after your promotion? And he's like, don't, he goes, babe, relax. And this one is a new one too. Don't ever tell Marie to relax. She says, don't tell me to relax. You know I hate that. He goes, oh, yeah, sorry. And she says, Dave said I should say that. And he's like, don't worry, I'm fine. I'm fine. I I can take a day off. And he goes, get out of here so I can concentrate. I also noticed there was a, a, a Jesse in there. I think, they were t- I think they used the term man cave. And then there's a real cool at the end, like Maria's standing there and she closes the garage. And again, like she's Skylar's sister. It's just a cool uh, way that she kind of stands there, uh, kind of, uh, what do you call it? In protest, not protest, but saying, geez, Hank, what what the heck? And she, she, I don't know, with a little bit of anger, I guess, she closes the garage door. It's automatic, so it's be tough, but. And then Hank, it looks, he's alone for a minute and he, uh. And then he kind of uh, accidentally breaks a bottle. Then the next scene, we should, we have, like, high power lines. We have uh, a stick bug, uh, someone twisting their wedding ring, a desert, and we see his Walt. Then Jesse pulls up in the RV, and he says, Hey, what's the pro, pro, uh, plan? And this is these are some good scenes between Walt and Jesse this episode. Because uh, Walt's like, the plans are cooked. Jesse's like, why would we cook uh, if we can't sell anything? And Walt's like, well, uh, just sell everything yourself. And and he's like, well, dude, uh, he goes, you, and Walt's like, that was our original plan before we met Tuco, right? And one, it wasn't good enough for you, Walt. And Jesse tries to say that, and he's like, you know, the, your brother-in-law is watching me. And, uh, he goes, it's too risky. Uh, well, Walt's like, I don't want to think either one of us want to get in bed with, uh, Tuco. And Jesse's like, I got bills and rent, yo. Responsibilities. And, and uh, and he's like, I already lost more money than I've got. And, you know, I'm tired of messing around. And Walt gets really, he's like, you know how much money I've got left for, you know, the cancer treatment, world's most expensive alibi. I got nothing. And nothing for my family, which is the whole damn point. And he goes, we're not quitting now. 
And he goes, we got two choices. Uh, how many, you know, somebody like Tuco or you sell it. And then Jesse says, there's a third way. And Walt's like, what? He's like, we, we be the middleman, you know, or run our own game. And he goes, what, like uh, snort math off a Bowie knife? But Jesse's confident. He goes, I can set up a network. I know people. Production and distribution. And uh, we can, you know, sky-high stacks. And Walt says, I'm not willing to do that. And Jesse says, I, you know, who said anything about you? This is, this is, I'm, I'm doing it. And Walt says, uh, I don't, I don't vote for this. Uh, unknown entities. And Jesse says, you don't got to vote, bro. And Walt says, well, this is a partnership. And he, and he says, uh, you cook, I sell. That was, you know, you were the one that talked about that division of labor, Walt. I also noticed they had better suit, they had nicer suits and aprons. That's another thing I wrote here. But Jesse's really standing up to him. and But Walt's like, well, yeah, that was the division of labor, how we should have kept it. Uh, and Jesse's like, look at all the mess you got us into. And Walt says, well, I admit there's a learning curve here, and I'm overambitious. But that's not going to happen anymore. And Jesse's like, right. And he goes, uh, and this is when Jesse kind of takes control. At least in this moment, because he has the power of choice here. He says, uh, yeah, we do things my way or I leave. Uh, you need me uh, more than I need you. Walt, he says, Walt, in this uh, uh, sweet way. I said, you need Walt. Uh, I love that instead of Mr. White. And then we have Jesse putting pretzels in a bowl and over the side of a bowl over... And then cleaning those up. And then Skinny Pete shows up, Combo and Badger, who loves, you know, Badger really loves the echoes and doing funny hellos. Uh, Badger, in the past, Badger does not know that 3D TVs, he's like big on 3D TVs. Actually, I didn't realize that plasmas would stop being made or almost be phased out, unfortunately. You know, Skinny Pete's a big plasma man, as am I. But Badger was big on the future of 3D uh, adult entertainment, which uh, didn't, you know, adult uh, 3D, 3D television did not catch on. It, was, it seemed to be more of a marketing ploy. Uh, but all the guys are there, and Jesse, you know, gives him a tour. Jesse talks to like about a lot about inner, you know, how he's going to have the apartment set up and how, you know, feng shui type stuff. I think he even talked about having a fountain and. Uh, Modern stuff, zero gravity chairs, candles, and then they're like, "Hey, wh- wh- how about we party?" And Jesse's like, "No, no, 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 no partying." He goes, "You can do that when, when in your free time. This is business time." And he goes, "Here's how it's gonna go. You know, I give you an ounce, no cutting it, and you sell it for twenty five hundred, and you, you keep uh, five hundred, and I take two thousand." And they're like, uh, dude, there's a going rates like seventeen, eighteen hundred bucks. And Jesse's like, this is the best stuff, and there's nothing else out there right now. And he says again, this is good stuff, so do not cut it. You know, sell it how you want, but no, no cutting it and no price changing. You know, mess it up, you're gone. And he goes, this is a big opportunity, boys. And then he says, understand, Badger? What is this, Badger? It's a big opportunity. 
And he says, this is the ground floor. Uh, and he goes, this is going to be buying drops and all sorts of professional type stuff. Uh, move it quick, move it right. There's always more. DBAA mofos. Apply yourself. So he's using all this other stuff he's learned, which is funny. And then he even kind of stares at Badger, I think, at the end when he says DBAA. But that might be my imagination. And then we have Walt's van, in it, or, well, the truck, mini, mini, yeah, truck van. Uh, it pulls up to Hank's house, and the whole crew gets out slowly. First Walt Jr., then reluctantly Skyler. Then Walt, who checks the ashtray. And then we have Marie. Right away, we cut to a scene in their backyard. Marie's kind of making a speech about how Texas is an armpit. And Hank's kind of trying to detect, uh, you know, say, well, it's not really that bad, Texas. And Marie's talking about how much better it would be when they can live in D.C. and Georgetown. And Hank has a hat on, which I was like, oh, that's that's rare. I don't know if I've seen Hank with a hat before. Very plain shirt, you know, not, more flash in the hat. And then we're inside, and Marie's still talking about D.C. and the culture. And then uh, Skylar does this wonderful, again, I said she was on her A-game. She does this uh, shush, shush, shush move, where she puts a finger to her lips and says, Marie, shush. And then she kind of points her finger out, at, at, not exactly at Marie, but more. And then she goes, shush, shush. So she goes, shh, 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 or something like that. Really good, really beautiful to watch. And then the scene just really takes it up a notch because uh, uh, there's like this apology showdown where Skylar's like, now or never. Uh, and if you don't apologize, it's never going to be the same between us. And again, it goes back and forth. And then she says, uh, she's really heartbroken, Skylar. And she says, I need my sister back. And her face is so hurt. And Marie just says, I'm sorry, you know, and, and Skylar accepts and, and uh, you know, wound, at least in this situation, seems to be healed or healing. And then we have Hank and Walt Jr. talking to go, and Hank's like, you know, it's not that such hot stuff, Walt Jr. This is the kind of stuff that keeps you up at night. And Walt's listening in, but he's kind of staring off. And But then Hank gives some bravado, and he says, you know what it is? A cockroach comes out of the fridge, you just act, you just take it out. Uh, you take the cockroach down. And then Walt kind of needles me, says, where do they come from, criminals like that guy? Uh, what makes them who they are? And uh, Hank says, buddy, you might as well be asking me about the uh, cockroaches. And then there's just this beautiful, beautiful view from their backyard, uh, from their house, which is beautiful. And, oh, Hank also says something about, like, there's a whole mess of roaches out there. Armada, maybe, he said. And then we have Jesse and the boys doing their uh, selling sequence. And then, Skin, you know, that's a pretty long sequence. And then Skinny Pete gets his stuff taken away from him. Then we have a Walt and Jesse meet, which is, again, just this fabulous acting because uh, he's like, hey, what's up with the, well, like, what's up with the new car? Just like, keep it on low. And then he's like, uh, this doesn't bounce, huh? And then Jesse's like, here's your money. Uh, you're welcome. 
and then Walt counts the money. He's like, uh, wait a second, this is a thousand dollars short. And Jesse's like, well, something came up. He got, you know, skinny Pete got uh, taken money, stuff taken from him. And he's like, but skinny Pete's cool. And Walt says, well, it's your guy that got robbed. Uh, or you that got wa- robbed, uh, what, whatever. And J- Jesse's like, dude, it's breakage. Like at, like at Kmart, okay? Stuff breaks. And Walt's like, this is acceptable? He's like, yeah, it's the cost of business. He goes, you want a thousand bucks here? Take it. Why you gotta be a jerk? And then Walt shames him. He says, well, maybe this breakage is just you, you being played a fool. He goes, this is a non-sustainable business model. And Jesse's like, you're so negative. He goes, we're making six grand a day. And he goes, well, once everybody knows that Jesse, Jesse Pinkman's running a clown-based operation, uh, you know, we're going to be toast. He goes, uh, do you think Tuco dealt with breakage? And he, he says, no, he was the one brokeage, you know. He was a brokerage, you know, like Walt Trump firing people. And Jesse's like, here, take a thousand of my money. You have fifteen thousand dollars you didn't have yesterday. These things happen. And he goes, well, while you're at home tucked in with your family, I'll be doing all the work. And then he says, why do you have to be such a freak? And then Walt says, well, you've made the division of labor clear. Good day. And then Walt gets home. Oh, wait, it was, I put that, that scene was just delightful, the level of acting. And then Skylar's at home. She's making a microwave pizza, or I said a pizza or a bagel. Ends up as a panini, she says. Uh, Walt gets in. He's got all this passive-aggressive dialogue. He says, oh, how about my panini? He goes, oh, no, I thought we didn't eat those. They weren't healthy, like sodium and stuff. She, she's like, I was hungry. I had a craving. Uh, once in a while, it's not a big deal. He, he's like, where's Junior? She's like, out. And she's like, he's like, who? And she's like, Lewis, where? Somewhere. I don't know. He's going to be back at nine. He's like, well, I thought you'd know where your son is. And she's like, well, who you know? She goes, I'll tell you what, what, why don't you call him and find out where he is? And then Walt busts out the cigarettes. And then, but Skylar, boom, she goes, uh, maybe I smoked these. She goes, he goes, did you smoke these? She goes, uh, maybe, or maybe I did in a fugue state and I don't remember. And he's like, I want an explanation. You know, you're pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, this is three and a half cigarettes, Walt. And she goes, you don't want to go down this road. And she goes, you know. She goes, you know, if if it helps, I totally feel ashamed. And now you're shaming me even more. And he goes, this isn't like you. And she goes, oh, really, how would you know? And then Walt ruins it. She, she walks off. She says something about him, mumbles it. Uh, oh, I forgot at the beginning when when Walt first starts talking. Skylar's like reading, ignoring him. She's got this really nice laugh, like dismissive laugh, uh, while they're talking. And then she kind of ruins her his app her appetite. Uh, she calls him out. And then we're back at Hank's, and his beer starts popping. It kind of frightens him. He goes into, like, what's going on, Mo? But it's just his beer popping. 
And then Walt shows up at Jesse's house, and Jesse's like, yo. And he, Walt wants to come in, and he says, he says, he says, uh, Jesse, he says, uh, he goes, you asked me what you wanted to do, wanted me to, wanted you to do, and he pulls out the deadbolt, and he says, I want you to handle it, lock this business down, uh, Trump style, like take it to the limit one more time. And Jesse just kind of looks at him, and then I think, I don't remember Jesse's look, to be honest with you, I just said that, so I apologize. But I mean, Jesse probably did look at him. And then we have Hank, he's walking to the river. He's got band-aids on his hand. And he throws Tuco's bill, gr- grill into the water. And that's the end of the episode. Thank you. And let's move on. Uh, you know, in, in the interest of experimentation this week, I'm going to do the red pen run through and the uh, language learning at the same time. Hopefully things you know, won't, won't, uh, explode or anything. But, uh, first word I wrote down was Sabera and Aguacata, which couldn't be translated. And I think it was so, and I remember looking these words up, somebody was talking to me from my family. Uh, so that didn't work. And then C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-U-C-A-
could you show some common decency and put a shirt on? And then I found out no one would, and this might sound funny, it's true, two years running, uh, but I didn't do it this year. No one asked me to put my shirt on except for people I was related to. But most, but most of them, they thought it was funny too. And back when I used to drink, you know, I'd have like two beers, no shirt, and I'd be. This would be at the midway. That was like the prime spot for not wearing a shirt. Uh, you know, dirt, dust blowing, people riding, little kids riding rides, and old uncle, uncle scooter with no shirt on, drinking beers. This year, drinking soda with a shirt on. I should have taken my shirt off. It wasn't quite warm enough. And also I kind of forgot, so that's the main reason, is because I forgot, uh, otherwise I would have taken off for sure. So I guess Lamento, I lament that. Uh, Peral, P-E-R-R-A-L, did not translate. Pongame, put me, uh, you know, if someone was, they'd be like, you put me in an uncomfortable spot not wearing a shirt at State Fair. And I was, well, no, I put myself in a comfortable spot, man, you know, it's a breezy, cool I say, well, you know, this is a, where it's unfair. And I say, well, yeah, I'm the only one at the fair without a shirt off, usually. And to be honest, I'm gathering data is why my shirt is off. And, you know, it's just, 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 I guess it's a, not rebellion, but what do you call that when you're the bratty version of rebellion acting out or something like that? Okay, what about this? Yo de lo que siesto y seguro. I, what, I, siesto and safe. Siesto must be safe and sound, I'm guessing. Uh, and then the guy says to, en un tiburon blanco. It, this translates, it, it is a white shark, but he's saying, uh, Henry, you are the white, great white shark, my friend. Uh, merer say, mer, a say. Mary say, uh, worse. What's it worse to you, buddy? And I would say, CK aprendan y provochen. So aprendan and sees. So we got a So we got part of that one. But this one, this is probably, this is a phrase of the week, even though it's not complete because it's got some, uh, uh it's got some good stuff. Ponga say, uh, desir. Bobodas, that's it. I mean, that's the word of the week and the phrase of the week, probably. Que después se la las cre y quien solo agota. Keep saying nonsense. That was then, and who believes what agota? But I just like, you know, keep saying nonsense, and that was then, who believes? Uh, que rico, uh, delicious. Uh, was it how delicious or just it's delicious? Uh, uh, babodas is, uh, que rico, babodas. That word, uh, nonsense, is delicious to me. Uh, mayor, higher, orale, below. Oh, is it, okay, this is a question. Is there a word, orale, is that orale? Odele, Odele, Orale, right? You always hear people say that. But I thought it was Odele. But is it Orale? Odele, Odele, Odele. I was trying to do it the other day. Odele, Orale, Orale. There you go. Orale, Orale. 
So, I don't know. Let me know about that. Kamine, let's go for a walk after you just did that. It gave me a headache. I need to go for a Kamine. Well, uh, what about Yugadores? Those are the players in the game. Yugadores. Uh, Palotas, they play with balls. Palotas. They got a feeling this is a metaphorical. Uh, he asks that. Uh, we hear that. Uh, what, there it is. Uh, Scooter can't figure out what a hiesta is. There, there it is. Uh, he asked the scooter, was tempted to do some uh, who was on first material, but he decided not to. Uh, he asked a uh, palabra, word, what's the palabra of the K? Esta palabra un semana. Close to speaking Spanish there, maybe. Uh, what's the word of the week? Um, who, you know, maybe uh, palabra, but we already said it was bobodas. A scooter Bobotas has been the word of the week every other week. Well, thanks, uh, Bobotas is, is the name of my game. Uh, Apute, Apute does not, Shiflo does not translate either. I'm Almay Samont. Uh, week listening to you, Scooter, feels like, what did I say? Amir. Almay, so it feels like a month with you translating. Well, how about this? We play a little Palos, uh, Sticks. Uh, pickup sticks, Palos, uh, pickup, I don't know, pong, Pongame? No, that doesn't mean pickup, but put me in sticks, Pongame. Instead of put pickup sticks, we'll play, play Pongame sticks, put me sticks. And someone said, I'd like to put some sticks in you, Scooter, you know. Well, Pregunta, why? That's my question for you, Pregunta. I want to ask you a Pregunta. It's pregnant with meaning. My question is why? And it was a ESA in that, uh, aha, baldosa, tile. Baldosa, you know, they be, you know, tile can be cold and cool to sleep on. You know, key is if it's clean. I don't know what clean is, but I might think of it, but uh, baldosa. If you're living in somewhere with a heat wave, think about sleeping on some tile. You know, a lot of people advise against it's hard. Possibly dirty, but if it's if it's clean and, and it's cool, uh, it might be soothing. You know, hard, clean, cool. You know, you'd have to outweigh the the hardness versus the coolness. And then if we were in Eastern Europe, they'd say papeles, papeles. Can we have your pa- papers, please? Uh, papers, please, papeles. And I would say por fa, which I think means for what, but uh, according to this, it means by fa. Uh, para elos, I'd say for them, that's for what? For them, para elos. Uh, Dale, man, do it. Give the uh, Eastern European guy your papales. Do it. Uh, this is what uh, Jose Miguel says when he says talks about why his name is Jose Mercado. Mercado, coma el supermercado, el como el carrito de mercado. And that didn't translate at all. It just says Mercado is a supermarket as the market Carito. But I'm guessing it somehow translated. I was born in a supermarket is what I was guessing. And she she, she says, Aca también, here too. Were you born here too in uh, the supermarket here in Colombia? Aca también. And he says, this is what uh, uh, Maria says to Henry. Uh, no, no me digas tranquila. Uh, don't freaking don't tell me to sh- chill out, man. Do not tell me to chill. No, me digas. 
Tranquila. And he, Henry said, well, I'll see. Now, if uh, Dave says to chill out, Dave, can you calm down? Dave, uh, i see. And then he say, uh, que hacemos? What do we do? Uh, que hacemos? What, what do we do? Holy crap, look at this one. Uh, ya estoy mamado de ser gueva del paso mamado. I'm being sucked, sucked, gueva of step. And if we gueva on his bird brain, we'll say, uh, ya estoy mamado de ser gueva del paso mamado. I'm being sucked, bird brain of of sucking steps or something. And someone might say, pues no, uh, for there is no sense. You know, this is all babotas. And I would say, probably right. I'm a guevon spewing out babotas to put people to sleep. Or you got it. Uh, Balbemos, uh, return, botas, boots, tejanas, this says Texans. Oigame, listen to me. We know that oigame. Well, was always saying that to Jose Miguel. Jose Miguel. Jose. He always says that. I think people mispronounce his name there. Because he says, Jose. Jose. Jose Miguel. Uh, Oigame. Listen to him, how he says his name, Scooter. Pues sabe que llave de malas. Buddy, knowing that is bad. Uh, pues sabe que llave de malas. Also noted in the Red Ben Run Through, I liked how Jose Miguel slides down the spiral staircase. Uh, I don't know when spiral staircases fell out of fashion, but they're a giant pain in the ass. I mean, they look cool and they save space. But if you, and I've never lived somewhere that had it, and probably the last time I went up and down a spiral staircase, I was like, uh, it's been a while, and I fan- for a long time, I guess this is me brushing back against my fantasies of owning uh, uh, someplace with a spiral staircase. But but they just seem like it, it's like, geez, it's a lot of work. Uh, regular stairs are easier. And for such a tight space, a lot of people tend to tumble down them or slip in and go butt, you know, do the old butt on the uh, spiral staircase. But Jose Miguel handled it. Jose Miguel handled it fine. I also put when Maria was saying, hey, don't tell me to chill out. She did a great move while talking. She spread her arms. It was really nice. Again, no me digas tranquilita. I also noticed uh, razón. When Jose says razón, uh, to Jose, like you call, you saying you cost me my house, something. Razoni snaps. I liked that. Uh, reason, Razon's a reason. Uh, usted me necesita mas amide lo que yo. Lo que yo lo necesito a usted, Walter. Uh, translate, you need me more than. I what you necesito Walter, but you need me more than I need you Walter, and I love how both those shows they finish it with that Walter is very very powerful, and then Jose taps his head. He says piensala. Think about it. Think it. Think about it, bro. 
And that was one of my favorite scenes on both shows, watching Jose, Jose and Jesse stand up for themselves. Piensa, think about it, bro. And someone say, Scooter, what, Apure, what's your rush? Well, I'm out, you know, aha, uh-huh. I don't know, AJ, Pared, wall, writings on the wall, man, Pared, writings, Escrio de Pared, right uh, on, I don't know what on is, probably do, uh, Estillo, style, you get good style, Cine, that's the cinema, or cinema display television, uh, Real Hante did not translate Gasimba, I think just means soda or maybe uh, fuzzy, gassy water. Gasimba. Uh, punto sticks, time for pickups to Pongame Apunto. Apollos. Uh, An Apollos sticks, oh, Apunto's on the brink. I'm on the brink of screwing this podcast up. Apunto. Apollos uh, sticks, Luca did not translate. Quig, uh, quill, quill. Quick kill, C U E L E G, uh, C U E L G A N. Well gone, uh, hang. Do you want to hang? Uh, digo yo pues. I'll say it. No, scooter. Uh, digo yo pues. Uh, no, I don't want to quill gone with you. Well, ora o nunca. It's now or never to hang with scooter. Uh, and they say, uh, Digo, no, uh, yo pues, no. And I'll say, well, I guess some fresco, you know, some fresca, fresco, fresca, right off the bottling line, fresh fresca. And they would say, de don de salon, I'd say, from the bottling line. And they would say, really? And I'd say, no, from the store. Well, it's not even fresca. It's just fresco. It's water, cold water, tap water. And then the usual next thing they say is, no, no, say, no, 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 I don't know if I, we, we need to go. And I would say, Salantantas, you're leaving? Many, many people are leaving, Salantantas. And then I'd be home alone, and it'd be like Ziggy or Kathy or Charlie Brown or their modern equivalent. I'd say, y no pase nada, and nothing happens for Scooter. Wah, wah. I also liked when uh, Walt, Jr., Walt Sr. asked Henry about the, uh, they, they're talking about the criminals. He says, no, no, say, and his look uh, was was very good. And then Henry said, cucarachas, you know, that's what these criminals are. And then uh, when Jose and Walter meet up, I liked how uh, uh, Walt starts looking at, uh, as soon as he hears the number, I think, or whatever, Jose, he's already cringing because he knows it's coming. Like he says, here's 11,000. And Walt says, okay, 11, oh, wait, 11,000? And he says, see, Walter, son imprevistos que pasan. If Walter are unforeseen passing, cosas, that means stuff, and foca, focus, romper botellas, breaking bottles, cosa, thing, or stuff, you know. Ineptos, that's inept. Pasan, pass, carajos, uh, uh, fuck, fuck. And salio, I went. Uh, let's see, anything else from Red Pen Run Through? I noticed Walt is angry when, when he sees, uh, uh, Cielo eating the pizza. He gets this really passive aggressive, angry sigh. Like, 
And, you know, when, when you're in a relationship and someone sighs like that, it's really irritating. When you're in a relationship and someone sighs like that, it's really, it can be irritating. And then we'll gr- start grinding his teeth. And I think that's it for this week's Red Ben Run Through and Language Learning. Uh, so thanks a lot. Uh, then over on Twitter, I want to thank Sean C., uh, new listener Marnie M., for recommending the podcast of Fat Anarchy, who I guess is a new listener. Uh, Virgo Tex, who sounded like they were having a rough week last week. Uh, regulars Babs, Billy, Silvertone. I want to say thank you to Laura M. for writing nice stuff about the podcast. I want to thank you to Chicago Girl for bringing in Jimmy. I want to thank Ellie. I want to say hi to Ian, who seems like a new listener. Frankie, good old listener Kimberly A., new listener Ben B., uh, new listener Tara or Tara. I said, she said, yeah, by, by the time you hear this, I should know, but, I, but I'm recording this Friday night, so I don't. Mary W., over on Facebook, Ahab's wife. Uh, David P., Brenda S., over on YouTube, I gotta apologize. YouTube does not send me, so I, it's my fault. No, but I didn't know. I had a couple of people to thank: Vainglory, VN Graveyard, uh, Braden, Braden B, Good Dancers, Hector, Lake O, Lake H. I want to thank all of you for your comments on YouTube. It's so nice of you. Email, I got a nice email from Meg, a wonderful email, a couple emails. I've been talking to Poe about some dreams. Uh, another Mary I heard from was a nice email, Kimberly A., Lindsay, uh, and then over on iTunes. I want to thank again Tara, Tara, Gata Blanca Tara. Gata Blanca, Gata Blanca Tara, Gata Blanca Tara. Do you say it's like, uh, do you got Tara? Do you have a blanket? Got a blanket, Tara? Got a blanket, Tara? Subadubadabara. I don't know. That didn't work, but she she wrote a wonderful, wonderful review over there. And I'll tell you what, you should go over there and read it. Part wonder, part comedy, part boring, sport storytelling, or storytelling. That's my other podcast. So, uh, the, the, plant, the plant podcast that puts your plants to sleep. So they can spore. It's instead of soporific, whatever the spore, it's sporific. They say scooter plants don't have spores. That's fungi. But yeah, the fungi cast. That's what I said. Aren't you listening? But anyway, you, you sleep with me podcast dot com slash iTunes. Go over there, read a got a blanket and all the other wonderful reviews. Thank you so much for the support. And let's get on to the show. What do you say?